captured Bastard Callista. We have been betrayed. The Warmaster has turned from the light of the Emperor. No, it cannot be. Why would Horus do this? He has fallen to darkness. We must flee the system. Take these four remembrances to Terra and carry word of this heresy. The navigators tell me the warp is in turmoil. We will be ripped apart. We cannot do this. You must have faith in your ship, my old friend. Your service will be remembered. We will carry word and ensure the galaxy knows of the War Master's treachery. And when we can, we will send the Legion to reclaim your sarcophagus. Only in death will duty end. Welcome to episode 5, year 4 of Edge of Empire. I'm Rob and I am joined this evening by... Oh, oh. You, oh you got to, You can't just leave it like that. <laughs> oh. oh, he's gone for a new approach. Yeah. I like it. It was novel. <laughs> oh, okay, go, go, go. Brave. Uh, now, decisions this early on, Rob's not going to work. All oh, right, so, okay. Uh, he's joined by me, Graham Mills. And myself, Christopher Mills. Oh, Christopher, that was a mistake. Jesus Christ. Oh, dear. What's it? <laughs> it's all been so formal. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yes, my name is... be bringing out the Ferrero Rocher next. <laughs> uh, are we going formal tonight? Uh, clearly. Well, I'm sitting here in a, in a bow tie and a waistcoat, yeah. apparently. So, you know. Michaela Botterina as well. The... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am Michael James uh, Botterell. I was going to give the other James name. Hogmany Smythe Botterell. <laughs> 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 And we've lost it already. It sounds really pretentious, but it's actually Von Konersberg. Rob, just a little pointer. Yeah. If you say I'm joined by and then the name and then they say hi, otherwise we're completely thrown. As we this happens. Otherwise you end up in Tangentsville, USA, population right. four. Accusing co-stars, uh, yes. co-host <laughs> families of being... Sorry about that, Michael. It yeah, was, you know, for comedy value. That's not going to help with the Ukrainian listenership, really, is it? Oh, oh, don't go there. Let's move on quickly, right. gents. So, yes, in this week's <laughs> episode, <laughs> we finally get back on topic. We will be taking a mon- look at <laughs> this month's new release, even though you can't get it anymore. Yep. Um, we'll be updating on what we've done this month, a run through the news. As usual, Graham has his augury scanner turned up to full, <laughs> and we'll see what's uh, what's captured his interest. Yes, uh, and Michaels, it's not just me. And Michaels. Uh, Engine Kill will be a look at Legio Tempestus. And we also have an interview with the Sterling chaps behind Battlefleet Heresy. Yeah. It was a great interview. I've got mm-hmm. to say, they, they have they are they're quite a professional outfit when it comes to this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, they, oh, they let's seemed, hope they don't listen to the first ten minutes. I really <laughs> hope that they don't listen to the first ten minutes of this. Do, do you know what I I Having the conversation, I, I, I'm pretty sure Jesse listens. So the, the guys from the Rembrandt's retreat, I was 100% sure that they had no idea who I was <laughs> in, this, in this conversation. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they, they sounded like they really knew what they were doing, and it was like really – oh, I was very impressed with them. I've got to say, I'm going to listen to the Remembrance retreat, if that's a little soup song of the level. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a really have. good show, actually, yeah. yeah, yeah I, like it. Okay. I actually really like it. 
so anyway, yeah, that's something to look forward to because I've had a, a sneak preview of that today, uh, and it's very good. Oh, jolly good. Well, also, we have our usual monthly list challenge, and this month we're looking at rights of war you rarely see. Yes. Ooh, so not, not, not a legion for a change. We're uh, yeah. disappearing off into tangentsville again, basically, but uh, from a right of war point of view. You've got to keep these things fresh, you know, you've got to... Yeah, it's a good one, this one. Bang out the same thing all the time. I think it's a good good. one. And uh, and we're using Ultramarines as the base because they're the most vanilla of all legions. Exactly. Them and the Iron Hands. Whoa, damn. I did Iron Warriors. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he'd forgotten about this. It doesn't matter. I can change it. It's it's no problem. Did Okay. Did you go for one that certainly only certain legions could take? No. No, it it had to be from the book. They, had, they couldn't be. No, 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 but there's some where. There are some from the book that certain legions can't take. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like traitor ones. Like the wolves. The wolves can't take Fury of the Ancients because they can't yeah. take a Primus Medicare. Oh, right. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah very good. So, uh, but also, uh, in the show, we have the shortest section of the show, which will be a roundup of forthcoming events. Yeah, well, you know, we're getting there slowly. We're getting. But, things are starting to hopefully improve. Unravel a little bit. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. First thing on that list, then, to try and crank it back onto target a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, was the month's new release. Um, There was only one, and even then it was another uh, another bottle special, uh, shoehorning it in. It was Lexicanum Varis, who was a librarian in Indominus Terminator armor, who has subsequently, at time of recording, sold out and is no longer available. Yeah, it was a limited release or something. Yeah, made to order. Yeah. Uh, the proportions are a bit questionable. Is he the fellow with the with the big book on his head? The original Terminator librarian? No, no, the no. The one that they brand, did in Finecast. Brand new sculpt. Oh, brand new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's have a look. Okay. Yeah, let me I'm just trying to find a photo of him. It'll be gone. Um, yeah, error 404, all records yeah, from library. Just, just, the just internet search. must have an answer, surely. Come on, internet. just search and Barris, he's, he's, his proportions are a bit weird. You know, you can just. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people were all sort of like, "Well, how's that work?" But yeah, I think I think it. I think it's a pretty good model. It's the first non-Primaris, you know, 40k Space Marine that they have made in. Well. Oh, so he's a little. Yeah, he's a little bit like that guy. He's still got. He's still got some interesting millinery going on. He's like Jamiroquai in Terminator armor. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, I like that. Yes. Yes, I like that. But. Yeah, it's it's a model. You can use it if you want. Yeah, nobody normally takes Indomitus armor unless you're an Imperial Fist player. Um, and even yeah. then, you never see them. No, not okay. really. Yeah, I don't know if I'm entirely sold myself, but that's just... yeah. It's it's a release. Some people like it. Some people don't. If you want to get it, cool. If you don't, yeah. you know, you don't have to. I think the face and the head are a really good sculpt, but I think they're on the wrong model. Okay. Uh, I I'd love to see a, a proper. Cataprachi librarian, to be honest. Um, that isn't Didn't they, wasn't there one though? I oh, know that's the, yeah, the traitor tra- tra- dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd love to see a proper Cataprachi Terminator librarian, but he was £22.50. I, you could have gotten him slightly cheaper at uh, other stores. I don't, uh, for some reason, Element weren't offering him. Um, I guess because he's um, going to be available in October. 
So uh-huh. I think it's a lot of well, we're not sure. Okay, yeah. 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 Anyway, so that's it for new releases, really. So that uh, is for new releases. So that that takes us on to what we've what? been up. We've to. had less in a month before, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I think it was a month where all there was was a uh, Warhammer store exclusive. Uh, sorry, you know, Forge World, Forge World store at Warhammer World exclusive. It was the uh, Retro Land Speeder. Yes. To be fair, I don't want to give anybody any any you know, <clears throat> flashbacks, but we've had we've had months when the um, the number of products we can buy has gone down. Never, not even just yeah. stayed still. Yeah, that's very so, true. That is, but to be fair, you can't. Nothing can be helped about it. So. No, it's all right. It's not like people are. It's not like people are stuck for stuff to do. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Let's move on and talk about what we've been up to. Yes. Okay. Next up. Uh, we have what have we collectively been up to in terms of projects? So who's first out the gate? Chris, go on. Okay. Talk us so through I, what you've done. So what I've done. So I said I'd paint stuff that I'd built last month, which I haven't done even remotely. Um, instead, uh, I dusted off my off my collection of late night eBay purchases, which is my Battlefleet Gothic fleet. <laughs> And about one Land Rover, <laughs> and uh, it's yeah, and just been working on them, really tidying them up, and getting yeah. them sort of cohesive. Well, not cohesive because I've split it. I'm doing it like a solar war fleet. Mm. So um, a lot of my sort of Imperial Navy ships are now my Imperial fish ships. My old my Space Marine ships, apart from one Battle Barge, are my Blood Angels, and then sort of my smaller escorts, sort of scale ships. They're my White Scars. Nice. So just to mix Very them up, nice. so they've got a bit of, um, a bit of variety in the fleet, and also just they, they look pretty cool. So it's just been nice. doing those, trying to get bases and things. So now GW is back open. I've been able to get hold of um, some of the sort of small flight stands again. Have they turned up? Yeah, no, I, I, I got those Thursday last week, I think it was. Oh, nice. So, I couldn't yeah. remember when you were asking about them. Well, that was, yeah, that was beginning of last week because it, but um yeah they turned up thursday last week so that was good with some bits of bits and pieces of paints and stuff um what else was oh i did my so i put the photo on i think the day before the episode last episode released but i started work on my zm board yeah um trying to get the marble floor um sort of get an idea of what colors i want to work with mm-hmm. um sort of get the um Sort of basilica look that I'm going for. Yeah. So um, I saw the marble floor look good. Yeah, it, it's it's not it's it's not great. I need to spend more time sort of getting my um, baby white right. I think which is a weird sentence I never thought I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> but I think sure? yeah, I, I I think I'm either tearing it open too much or I'm not exposing enough it's a it's a weird thing it, it's going to be are you tearing practice. it before you dry it out or are you no no i'm doing it after i dry it tear it before you dry it uh, okay because then you can you can tear it sort of you've got more control over how later. it how it opens and then as it dries then it'll just that'll kind of lock it in place or if uh, you try okay. and tear it when it's 
um, when it's dry, it's it's gone very brittle and you can just go too far. Yeah, because that, that's, that that's what I found I was doing. I was sort of teasing it, teasing it, teasing it, and then, oh, God, that's a massive hole. Yeah, if you do um, if, you, if you do the teasing while it's uh, before it dries out, then uh, you'll have a better end result. Uh-huh, perfect. But, yeah, that's what I – that was the – so there's about two tiles now, sort of practice run with that. Um, and I think well, I'll try it now that Rob said that with going that way on another two and just seeing how nice. we go with it. But um, – yeah, it's good fun. It's good to start on that because that's been a project that's sort of really backburner. And I'm kind of, you know, I know the Titans are hidden in the cupboard, but it's good to get some of the other sort of projects. So the Battlefleet Gothic stuff I've had for mm-hmm. yeah. some of it, some of it I had from when it was still available back in the day. Because um, I bought the box set and me and Dave split it way back when. Right. So, and then some of it I've just built up over the years and that's just been sort of going into sort of boxes and not thought about. As I was saying, I, yeah, I was amazed I, how much stuff you had actually. Yeah, as yes. I was saying, I, I, I'd love to get a 3D printer just so I could do some um, Battlefleet Gothic stuff. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's that's the way the game is sort of alive now. Yeah, it's, it's everyone's 3D printing their own stuff. But some of us that have 3D printers are still trawling the interwebs and. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I picked up a few new bits recently for it, but most of it I've had for, you know, I've picked up over the last three or four years, just going, oh, that looks cheap on eBay at 2 a.m. Yeah, you'll, you'll, my arm. you'll hate me. I gave away a shoebox full no, of it. No, it's fine. I, I can, oh, I can forgive you. Enough. It's fine. It's quite but, a lot um, of things that look particularly good bargain at two a.m. in the internet. To be fair, I mean, to, yeah. to be fair, some of it I have got. Uh, you know, some of it I know I'm, I got good prices on, especially when I look yeah. at it now. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, you know. that's why I made the comment about the Mark One Lander because yeah. a mate of mine had one turn up on the back of a flatbed truck a fortnight after a night out. No <laughs> recollection, but he'd literally he'd gone on eBay at one o'clock in the morning and bought a Land Rover. <laughs> You bought a Land Rover. I thought you said Land Raider. You bought, no, he a, bought Land a Land Rover. Rover. He, bought, he bought a 1974 Mark One, um, Mark One or whatever it was, Land Rover, and literally nice. had absolutely no idea because <laughs> he had, didn't have a bank statement or anything until it just truck turned up with a Land Rover on the back and went, Are "You Matt, yeah, yeah, this is yours." Like, That's what? Yours, yeah, he, he <laughs> bought a Land Rover on, um, yeah. There you go. Hey, yeah, tangent. Tangent. It's going to be that episode, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be yeah, tangent-filled. But I, the Titans are now... Um, Adam has been harassing me about it over the last week um, in anticipation of the world returning to normal. Right. So I, I will start. I, get, I will pledge and guarantee that at least one warlord will be assembled and have some paint on it by the next time we record. You heard it here. Very good. And yeah, possibly right. some possibly some reavers. I have got some reavers somewhere. Good man, good man. And as for me, this month, well, been a trying month, weirdly. So I've, tr- I've really struggled to get this flipping reaver type painted. You'd think it was the full 28 mil version, the amount of time it's taken me. I don't know why. I've really struggled with this model. There's a lot of, um, you know, what's the what's the word you know where the armor is and you've got like all the, the gold highlighting around the, the edges is it the trim trim, trim. uh it's that, there's a lot of that that trim yeah there's an all stuck awful in lot trim, trim hell models. kinda have you been using sharpie today me. no i haven't um it, it usually doesn't bother me i mean i put trim on everything you know all my models have got gold trim somewhere i think and so it doesn't usually bother me but this reaver titan i think i just really struggle with it but i've got it painted now and I've got all the weapons painted as well. 
So that was the other thing. So it's like, oh, I've got all these arms to paint and I've got this warp missile thing to paint. And, you know, so, so yeah, got it. I just need to apply the my normal um, finishing touches, master, you know, the old Agrax non oil Lamia medium mix uh, just to give it some life. And it will be good to go, I think. I'm not doing another one for any time soon. Though. I just <laughs> did not enjoy it. I've got to be honest. Uh, I've got a one to make, and I've got two wall hounds to do, which will be a man- maniple, I think, um, which yeah. is enough. But uh, it's, um, to get the motivation to do that, it's going to take some doing. So I was going to—I also said I was going to do the pirate class. I didn't even get close to doing those. Command squad. Uh, so the guy with the banner and uh, the artist for the guy, and also an apostle. Um, and also this month, I think it was this month, uh, I got a mould for my... No, that was last month. Yeah, scales. Last month. It, uh, it was last month. All right. Well, anyway, I've been doing more of that, basically, and I've been going back through some of my other models where I'd kind of botched together something to look like Mantle and the Elder Drake, and I've used the new mould to create them, and I've also made a few shields out of it as well. Yeah, know, I've seen that. The, um, really nice. So they're Okay. It's a cheap and efficient way of doing things, you know, just green stuff into a mould. It's lovely. So, yeah. But other than that, it's been slow going. I've got to be honest with you. Fair enough. So what about your your good self, uh, Rob? Oh, right. Oh, well, this will be quick. (laughs) So what did I say? I I said I was going to get my Magos finished and my Porphyrian built. Well, I've failed spectacularly on the Magos front. I haven't even looked at him. Haven't oh. done any. Haven't done anything on him. Mm. Um, mainly because I've been pontificating and procrastinating and looking at too many people who's who I follow on Instagram, going, I could paint him like that. I could paint him like that. I could paint him like that. <laughs> and I've gotten into analysis paralysis. Um, ah, yes. With it. Um, but I've had much better progress on the Acastus. So the Acastus is subassembled. Okay. So the um, skeleton is built. The um, frame is built. Um, the armor panels obviously aren't, and the main carapace section isn't. Um, but I've been uh, struggling a bit with the old mental health this month, so um, that's unsurprisingly had a, a knock-on effect. So it's made me less motivated. Um, yeah. But uh, it is mental health week this week. I might do a little. Dread glory thing on that maybe to run by you chaps. I don't know. We'll That'd see. Be good. Um, but I, yeah. what I have, what I have done was I, I took myself off on a hobby tangent myself, and much like Chris said, I thought I'm not going to stress about the stuff that I said I was going to get done. I'm going to do something that I feel like doing now. And it was last weekend or the weekend before. I sat out in the garden while uh, my little lad was playing in the paddling pool, and I built my. Adeptus Titanicus. Nice. So I built four Warhounds and a Reaver. Nice. I, I already had the Warlord uh, built and magnetized skeletons. Again, all the armor panels are still on the sprues. But um, I got the um, sort of substructures built. So that's a full 1680 point maniple. Um, at least not entirely on sprues anymore so it's it is some progress through the pile of shit progress progress has been made it is progress so i'm going to take that as a win um for next month i will continue to mooch around instagram and think oh i could do that (laughs) and 
I'll I'll <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> there you go. And uh, so finally, oh god. Everyone, everyone's a cup of tea. No, yeah. no, you're not really needing tea this month. Get a, no, get a cup of tea. It's, it's, grow it's some tea. Dry it yourself. Read War and Peace. Not so much. Not so much. Not so much how much he's done. It's what he's done. So, Michael, feel free to regale us with what you have painted this month. Well, I said I will paint the javelin attack speeders for my ultramarines. Um, but I started with um, a couple of tech priests, uh, the tech priest manaplices, which uh, can see use in the uh, Mechanicum in various roles. Uh, they're very nice models. Hopefully they're going to get a wider release um, soon from uh, Game Workshop. I had two of them. Um, they were from the Kill Team uh, box set that they released. Uh, I, I really quite like the models. Um, very nice. Although they do look like he's picking his nose. He totally does. And you also are putting them in a Mechanicum army. So it's all going well so far. Um, and then i actually started work on the ultramarine javelin it took absolutely to get these done yeah it obviously didn't because you've got them done well no but as in i i bought them what was it did it it take all 10 tentacles like they finally found a model that takes all the tentacles squidward no the delay (laughs) was i was like i need to get magnets and i kept putting off getting magnets because i was lucky enough to get some Predator Las Cannon sponsors from Heresy Trading. Because I spotted someone was trading the Las Cannon sponsors. I was like, I'm going to get them because if I get some javelins, then I can magnetize the, the missile launcher ones. And of course, right. um, yeah, and of course, yeah, and, yeah, no, it doesn't. and of course, then I, uh, that meant I had to go and buy a couple of, you know, Las Cannon, uh, not Las Cannon, missile launcher javelins, which I did. But it just took, it didn't have to. But, <laughs> I wanted these for a while. They're nice. nice. (laughs) And it took me absolutely forever to get round to actually buying some magnets. Because in in my house, I I know this probably sounds really toxic, but Lindsay controls my eBay account. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. I mean, it's very purposely done because I tend to have a habit of going, ooh. More than um, once yes. we've gone to events and me and Graham have had a, a, a message or relayed via you or on Messenger yeah. or something saying, just make sure Michael doesn't go crazy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I do I do I, seem to remember one episode when, when you said, yeah, you're in a bit of trouble because she got up one morning to you telling her that you'd put 200 odd quid on her credit card. Oh, so yes. I'm, I'm, no I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm really get surprised. didn't get that much trouble. <laughs> You're bleeding lucky you're still breathing, sunshine. <laughs> it was just the nearest card. Oh, oh, that old chestnut. Oh, it was just the first yeah. one I found that didn't have my name on it. I did transfer it to my credit card, so it's all good. Okay. Um, but, How fast can you um, backpedal? Yeah. I did transfer it to my credit card eventually. Eventually. It took a while. Not once you'd paid it off. Yeah, once you'd paid loads of interest. See, I think that we we... We sometimes get lulled in by Michael's uh, kind of outward appearance of, you know, jocular niceness. And the fact that he's, you know, bumbles through life sometimes without a care or a whim. But I genuinely <laughs> think that that is, see, underneath all of that lurks a mind like a steel trap. And that what is credit card? If I put it on my credit card, she might moan about it. But if it's on her credit card, credit transfer it to my credit card, it's all good, right? 
problem solved. I like your style, Michael. You should be giving out lessons on internet for this sort of thing. <laughs> oh, I, I paid for that. I paid for that. Don't Easier worry. to ask forgiveness than permission. Not, yeah. not, anyway, when you've, not when you've got someone's fists around your throat. Yeah. So, so, so Lindsay keeps all of my, my eBay account because I have a habit of buying stuff yeah. that I'm not supposed to. Yeah. Like a kettle that works with Alexa. Yeah. Or... or putting 200 pound down on a kickstarter for something really obscure you, you know you you do that too don't you a voice controlled anyway, ke- a voice controlled kettle yeah yes you want to be glad this has got this show's got a pg-13 rating with, for what I, with the words i want to say right now i'm about to get very northern oh we've given michael a bit of a hard time already i think we should lay up him for now Come on, mate. So you have got your javelins done. They look got like my javelins done. Yeah, I'm quite happy with them. They're they're really nice. They're magnetized, so obviously I can just use both options. So that's that's really cool. They're really really nice models. Uh, I'm really ashamed I didn't get any sooner because I thought I've always thought eh, they're a bit you know I've not been that keen on them. And then I started seeing them more in the flesh, and it was all sort of like actually they're really good. It was uh, Pete Reese's ones that actually convinced me because he's done a lovely paint job on his. Peddler of all things, skimmer. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope you're happy with yourself, Pete Reese. Not only that you're my nemesis on the battlefield, you're also using your sort of subversive um, propaganda to corrupt those I cold dear. Leading a good man astray. I mean, yeah. You know, I I commented on things saying it's a shame to see Martha Frost go the way that he has gone. But, you know, this is another sign of that, really. You know, corruption. Just complete. Anyway, complete. I, I my, next month I'm sort of thinking um, I want to do a um, now I, I sought advice about how to do the Thunder Horus because we've been umming and ahhing how to do them and the advice I've been given is uh, space them grey you know undercoat them grey uh, so Mechanicum Standard Grey has been suggested. Mm-hmm. This advice comes from Peachy so it's, it is Games Workshop colours obviously because the, 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 the key is here to use the um, the new colours because they look great. So then it sort of give it a coat of Lupercal Lupo green um, as the base coat. Yep. Layer on Sons of Horus green, leaving the Lupercal green in the recesses. Um, then potentially wash those recesses with either Nuln Oil or Contrast Basilicanum Grey. And I must admit, I've been using Basilicanum Grey for a few washes um, instead of Nuln Oil. And it looks really good. Um, it is actually quite good. And then you get upset, Graham, and you start dissing arm oil. And then <laughs> I and then highlight the armor with Dawnstone, so it's sort of that nice. great green effect. So yeah. um, I'm thinking next month I want to do. We've got a contemptor for the Sons of Horus. I want to do that contemptor next month, and maybe well, a tactical squad. I've bought those colors on your recommendation, and I've got a squad of Mark IV heavy weapon guys that I've stripped back down again. Nice. And so I'm going to I'm going to give that a go this week. Probably this week I'll start on them, see yeah. how I get on. Um, yeah, I've, I've got like the, um, So yeah, be... I've got the Lupercal Green airbrush paint to give that a try. So yeah, I mean they're really cool. nice colours. They yeah. are really nice colours. Well, what we what we should do? We'll, we'll, if we paint them all up before the next show, and then we'll do a show and tell them that put it on the Facebook and see what people think. Yeah, yeah that sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Okay. Cool. Anything to get me away from painting flipping Legio yeah. Mortis. Actually, this is a good. This is a point actually. 18. Now that we've got this, now that Rob is here, do we have to? Is he being dragged into our Sons of Horus? Yeah, Horse he's going to contribute some Sons of Horus, isn't he? 
course I am. Of course I am. <laughs> um, I think I've got, got some. Right there. I think I've got some Mark Three Marines kicking about. Cool. Awesome. Well, 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 we'll we'll have to knock a. We'll have to look at the list we were thinking of, and then you know you can you can you can savage me for what what few spares I've got left. No, here. that's fine. No, it's fine. Yeah, your painting skills. That's it. Because we can send you some stuff. We can send you some stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you have been paying attention at the amount of progress I've been making in the last couple of last couple of shows. Hello, hello. Well, the, the aim of this army was to debut at Blood and Glory this year. Yeah, yeah. The idea of this army was to debut at Blood and Glory two years ago. But I don't think Blood <laughs> and Glory is going to happen this year, to be honest. No. Okay. Really? Well, if it doesn't. Yeah, it's gonna say if it doesn't then if it doesn't then something Company else. Company of Legend looks looks very much in doubt, I think right? Company of Legends is more anyway. likely because it's a smaller event. I think we'll have limits on the size of events. That's just mm. my that's just my personal Yeah, that's a, that is a good point actually. That is a good that's point. That's how we'll get out this. Can okay. I so, can I socially distance myself from anybody playing demons and like, you know, Say sorry, I can't get close enough to to make sure I mean, everything's all right there. Obviously at this point we'd be talking about playing games, but Obviously, no game because of COVID nineteen. But I think we were talking. I think was are you involved in that conversation with Phil Graham when he was talking about the social potential? How you would socially distance at the club? No, no, no. There was a basically a conversation that Phil had with. Um, do you remember Scott Space War Scott? Um. Yes. Yeah. Um. And it was sort of like, how do you social? How are we going to socially distance at the club? And we were trying to work out. Well, you've got to stay so far away from the table. You can't be on the other side. You've got to be on the other end. So you could play Dawn of War, I suppose. It's kind of, well, it's six foot, actually, isn't it? Yeah, you've got to play on the other end. And even then, you've got to make sure. So if you move away, you've got to, it's it's very, it's going to be very difficult. And it's going to be waiting. waiting It's not massively practical, is it? I think the risks may outweigh the reward, to be fair. It'll be a while before the club is back. Yeah. So what about, um, so games played was none, and I must admit I am very much. This is the first month that I think that I've really started to miss playing, because um, usually it's my main motivator for getting stuff painted. Yeah. So it's like get it painted and then play it the week after, or you know, at the next yeah. heresy bunker or something. But yeah. without that kind of drive, it's it's pretty tough to get the get the I, mojo going. I have heard that said. So. Quite- people before that 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 you know a, a big thing that motivates them when they paint is a deadline having yeah. something to paint for and having no nothing to paint for has you know yeah i mean i just quite like you know having different things to play in my army if you know what i mean so yeah. you know it's like oh i could put another tactical squad in here or i could put a different squad in rather than them which is why i want to get the pyroclasts done because i don't want to use the um fire drakes in every game because they're just they're just not really very friendly. So next month then, what's what's your commitment? So I'll go first. Yeah, I mean, so I am going to get those pirate class done, definite. And the Sons of Horus models have been mentioned. Uh, I'm also contemplating, depending on how things go money-wise, so not not hugely optimistic, um, that I might try and get my hands on an armoured Proteus Ooh. because I I want to transport for the pyroclasts yeah. and. Then dedicated transport they can take as a Proteus. They can't take a Rhino or, and I could use a Spartan, but a Spartan's like four hundred point, well three hundred and fifty points, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And the reality is they're not they're not on assault squad anyway, so it's a bit overkill. So you know the old armored Proteus is about one eighty, I think. 
Yeah. It doesn't need what, to be an assault vehicle because it's going to jump out and shoot people. What would be so, best would, would be your Achilles, really. Yeah, uh, but the problem is that's 300 points and it only takes six people. So, yeah, true. Yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist anymore, does it? Big pardon? I, I don't think it's listed for sale anymore, the Achilles. Yeah, I've got one, though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah, you do, don't you? I bought one from um, Forge World before. Uh, yeah, you got it on your birthday weekend. I did, yeah, because it was a model that I've always wanted because it looks really cool. It, it's 300 points of nonsense, to be fair, but uh, it looks great. Oh, you're so, yeah. great, have you? No, no, it's, it's proper. Yeah, painted the space walls grey <laughs> with uh, you know mechanicum bits. Uh, it's it's um yeah. So I wouldn't mind getting. I've always fancied an arm approach. I think it's a great looking model. Trouble is, it's hundred quid, and it's like secure yeah. yeah. standard plus. And then you're thinking, oh, that's hundred notes. How much more is it for another Spartan? And it's not that far away. And then you know you get into dilemma but the i don't thing know, is, i don't want to use a plastic land raider as an armored approaches because it's not really the kind of site because you've got the that's yeah, a is it no that's a phobos that's, that's a phobos, phobos. Yeah. i mean the phobos has got the assault vehicle and the assault ramp at the front the armor don't need the assault ramp for the for the pyroclast do you the way the way i've yeah, always that's... looked the way i've always looked at it is uh, you've got to tr- I mean this this might be me being more of the hobby side than the gaming side but with you being a more active gamer than I am you can it works in even more in your favor I've worked out I always work things out basically on a cost per time basis so if you think you and the missus you got the cinema for example you have some popcorn you have a drink you watch a film that's what 90 minutes two hours maybe you know you've gotten gone of the glory days of lord of the rings when you were getting basically you know like an hour per pound um but that's going to be 30 30 quid plus yeah for the pair of you going and to if, she, if she's if she if she behaves herself there's a mcdonald's in it for her afterwards so. <laughs> yeah so you, you're <laughs> looking all class you, you look you're looking at basically <laughs> you're costing going out and even quid. something yeah, you're going out something that isn't massively extravagant. You're looking at being ten, fifteen pound an hour, realistically. Right. Okay. So if you have, if you say the armored Proteus is, call it hundred notes. If you're yep. building of it, painting of it, and enjoyment of it lasts more than ten hours, you're in profit. So it's the money minus the building and painting time, basically. Yeah, because basically. there's no fun there. No, I, I, I would say that you haven't built that many tanks not enjoying building tanks. Oh, cool. Just out of interest. Are you moving out today? Yeah, I was going to say, is, is, or is someone else moving in? Uh, no. Oh, sorry, I was moving my chair. Yeah. I assumed you had the removal team in to boxer it up. I'm going to say Pickfords have just turned up in van. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the, the wife brought a cup of tea in and I moved my chair. How big was your cup of tea? <laughs> Would you bring it in on a forklift? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, Michael, Michael, I'm so sorry, mate. I'm so sorry. You're being the, the straight man again. That's all right. It's our, all right. Our jokes. Anyway, yes, you were making a slight bit of noise there, but I, yes. I like where you're coming from, Rob, with that. Uh, that's that's um, the way I was. That's the way I was. Cost, cost getting... to enjoyment ratio. Yeah, I it's, always look at anything good... that costs more than a fiver and think, Ugh! but then think, well, actually, that's going to take me 40 hours to do. 
and you are a Yorkshireman, and you know if there's anybody who's sensible. Yeah, you know, I'm half Yorkshire, half Geordie. I'm not known for my generosity. <laughs> so there you go. Very good. Okay, well I'll give it some thought. I might. It's a it's a it's a vehicle I've always wanted. It's just whether I can afford the outlay at this point in time. Second hand ones as well. They're just as expensive, so I haven't seen a cheap one on eBay or anything. So just go and burgle Chris Vect. I think he's got about twelve of them. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I was thinking whether I could do a conversion for for the plastic Land Rover. You can get one of them on eBay for like twenty five quid, yeah, and I maybe do something with the front. But I have seen it done, but there's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. to be there's honest, a, the actual model is really nice. So yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Okay, sold. I'll have a think. Maybe save up in a couple of months. Anyway, what about you, Michael? So next month, you've talked about it already, haven't you? Yeah, I wanted to do the the Santa Horus Contemptor, maybe a tactical squad, and either my Ultramarines uh, Contemptor, because um, Boardwalk finally sent me it. Oh, you've actually got... A, haven't you already got an Ultramarines Contemptor, though? <laughs> that leaves well, a special model one. for it. Oh, right, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember at Blood and Glory how excited he was. I was very excited, and I'm very he excited. He was a happy well. man. Fluffy, uh, fluffy, I, I, fluffy slippers and all, and he was just ooh. It's, go on. It's a nice model. Or, and it turned up in the same order, because um, I, I ordered just before Forge World closed down, and then it turned up last week um, without me, uh, you know, um, you know, just out the blue. Didn't even get a dispatch email. Two saber tanks. Ooh, cool. sexy. Mm. Well, very nice. Yeah. It'd be interesting. So I'd like, get them done. Yeah, they'd be nice to have on a, your first game back from the old virus. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm thinking of doing them for the well, they are going to be for the Death Guard. But just uh, just deciding on the uh, the the secondary weapon because obviously it's a uh, the multi melter sounds good, but it's a third 20, of the cost of the tank. Twenty five points on on that model. For, yeah. for, What's the for range multi- of the guns on that one? What guns has it got on it again? Uh, it's the snub-nosed auto cannon, isn't it? It's twenty-four. Yeah, that's what I got. I got the auto cannons. That's why. That's why. wouldn't be bad at that because if it's, it's the same range, twenty-four anyway. Yeah, that's that's yeah. why I quite like it because it's it's not it's not a shorter range weapon. It's just an alternate. Yeah, it might be a case yeah. of can I magnetize this? Of course mm-hmm. you can. I mean, the heavy bolter isn't a bad choice, to be fair. I know you said not Volkite, because Volkite, you know, thematically might be too fiddly for the Death Guard, which does make sense. Um, but heavy bolters, you know, it's it's a good, it's an extra bit of volume of fire. And if you've got that autocannon thing going mm-hmm. as well, and, you you know, you it's an extra three shots if you're trying to volume of fire out squad or something. Yeah, so true. I can see it being good for that, too, to be honest with you. So, yeah, either's good, to be honest with you. But I'd probably... 25 points is always a lot on a tank that's quite easy to blow up. So yeah. I'd probably go, if you can magnetise it, magnetise it, but I'd probably go with the with the, the the free heavy bolter, I think, because it's free, isn't it? Yep, heavy bolter's yeah. free, including the cost. Yeah. No, yeah. I'd probably, so, I'd, yeah, I'd be tempted to stick at that then, maybe. Yeah, that's, mm. just what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. It's just, it's sort of like, uh, maybe a, a multi-melter would be better on the uh, one with the neutron, uh, the laser thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it comes to what you want to do with the tank is the key, key point, really, because with the auto cannons, it's going to be, you know, thin armor or volume of firing out squads. Yeah, so that's that's the whole the, point of that one. So yeah. you might as well give it 
rather than a, yeah. another weapon that's you know to give it a multi-purpose role which it's probably not going to be very good at can i just ask there you again what weapons did you just say because for me you cut out exactly the time that you said those two weapons it was like you were being um censored, censored. <laughs> very odd <laughs> it wasn't the bits in between were fine but it was just the words that you said so it was the multi-volter and the heavy bolter okay, cool. the two options yeah. not yeah. the volkite because it doesn't fit the theme of the army cool. yeah no it's just it's just very odd where it's, you suddenly went quite at exactly the wrong moments twice yeah and clearly uh, volkite is normally by bag but i don't want to i don't want to go so too far away from theme and I've, and I've avoided delicate weapons in the army. Very nice. Very cool. So what about yourself, Rob? What's your plans for the month ahead? <sighs> what other than procrastination? Um, yes. Looking at Instagram pictures of other people's armies. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's not even armies. It's just individual painters that I'm, I'm just butterflying about going, I really like that. I really like that. I really like how he does stuff. I really like how he does stuff. I really like how he does stuff. But I have this thing where I can't stand my own way of doing things. Oh. So I'm... So, like, basically, if I ever paint anything that's entirely off my own bat, yes, I don't, I don't like it. If oh. I've painted something to be in the style of somebody else, I quite like some of my stuff. But the stuff that I've gone, oh, I'll paint this like this, I don't like it. So I'm, uh, I'm scouring through my list of uh, Scandinavian Inquisitor Twenty Eight, um, Grim Dark, um, Instagram people that I follow. Looking for kind of color schemes for the yeah for the for the mechanicum. Um, that sounds track. like it's two clicks away from the dark web, frankly. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's basically old John Scandinavian Branch's mate. Grim Dark. Have a look on ironsleep.com and exprofundis.com, and that's basically what I wish my hobby was like. Um, but it isn't. Uh, so. I'm going to try out some testing on things like that, and I'm going to set myself something fairly easy. I will have built a Thanatar and another Knight Moirax. There nice. we go. Everything, mind you, everything I see that uh, John Blanche does these days is all contrast. It's because they work. That's because they behave like oils. Yeah, it's all like um, it's all snakebite leather and um, gold grunter fur. Yeah, all very orangey, ochery type stuff but if you have a look at um i'll send you some people people's instagram tags michael yeah. if anybody's interested in this kind of um scandi noir that's only that because they all are most of them are from scandinavian countries um aesthetic i just i just think it's ace so um it's a guy called uh Colty. his actual name's thomas pirinen he won a few golden demons in the late 90s early 2000s um his stuff is just phenomenal it's got this really desaturated look and i kind of want the whole army of it but look at it and go i'll be retired by the time i finish that but it might be worth it uh what about... look at that ex profundus site it's a very nice site isn't it? yeah 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 if you, on ex profundus if you have a look at the um oh there's some kind of elves uh, the elves of the black sloth hell they just look incredible and they look nothing like elves that you would think of but the, the modeling and paint job work on them is just sublime wowzers very cool yeah jeepers yeah, that's good stuff in it yeah God, uh, what about you then chris 
so yeah, I'll get the get a warlord and some reavers built. Uh, I should be getting some items for an idea for Company of Legends that I had uh, turning up hopefully in the next sort of week or so. Um, so I'll get those done, or I might sort of farm a couple of them out to um, to you guys as well, uh, depending on sort of how we're all doing at the time. Um, but yeah, it'll just be sort of continue with the BFG stuff, I think, just the background and get those war war the Titanicus bits done. Nice. Nice. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Okay. And I think that's it for us. I think that's basically our commitments for the month. Yep. Nailed. Yeah. So uh, it's, uh, State of the Union next. Okay, and let's take a look at the State of the Union. And first news this month is that Games Workshop has reopened online, first in the majority of the world, uh, and then later on in uh, North America, Oceania, and Italy, about a week later. Um, Fewer people in the warehouse. Um, They're using Perspex screens where they can and appropriate PPE. This means the orders are taking longer to get to us. Um, I ordered some paints on the day of reopening and got them 11 days later but the site does set your expectations as being up to 28 days um the free shipping limit has also been cut from 40 pounds to 20 pounds obviously things like cake spray cans can only be delivered by courier so if you buy spray cans you're still paying them in six pounds um and that's really about it forge world not open yet but you know a lot of that is you know they've got a smaller area to work in um so yeah. they haven't been able to do that in a, in a in a safe way because they've still got a car stuff as well so that's that's the big issue uh, but I'm things sure. are moving again which is which is positive things yeah. things are moving again so you know we've got um we've got stuff happening so exciting stuff exciting mm-hmm. stuff yeah. indeed and talking of exciting stuff uh we got the third online preview and we got Saul Tarvitz oh yeah a man from the the mists of time back in book one. Oh yes, um, it, it, and he finally has a model. Yep, and he's, he's pretty cool looking. Pretty cool. Yeah. Looking. I I'm like looking forward to seeing the 3D spin of him to see what like, the shoulder pads are like and things like that. Yeah, I really like it. I mean, it's really ornate. It's it it, it screams to me exactly what a uh, what an emperor's children officer would look like. Yeah. Um, I mean, there there is a, a concern that perhaps he's a little bit too um ornate because he wasn't exactly that high up a um a guy within the um he's, he's still a was, was he third was he third company captain no that's uh, um uh, Eidlon. no Eidlon's for lord commander he's oh, yeah. the yeah he's like the first um yeah he might be the third company captain is he the third company yeah captain? line officer line officer of the third not line officer of the third legion um, I'm sure he was third company captain because there's that that bit in um, Fulgrim about him going straight up the middle every time. Whatever. It's a lexicon. It's yeah, either him that, or Marius Virosian, who's captain of the third. Oh, Mar- Marius Virosian is the captain of the third because he's the one that gets really depressed when he when he didn't complete the mission in the time allocated, and then gets Fabius Bile to to um, uh, rewire his brain. Yeah. Hmm. So I think he was the third company captain. All oh, right. That's. Yeah, I remember that one correctly. But Saul Tarvitz, he wasn't that high up an officer. But then again, I guess 
the thing is the emperor's children were ornate in everything so even a simple line officer like um like Saul Tarbit would be uh, blinged up. Yeah. You know, when you've yeah, got Liberace, totally. you've got Liberace for your Primarch, you're going to expect a certain amount of bling, aren't you? <laughs> no, yeah. the, 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 the only thing I would say about it is he's, and I've heard this comment echoed elsewhere, his base is extremely plain. The thing is, I'd be more worried about the fact his sword's upside down. But yeah, that happens a lot in Games Workshop models. If you look at the, the Sanguinary Guard guy, He's doing a weird thing with his, with his sword. Um, is it upside down? Well, it isn't, but his off hand, the hand that's holding it like a Landsnecht Zwei hand there, yeah. he's going to have to release that grip and grab hold of it again if he wants to yes, put any downward force on it. Because if he tries to swing that, he's going to he's going to break his left wrist. Yes, that is true. But yeah, he's got that kind of hooky bit at the end, which I'm sure is you know gutting somebody. He mm. looks a little bit... He is pretty blinged up. He looks a little bit motley crew, if I'm honest with you. But, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say Nico from Iron Maiden. Yeah, he does, yeah. He does he have a look like kind a, of look to it. Yeah, he does. It's the hair. I can't, uns- I I can't unsee like that now. <laughs> Vince Neil and and Nico McBrain had a baby. And <laughs> that would be it, I think. Yeah. I mean he looks exactly like the artwork from the card game. That's always a good thing. Um but he's a really nice model. As I said, it's just you look at the base and you're thinking, if this is a character series model... The thing with the base, Mike, is that Ralderon has a similar thing. If we don't know what's going around it... Uh, I suppose um, that's true. I suppose I, that's true. I remember seeing the thing on yeah, Facebook when it came up and saying about it, and I was like, well, look at Ralderon's base. It's pretty much identical. Because yeah. could, this, could this be a build-up to a snazzy um, Lucius who's on a much bigger base that this just sits into? Yeah. Because if memory serves, doesn't Lucius do for him on Istvan 3? Or at yeah, least fight? Yeah. They, I think they have... I'm pretty sure they have a fight. I think doesn't... Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, I thought Tarvitz won that fight. I think Lucius dies and then gets brought back. Oh, I'm not sure. God. The only thing I can really remember is that there's that chaplain that gets hit by a landrader and they drive off with the chaplain stuck on the front of the landrader shouting. And uh, Wasn't that calm? I think that's Khan fighting somebody, and then they get yeah. Impaled. The Land Rover runs him over. They get impaled on the front of a Land Raider, and it drives off with him, still screaming in comedy fashion. You know, drive me closer so yeah. I can hit them with my chain axe. Um, uh, um, <laughs> I, I think this is a really nice model. As I say, the only thing that 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 that, that sort of uh, you know is the question is his base. But then again, I would have thought if they're going to show off a character series model, they'd show off the whole base. Not necessarily. But either way, it's still an amazing model, and it's nice to see them going back and filling in gaps in the range, because Definitely. there are there are lots of characters out there who I uh, who I think we'd love to see models for, um, that don't have models. Definitely, I'd, I'd love I'd love to see the, the the big the big recurring characters from the dramatis personae in the novels brought out. You know, I'd, I'd oh, like to see a Euphrates Keeler model. A Mercedes-Oliton model. I think as things go on, we will get more models like the characters. I don't, I'm not so sure about the things like the Remembrances, but... We'll like N, yeah, but NP, NPC models and stuff. How cool would that be just for objective markers? If you've got oh, yeah, of, that would be kind of cool. That would be know, cool. But, five named Remembrances. They're yeah. your objective markers. But I, I think we will see more... I hope we will see more characters like do, that at some hmm. point. Do they still do um, the old Inquisition sort of characters where you've got like the servitor writing out the parchment. Oh, like 
like Cote has and his retinue with all the, yeah. all the weird stuff. Ah, yeah. um, uh, they do some of them. Some of them, but not all of them. Yeah, if you want weird stuff like that, the Adept- uh, it's the Adeptus Sororitas. They've Fourth got World definitely like do one like that. They've got a, a, an Inquisitor. Is it Solomon Rex? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, Sol- Rex, Solomon yeah. Solomon Locke. Or, and he- there's Hector Rex and Solomon Locke, and that's, they've both yeah. got retinue. They, they do, uh, they that Rex model, I've always wanted that model. Mm. Yeah. The, um, the Cortez model I use as a um, militia commander because he's nice. got a cyber familiar because it's got like a hawk. Oh, the, the eagle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The only thing is he's got a, he's got a thunder hammer. You can't take a thunder hammer. So, but yeah, just um, he's he's got power armor and he's a human, which is a good thing if you want. Yeah. To yeah. Um, militia army. So yeah, but yeah, those are good models. And you're right. There was a there is a lovely set if I remember back in the day. Yeah. In metal. Which yeah. had all of those kind of weird, like Inquisitor retinue models. You had the, um, like the chap in there with the shield and stuff like that. So yeah, and there was, I think I was kicking about. I've got not there, I think. It was the walking then, typewriter dude who was just basically a head with a roll of paper sticking yeah, out the bottom. That's right. Yeah. yeah, proper. Uh, also, proper and the quartermaster from the Death Corps of Krieg. I think he's got some weird services as well. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, moving on. Anyway. Uh, moving on, yes. There's, uh, as as we said earlier, um, we kind of covered it earlier. The uh, the librarian in Indominus Terminator armor, uh, yeah. Lexicanum Varus. Uh, I'm looking at a bigger picture of him now. He was up on, like you said, he's, he was up on made to order for a couple of weeks. Um, if you got him, cool. There's a few things that um, I would remove, like the um, Crux Terminatus. Crux Terminatus been uh, been one, and the Storm Bolter would probably need modding slightly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's looking at the bigger looking at the bigger picture. It's it's a really nice sculpt. What I'm what I'm noticing is with with the head being such a, a detailed sculpt, the rest of the armor just looks really plain. Yeah. 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 Like Indominus Terminator Terminator armor. I'm looking at it going, yeah, where's where's all the stuff? Also, according to this, his his, his shoulders are well above his uh well above where his head is. Uh, yeah. I'm, I don't know about I don't know about you, but I'm never a big fan of big things sticking out the top of people's heads yeah he's got it a just, massive bullet magnet yeah, on top of his head you know and it just i don't know what it is it's just personal taste i suppose it's because, i just never really like that it's those arguments you have about line of sight when it comes to sort of i can see the top of this thing <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know i can see his his yeah. banner's sticking out the top well that's great the banner doesn't really We've, yeah. we've all been involved in those arguments. Mm, you've got you've got mi- minus two to sweep in advance because you're going into a headwind and you've basically got a <laughs> sail. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, mean, uh, uh, well, I think he was a nice model. Yeah, you. He, he would uh, convert up nicely. Yeah. We'll give him that. Yeah, I think so. Yes, um, we also got an article on Warhammer Community uh, exploring the actual background of Sol Clavitz. Um, his place as the first loyalist, which is true, and of course his instrumental role in convincing his best friend uh, Garrow uh, to take the Eisenstein and warn the Imperium. So that whole thing was, uh, I think him. He was in a. Did he get in a Storm Eagle or something? And he was in a. Yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah, and he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Storm Eagle or Storm Lord or something. Yeah, something. he dropped down um, to the surface, didn't he? And was voxing Garrow going. I was go, basically go, go. go war them. Go war yeah, them. I'm going to talk about down really there. Yeah, uh, so very good. So yeah, a, a good character, I think. Like I say, it's, uh, he's an interesting one. And they've got certainly. That... Sorry, go on. He's certainly one of the. I mean, I don't like the Empress children very much. There's not really a lot in them that that does it. Oh, you know, not arrogant and conceited and stuff like that. Did you? Okay, sorry. 
Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Emperor's Children other characters. They're all kind of sort of set my teeth on edge. But Sol Tarvitz, he's a good man. I quite like him. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, if I was ever to do an Emperor's Children army, it would be, it would be all um, all loyalists under Sol Tarvitz. I mean, actually, I suppose we could do this question, couldn't we? Uh, which legion has the most number of? How can I put this? Uh, Dullards. Most number of yeah of people who you who who you wouldn't want to invite to a cocktail party. Iron um, hands. Death guard. Really. Iron hands. I think. Yeah. I mean. Iron hands. It's just the way they're written. Even the incidental characters just come across as really un really unlikable. Well, if you take the death guard to a tea party, all the cakes are going to be off before you even get yeah. a chance. Obviously, obviously, but you know what I mean. In terms of, I don't like. Who would the Basically, it's who would be your dinner? Who would be the five of you, five characters you wouldn't want to bring around for dinner? Uh, well, well, is this going to devolve into episode. a heresy version of Snog Marry Avoid? I think pretty much, yeah. It could well be. Maybe content, Rob. Just let us, <laughs> just let us be. Maybe it's a feature for another show. Another I think you're well, probably right. McCall Snog Marry Avoid. I'm sure we can get her yeah. to do it. So... Okay. Well, community also put out a nice article by Matthew from Mini Wargaming, uh, which is specifically about storytelling and narrative gaming. So that mm. is something which is very much second nature to uh, ourselves. Not, not it wasn't a heresy specific article, but what it did focus on was, I think, enough to to get me going. Oh, okay, that's some, that's some interesting ideas there. Forty K players did not use the same foam art uh, terrain all the time and actually put some thought into it. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was a nice, it was a nice idea, and you know they talk about campaigns uh, and setting up that sort of thing. So it's actually quite quite cool. nice article. So um, hopefully that encourages something to happen with some people. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, oh God, no, I scrolled down too far. <gasps> On the twenty first, oh, it's a this is a I'm not going to bother. Uh, some games workshop stores have reopened, and they've got strict. Uh, social distancing policies in place. Now this is a month old at recording, so I'm sure we'll get our heads around that. Yeah, I mean, okay. I think yeah. Australia is about to reopen. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll just we'll just we'll play that one by ear. Um, you know, I've been in Games Workshop stores long before it, long before COVID nineteen, and people needed some social distancing guidelines. Yeah, I, I think we can all agree with that one. Um, so any, anyway, um, reeling it back in, we did get a the first free and relevant painting guide from the new Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy. Uh, it was a guide on how to use contrast paints, uh, which still seem to be quite divisive. I don't know why they're amazing things. Um, in the video, it takes us through painting the armour of an ultramarine. No wonder Michael's highlighted that one. Uh, and it yeah. does show some nice blending techniques on a plague marine as well. So, you know, Duncan's gone off, struck off on his own. He has his new painting academy, which is what? Basically a fiver a month? Uh, 3 99 $3.99. 4 quid a month. I think that will be well worth it to... 99.9% of hobbyists that one I reckon yeah yeah. There, a, yeah I'll talk about it a bit more later on because there's some other videos yeah and just think of it in in these days where you haven't been able to go to Starbucks five times a week and spend three quid on a coffee you could make at home you've probably saved a couple of years worth of subscriptions to Duncan Rhodes already yeah you go 
Um, Richard Gray had an article on Warhammer Community, uh, and this is on <laughs> painting freehand. I love this. Ooh, with the article focusing on his painting of the Ordo Sinister icon on a Warlord Sinister. But if I do not mind, uh, it to me it felt like the meme of the owl drawing. Yeah. You may yeah, you know the meme, you know you know the meme where it's like to draw an owl, draw a circle and a, a triangle or something, and then it's like draw the rest of the owl. And it's like you go from like a, a rough circle and rectangle or oh, something to like a fully yes, painted yes. owl. And it's like uh, that okay. basically is what that article felt like. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah no, I'm I'm right there. I'm just looking at the pictures now and you go from yeah, half a circle with spikes, a circle with spikes, a circle with spikes with a lion inside. Uh, and it's like, I love it. I absolutely I love it because yeah. uh, I think you can all agree Richard is a phenomenal painter. He's probably it, the best freehand guy in the GW painting scene. Definitely that I've seen. End period. If you do a Google search for Richard Gray Serastus Knight Lancer or Richard Gray Warhound Titan, the freehand is unreal. But it's yeah. a it's it's a little bit like saying you know the late great Stephen Hawking has done this easy guide on quantum mechanics. Yeah, it's it like, is. Take Norton, take Norton one, and here's how the universe works. You know, like, where's the middle bit? Um, but Richard yeah, is phenomenally talented. It's like he does. It's like he does the circle with the spikes, as Chris says, and then it's like, oh, you've got a huge great bigot of non-metallic metal painted stuff there, and it's like, where's the other steps? <laughs> Where's, where's the 16 hours of non-metallic metal blending? It's like, come on. That must have taken quite some time to do. I know someone who's been on one of his painting courses. Um, and apparently, the, and his painting courses, he mainly does freehand painting courses. Yeah. Um, or certainly did to start with. And the speed he can knock them out at, because he, he starts with um, his kind of trademark skull thing in the courses that, that my mate's done. And it, he'll just he'll, he'll knock a, a rough one out in about the first half an hour of the course. <laughs> and it, and it's like, yeah, okay. I feel like I'd be the guy that was, if I was on that course, I'd be the guy introducing myself to everybody and everyone else would be finished. And I'd be going, so when do we start? So what now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the brush just, 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 yeah, exactly. Just cutting the brushes. Anyway... Yeah, well, interesting. Uh, Talking about knocking out a rough rough one. Um, (laughs) What's next? Uh, Yeah. Uh, uh, We've got lots of articles on Warhammer Community this month, so I think they've been really looking for content because obviously no new releases. So, But that's good because they've gone to the community for stuff. And I I don't know if you guys follow Pete the Wargamer on YouTube, but he is absolutely brilliant. And he's done these guides on converting Chaos Cultists. And the first two he did specifically for this Warhammer um, community article, which was Emperor's Children and Iron Warriors cultists. Now, obviously, there is a, a degree of these are cultists for um, <coughs> but you very easily could make any of these cultists um, for, uh, um, for, you know, work in, uh, um, for, you know, um, 30K. Yeah. And then going back to his um, to his guide, you know, his Wargaming channel, he's, so he's done the videos. So you, you got the article, which is there and then he's done videos for them on his youtube channel so these are the parts i use this is how i do it so he's got an emperor's children and iron warriors that are in the article i mean that iron warriors one is just fantastic um made from the arco flagellant um absolutely love it um and then he's also done ones for word bearers night lords death guard and thousand sons 
Very cool. Expensive conversion jobs, but you know. I've got a load of those um, Arco flagellants. I've got about 10 of them. Uh, anyway, right. interesting. Um, community also had an article on perseverance in painting using uh, sort of the, they'd asked a few of the uh, well-known pro painters out there um, and sort of how they sort of do what they do and how they continue to do what they do without going do laddie like the rest of us do. There's a lot of dudes in that sentence. Um, <laughs> do, 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 do. And that was uh, Sophie Mosher, Dan Gomez, and Jake Noble, and yeah, just sort of I oh, and Tyler Mengel, um, and yeah, just sort of sort of guide on how to do it, which is pretty cool. Some little sort of about work habits, time management, things like that. Things that will, will never comprehend in my brain whatsoever. Time <laughs> management yeah. as a uh, two separate entities that you know shouldn't have anything to do with each other. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. time management is yeah. <laughs> time time picture, management is what happens when my lunch break ends up. And it's, I, it's you. It's you basically winding your watch, isn't it? Time. Yeah, that's time management. <laughs> this is it's, it's one of those little articles which, for a lot of people like me, by that I already do half this. But you might see one little thing on it, and you go, "Oh, I've never thought about doing it that way." And that's that's the kind of thing I like about these stuff. Is, Am I yeah. Are any of the things spray painting in queues before events? Because if they're not, they're not. Doing <laughs> it. It's not good enough for the London GD if it isn't that. Yeah. To, to, to be fair, yeah. if the, if there was a queue that you wanted something that you could do while you were stood waiting in it, it would have been the uh, thousand-person <laughs> queue to get into the London yeah. GT. Let's yeah. let's face it. Yeah, that would have been it. But you had to have the, the the weird thing was with that one they had to have fully painted models for the event so she was no long idea. enough they probably did by the end yeah probably you know yeah, yeah. They, they could have got three colours and some dry brushing on there yeah. <laughs> anyway I'm sure, I'm um, sure Mr Gray could have cracked out a freehand masterpiece in the time that queue got to sort out on the Saturday morning <laughs> okay the next one on Saturday morning the next one's going to give us some controversy is it really is yeah. it really the Primark is this is the, the, the Primark's death match? Yep. Yeah. Yes. With, with again Warhammer community cranking out the content again. Content is content is king. Um, they've had they've been running Primark's death match, which I'm pretty sure we talked about as an idea last month. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they some brought, bro- they just they just yeah they just took it off us. It's good. Yeah, I think it's, it's fine. The check's in the post. It follows every post. word that we say. I, I'm absolutely positive. <laughs> the check is in the post. Um, the, so yeah, the, the the medals in the post. That's what the community <laughs> you were. Uh, so yeah, they started with the loyalists, then the traitors, and then the winners of Here's... each facing off against each other. Which I, if I am not mistaken, not looking at the article off the top of my head, it was Horus and the Lion. Yes, yes. Here's here's the thing. This should have had at the top of it because there are certain guidelines for sort of uh, advertising on the internet these days, and this should have had at the top of it. This is an advertisement. Yeah, it's on the GW really website, of course. It's well, an yeah, it is, yeah. An adver- it is an advertisement, Chris. I, it's let, let's be perfectly clear this, with this. I, I think I've heard other people say this. I think Greg was talking about it. This isn't an in-depth Tactica article because there's not the room for that. And it's a it's a funny, jokey article that really is designed to get people to go, "Oh, my that Primark looks all right. Ooh, I'm going to buy the new model." Well, yeah, that's that is definitely one of the absolute concerns. <laughs> but you might, but this is all, this is a about selling stuff and about talking to people who are outside the heresy, 
and I'm, I'm very much paraphrasing Greg here, so all credit to him. Um, I'm, I'm still halfway through his, his latest show. Um, and, you know, it's a case of people are saying, oh, my my Primark, my, you know, my chapter's Primark is there. He's involved in a death match. Oh, maybe I'll get that model just to paint it up and have it. You know, okay. maybe it expands out to a full it, army. It seems, like a, it seems like a bit of a stretch to me. No, I, I think, that, I think to be... I think to be fair, this, you know, again, again, I'm paraphrasing Greg here. If we put down an article which was we rolled this many results and this happened, that you know, it's going to be a boring article because that's yeah, the the, the Arnold yeah. Rimmer approach of and then I rolled a five. That's yeah. nobody's going to want to yeah. play that. Now, at the end of the day, or worryingly, they will. At the end of the day, you and I don't know what it is in heresy. Every time I bring a Primark. Everyone's all. I mean, you're the. You're exactly. You do just like it, Chris. So you know, you're all. Oh, you brought Logar. Let's have a fight with him in the middle with Sanguinius. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what his job is. Because yeah. it, it it never works out on the table how it should do. Because if if you read about Logar, sort of mass. They kind of math hammered this out, haven't they? Previously. Yeah. Yeah. Primark. Um, so I can see why I take it. The only thing I would slightly disagree with in the article is that it would have been good if they kind of changed the format between the loyalists and the traitors. So the loyalists had a kind of a, you know, random you know, kind of winner, winner stays on sort of thing. And the traitors had like a Royal rumble. Um, and yeah. I can see why. It, it does fit with the character though. They'd yeah. all be, they'd all be. Uh, and also you've got, an, they do have an uneven number of um, uh, 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 loyalists. No, sorry. An even number of loyalists and an uneven number of traitors is what I meant to say. Because obviously mm. they didn't include the Khan because he doesn't have a model. No, true enough. Yeah. But yeah. Or, or anyway, they, he doesn't have a model um, they can put on the website yet. Well, that's true, true. But I, it's a yeah. it's a fluff piece. It's designed to sell models. It's it's not it's something It's all good. Serious. I mean, it, it's entirely wrong because Russ didn't win, but... Clearly. Shut up, Graham. That's, that's why it's wrong. That's why it's wrong because it's just <laughs> Did, not... Not based in reality. Peter Turbo would have been knocked is, out in it, round one. He's the he was, Crinton Stanley of Primarchs. Was good once, but he's only famous for yeah, selling milk now. Basically, he no, is... Aren't they in, like, League Two now? I have no idea. Anyway, the thing is about Perturavo is, you know, for some magical reason, he took um, Fulgrim's hammer and Ferris made it Manus. worse. Yeah, Ferris Manus, sorry. Fulgrim made it. And managed, yeah, Fulgrim made it. Ferris Manus used it. And when um, Pertrava picked up, and oh, I can improve that, and made it worse by, you know, because it goes at initiative. Yeah. Whereas yeah. In, in Ferris's hand or Fulgrim's hand or whatever, it's a normal initiative. So, yeah, he's never going to win anything in close combat. Um, yeah, but anyway, it was a bit of fun. I mean, did people react poorly to this? I didn't read the comments. Some, people, some people did. Some people were like, oh, it's just an article to sell the lion. I don't think the lion needs an article to sell it. Right, the lion is, is one of the finest but models Forge World again, this is, this is content. GW need to put out content now because they need to keep us engaged in the hobby. Just they don't want us one thing they should have done with the Primarchs and just going, oh, right. yeah, this is it. And, oh, by the way, the model that's not yet I released, mean, you're, we're yeah. hyping up one. Yeah, if you want a full-on actual how would the Primarchs go in a one-on-one, I don't think that's going to be very entertaining because not every Primarch is designed for a one-on-one battle with another Primarch. Oh, well, I think you don't really. As, 
you know, tabletop again, certainly on the tabletop, because yeah, Logar, yeah. Logar would last ten times longer on the tabletop than he would in a book against Sanguinius. Yeah, or for example, Korax. If you sent Korax up against, um, oh, just trying to think of a random Primarch here, Angron. Why Korax should be nowhere near Angron. He can't take him down. If anything, he'd shiv him in the back and fly off. Exactly. I mean, this is part of the part of the problem with Primarchs and gaming, isn't it? Particularly in narrative uh, gaming. Yeah, yeah, it is a na- it's a narrative gaming system, and the units represent a degree of the narrative and the tactics we're expected to go with. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, think I think it was fun, but that's just me. Yeah, it's fun. It's harmless. Everything GW do put like um, on Warhammer Community is going to hope that someone's going to go back to the web store and buy something. Every article. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they wouldn't do it otherwise. Yeah. They're, 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 they're a business. They're allowed to make money. Yeah, there are still people out there who don't realise that 30k is a thing and that they ha- can buy the Primark for their chapter. But this is this isn't going to help do that because they're going to this is going to have a, a the negative effect to that because people will be drawn to their Primark for their 30k army because he's powerful and they'll read that article and they'll go, oh no, he's not all that, so I won't bother. No, no, no. The thing I is, see, you, I see you're looking there. at it from a particular point of view though aren't you i mean yeah because you have to understand that with the way that we play the game and i use that in you and i chris may be different to other people may view it so other people there are i'm sure i don't know too many of them but they're definitely there where people would look at it purely from a I'm, i don't care what his rules are i'm getting in because it's a cool model or because yes. I, it's part of the theme that i want to go which is fair enough right mm-hmm. i you and i would go mm, you know, i don't put vulcan in my armies for example i don't usually use perturaba very often because do you know what in game that really cut it for me but that's just my personal choice that's how i kind yeah. of play so, them, I mean, yeah. so i think it's well, you know you can't just generally sort of say that i suppose but i get where you're coming from some people will definitely be thinking it like we do to a certain extent um, yeah. in terms of rules and effectiveness on the battlefield and other people will be looking at it just from how cool the models are and i mean i don't think i mean i won't take Lorgar to events it's the only primark i've got painted and stuff i do have gulliman and mortarian to do at some point but um anyway i won't take him to an event simply because the moment i get i get that people see him on the table if they've got a primark oh we're gonna have to meet in the middle and have a fight and it's like no i don't want to do that but which you, is, which, pretty good. which is in character as well, because Logar wouldn't do that, because in the narrative he gets slapped because he's been yeah. beaten by pretty much all of them. As soon as yeah, he goes, he's not a slouch, is he? We found not out. On the, not guys. on the tabletop, he's not, but he's in character. I'd like to point out, Mike, that in the two games that we played with Logar, I only fought him once. No, no, you're. I was joking with you, Chris. But I mean, Logar. Every time I take a, a take Logar, it's everyone's all like, "We need to be in the middle," and it's like. You've got Lumen Ross. No way am I going anywhere near him. Oh. Fair, enough. Fair enough. Anyway. And next up, uh, to coincide with coincide, coincide even with Warhammer community, they looked at jewels between Primax as in the narrative in the Horus Heresy novels. So you can have a little run through of the famous Tet Artets that occurred during the Heresy. So there far. are a, there are a few. Yes. Mm. It's, it's a key a narrative device. Yeah. Mm, uh, very good. Okay. Um, there was also a very nice look at Tyler Mengel's um, Nurgle collection. 
um for some reason i'm not put the link in there <laughs> um so you guys can't look at it right now um very nice look at his nurgle uh collection for age of sigmar but obviously fair few demons in there otherwise i wouldn't have put this in there so which would look really at home in a demons of the ruined storm army um they were really really nice i'll have to mm. send you a link tomorrow he knows what he's doing yeah he does very good prime exponent of uh, contrast paints as well isn't he tyler yeah he loves them i can't believe after our critical analysis of mark frost that people are still wanting to play demons of the ruined storm i want to play demons of the ruined storm i've been thinking about it even i was thinking about it even before mr frost violated me in derby um (laughs) i i I painted i painted one of the big um the big lord of wars ones that's all I painted so far. No, I, I just want an stuff. excuse for the Lord of Change because that plastic Lord of Change model is oh. just stunning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I'm going to go with Nurgle myself. So it's not often you look at a plastic kit and look at the Forge World one and you go, "Yeah, the plastic one's better." Thank but that, that, that Forge World one is probably twenty years old now, isn't it? It's one of the oldest models. That it, it probably is nearly twenty years old because I yeah. used to have the um, Bloodthirster. Um, the Bloodthirster had... still looks good though. Yeah, that's yeah. I do uh, want that. I do want that model for my demons army. Phil got one of them recent, recently. Um, yeah, the, the president of the Durham Raiders, and oh, he was building it in the um in the in the at a club night, and oh my god, it's lovely. Yeah, I remember, the, I remember yeah. when I got it, and I, I opened up the wings, and I was like, oh my god, like each wing is could pretty. If you flattened each wing out, you could probably turn a land raider into a spring roll. They're massive. So yeah. fundamentally, our peace to you know right the wrongs that have been thrust upon us completely backfired yeah and that everybody's now saying oh actually i now after hearing marks uh, you know how good they are we're going to jump on the old demon bandwagon too yeah but so I, I, mission not accomplished i've been put a fly in this i've been put a fly in this week i don't know if you guys listen to the heralds of heresy yeah yeah yeah, they they had um, Harry and uh, Mr. Tonker on talking about militia recently. If you haven't listened to it, Graham, you'll you'll like it. Uh, they did a big um, crunch breakdown on the militia, uh, and obviously Harry has been playing militia for probably longer than anybody, certainly in the UK scene. And it, just like listening to it, I was like, I need a militia army. I need a militia army. I want to do a militia army. And then I listened to your Dreadclaw with Mr. Frost, and I was like, I need a demon army. I need a demon. I need a demon army. <laughs> so one of the guys I was speaking to from Remembrance's retreat, he has five militia armies. Yeah, it sounded really good. That wow, five. And a, and a doing free, Napoleonic and a, ones, wasn't it? Yeah, he's doing a Napoleonic one. Uh, one was, um, I can't remember now. I can't remember what they were yeah, the yeah. He had a first World War themed, themed one. Yeah, that was, yeah. And, uh, and a Napoleonic one that he's just, that he bought a load of figures from Warlord, I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, Warlord and so, Victrix. And now he's trying good. to get Laz, Cannon, uh, Laz Gun ends to put on the Napoleonic rifles to make them look. Yeah, it's what, very good. What, it's good ping him an email. Tell him to go to Anvil Industries. Yes. He may well anyway. know. You never know. Yeah. Uh, where were we again? Uh, okay, so you're, it was... You're um, at home. Yes. <laughs> Have you taken your tablets, sir? Is it me? No, it's Chris. No, it's Chris. Of course it's me. Yeah. Where are we? Who? Yeah, oh, there we go. <laughs> what day of the week is it? <laughs> yeah. What day of the week is it? They're all blended at this point. Uh, right. Uh, so, a very good article from Warhammer Community, which explains about preparing for a marathon painting session, something I've never done in my life. And it looked like things like 
posture, your painting area, and even keeping your mind active with audiobooks that I have yep. done many a times. If I, if people looked at my painting area at this moment in time, they would probably be horrified. Uh, yeah, I'll, same I'll, here. I'll see your painting area and raise you my paint shop. Well, my my airbrush compressor is currently uh, being supported to reduce the vibration noise by book two. Oh, what? <laughs> Please. You, t- you, you take that off there now. <laughs> it's, I know. There is a bit of wood, off, I know, bit of wood record, between them. But, off, uh, off record, I went a little bit postal about Michael's stupid kettle. You're <laughs> in an entirely different league here, Sunshine. Yeah, there is a bit of wood between them. The, 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 yeah, it's called a bookshelf, and that's where it's going right now. And, and do you want to know what the other bad bit about it is? Not really. Not if that's what you're opening with. <laughs> Look, if that's, the, if that's not the bad bit. So the other bad bit. If you've spilt paint on a black book, I'm going to slap no, you so one. hard. There's not a single drop of paint on it whatsoever. But oh, it is just God. the right thickness for the little windy bit that holds my arm up for the microphone that I'm currently using. So you're you're now using it as a jam chuck for your microphone clamp. Yep. (laughs) We're going to have words (laughs) at Company of Legends. And most of them aren't going to be repeatable and they will be physically punctuated. (laughs) I won't send you a photo. Do not. I I get proper twitchy about books. I don't like like seeing them being opened fully to damage the spine. The the actual book itself is, is protected by two boards. Either side, but it was the only thing I could find that was actually the right thickness. I'll get you some plywood for your birthday. Isn't it out of date anyway? Anyway, um, don't care. <laughs> so, so the Gutenberg Bible, but you wouldn't use one as a bloody doorstop, would you? Yeah. So what kind of person are you when it comes to picking your next project? Oh, we're so, skipping my one, are we? Yeah, because I've decided to edit it out. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Go with us. Go with us. Uh, So, Warhammer community looked at several different types of people. Yeah, Mike was 100% hobby butterfly. So, sort of applying some kind of uh, side analysis or behavioral science to what sort of person you are by your army choices well did you do this michael did you uh, you know run yeah, yourself through this i've just had well, a look it's not at like this. a quiz it's just basically um there are several archetypes of people you're like someone who who gets onto a you know a, the exorcist or someone who gets an idea and just goes through it the butterfly who goes from project to project which i absolutely do um person who plans their army out and what they're going to paint for it and when i think graham to a degree is, is, is maybe a planner um uh, and you've got the strategist. Oh, oh actually, maybe he's a strategist. So the so he paints it according to game. Uh, um, yeah. Models are like in the game. Yeah. Yep. That's me, pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, it's a it's a facet. Oh, storyteller. Yeah, somebody who wants to to tell to paint models to tell a story. The only story I'm telling is paint models so that I can play them. So yeah, that's definitely not me. Yeah. Uh, the daredevil. This one sounds great. It's a good article. Uh, I like. I like. It. I've been reading it while. Uh, yeah, while we very were chun- nice. While like we were chuntering on. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a nice article. It's it, it. You know, it's 
it's again it's 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 a, it's a fluff piece but you know what it's the kind of thing that actually it's like oh yeah i could recognize myself in there and it gets people talking about the hobby which is always a good positive thing when you say you're more of the cutting edge than you are a hobby butterfly so me that's, Pieces go, oh, I've got to buy that. Because you do have a little bit of that too. Oh, I've definitely got a bit of fun. I was going to say, what there there isn't on there is the completionist, which is someone making an attempt to own every single model in the range, which I think is what Michael is. Mm, Yeah, I've never been that. I've I've certainly wanted to complete a whole army, for example, or get enough of it painted to play it. I think that's fair. But the salamanders are nice, actually. Anyway, Mm. Bob, go on. You can have your. Yeah, sorry. You can have your say now. Yes, just just about White Dwarf for for those of you uh, who are interested. There's obviously seen some changes due to the COVID-19 crisis because it is written several months in advance. Mm -hmm. Um, So issue 453 was released this month. 454 is going to go on sale the last week of June and then 455 will be out on the 21st of August, which does mean there's only going to be 10 issues this year instead of the usual 12. But it has been confirmed, thankfully, the subscribers are going to get two months added on to their existing subscription. So I'm a subscriber. Um, Yeah, me too. I I subscribe on the quarterly basis. I don't quite know how they're going to work that one, whether they're going to send us an extra half issue with every... It was a bit cool. weird the way that the way that it turned up this month because I got like the, the the one with the space wolves in, like yeah. and the yeah. Death Watch. Like I was I was before. convinced that I'd missed one, and then I was like, well, where is it? It's been like a year since I had a white dwarf, and then it just you know typically I started worrying about it, and I got home from work, and it was on the doorstep. Um, yeah, but I haven't bought white dwarf in a number of years. Me neither. Is all right. Is I it will. Worth, is it worth my time and? Fine, do you want, do you want do you want to look at pretty pictures? Not really. That's what internet's for. Probably not then. I I don't I don't read I don't read every word of it because I don't play 40k. I don't no. play Age of Sigmar. No. I don't yet play Middle Earth. Heresy huh. is dare I say it quite underrepresented. Smart. Yeah, yeah uh, it is. And, and noticeably absent when they'll, they'll do articles on every single system like this is everything we do and you'd be like <clears throat> yeah um <laughs> i don't think it is um it, it, it's a magazine for someone who's very much into the game games workshop hobby as opposed to i'm into the heresy hobby if that but, makes any sense but it there's, covers- there's, there's useful there's there is useful stuff in there even if it's you know the how to photograph your miniatures article that they put in every six oh. months I, um, I, there's, there's one from going back it's going back a, a few months but it was it is in the same issues they did the blood ravens mm-hmm. um, and i play blood ravens in 40k so because you know I, I like the color scheme um and um they had a great guide on painting nurgle models uh, they did it was a tale of four warlords i think and it was sort of like age of sigma and they had this sort of like nurgle army that i can't remember who it was but it was sort of like this is how you do the wings in an iridescent way and I was like, oh, actually, I could do my Nurgle, my plague drone wings like that, and I keep meaning to do it. But yeah, there's sort of there's there's always there's, lots of painting tips. Yeah, there's so, there's something there's something useful. And you've just got to fish through it. Okay. And and it, and it is you. I I like it for just keeping up with what's going on. Because yeah. I don't have I I don't really have time to go through Warhammer Community. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I'm sat here, I'm desperately clicking on the links one ahead, going, let me just go quick look at that before I have to talk about it. I mean, White Dwarf has changed a lot in it the has past content it's not like when it went weekly and went 
awful. Yeah, it's just a, it was just a sales brochure. I mean, right now you've got in there um, they're serializing a novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're doing the, um, the 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 one of the James Swallow's first um, Bat- Sisters of Battle novel. They're, they're serializing that. They always have two new pieces of short short fiction from Age of Sigma and Heresy. Mm-hmm. Not Heresy. Um, oh, they have had heres- They have had a heresy. They story. have had heresy ones. They have had a heresy one. Uh, but 40k and um, Age of Sigma, you've usually got some sort of uh, rule section like uh, Index Astartes, which like cover like this is a specific chapter. Oh, yeah. Here are rules for that chapter. How to represent that chapter on the, the, the top and points. The okay. world building it, um, article in this oh. month I thought was pretty good. Oh, it's not. Yeah, it's not often you you open White Dwarf and you see bold quotes from Shakespeare and people like Jean-Paul Sartre and things like, and philo- other philosophers it's, and things like that, all about the, the headspace that the designers get into to design the world, yeah. to make them yeah. as in-depth as they are. Stuff like that I really like. Yeah, I mean, you know, White I, Dwarf is, it's for me, it's what what do you look out for? It? Are you looking out for a magazine about Games Workshop and it, the hobby around that, or do you just want it for a specific specific? Uh, game or type because if you just want it for a specific game it's no good for you to be honest sure no it's much more it's much more grown up than it used to be as well it kind of reminds me of how it was in the in the early to mid 90s as well it's it's much more wordy there's a it's it's a hefty tome with a decent word count each week and what what pleases me about it is there's nothing about new releases not noticeably no they they don't even mention new releases yeah, it's it's not. This is the new army this month, and what a surprise! It's won the battle report by a country mile. <laughs> yeah, they they, they, they I literally. Stopped, just, I, I, sorry, go on. You go on. Just saying, I stopped reading it when Thrud the Barbarian left, <laughs> <laughs> which was like issue fifty. Was I even born then? <laughs> was that when it still had Judge Dredd as a comic strip? might have done <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember were Led Zeppelin still was. touring were Black Sabbath still touring <laughs> were status quo still stuff. cool they were always well, what do you mean still cool, cool. careful 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 hey careful. I'll, I'll hear I'll hear no slandering of the quo no, but, exactly. they, but, I mean, but, but they are no longer Levi models like they used no, to be in the late 70s <laughs> no, that's no. true they very much aren't well I'm I'm admittedly two of them are dead but <laughs> Two of them in it. Alan Ladd said, wasn't he? Yeah, Alan um, Lancaster and Rick Carter. Yeah, bizarre that, yeah. Isn't it weird that I know that name? Anyway, moving very swiftly on before we become an advert for a white dwarf. Um, <laughs> or Step Squad. Or Step Squad, even. Yeah, Blue for You being a great album. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Not as good as Hello. No, okay. But yeah, you're right, actually. Anyway, Mr. Bean. Ah, uh, yeah, it is me. Uh, so, yeah, our uh, good friend, our uh, good friend Greg. Um, what I'm looking at? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we've gone slightly out of order in the thing. Um, our good friend Greg had an article which looked at his top five Lords of War. Again, controversial uh, because I think people didn't necessarily agree with his choices. I disagreed with the master on being in there, but you know what? It's all subjective. We all go. If you ask all of us for to name our top five lords of war we're all going to name something that uh, they're all going to be they're all i think they'd all have similar things in but they'd be different if that makes I, any sense i think me and graham would be very close yeah perhaps you two would but i mean for me 
of what he picked in there. So that, that, I mean, what did he pick in there? I mean, obviously, Mastodon was number one. I mean, that is a great Lord of War. Are you just bitter because you've got one and it dies? It's never lasted past test. The Glaive was number two. I mean, that's a great yeah. choice. I definitely had that in there. The Marauder Destroyer. I'm not sure I'd have that in there, but Gorgeous you know what? Model. It is an absolutely beautiful model, and I'd love to own one, but I Harry, just don't... Harry Halewood has just finished painting his at Tales of New Aurora on um, Instagram, and it looks... It looks awesome, for want of a PG-13 description. It looks yeah. ace. Top work, the only, the, the only thing is, are the rules for that even available? Yes. Easily. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in the Consolidated Mournival Events Pack for old Imperial Armour Vehicles. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of you know Forge World, no, okay, Forge not, World don't you, do. I don't not, think they do. Not from Forge World, but the the last version of valid rules that were available have all been collated. Yeah, they have. I mean, I must admit, I use that. For, I mean, it's a bit of a bit of a nonsense question because the same thing applies for the Macarius, for example. Yes, but yeah, it's a, it's uh, a, it's a, a beautiful it's a, model. It's it's a I, I want one one day. Like, it's I've, just I've only, stunning. I've only seen one in the flesh, and it was gorgeous. They're massive as well. You don't think how big they are. Well, I've got um, Aeronautica um, Imperialis. I know Chris is going to have a go at me for this. Um, and you compare them, and it's in the same scale as Titanicus, and you just you build this model, and you're like, there's no way this is this is not being in scale. And then you're like, oh, yeah, then this is how big it is compared to a Warlord. The wingspan's about the same as a Thunderhawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they are anyway, massive. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, which, yeah, so the, the, uh, the only one that I would want, to, yeah, the one that we I think agreed would be in there for most of us would be the Stormblade. Storm Stormblade, yeah, the the plasma cannon. Plasma one, yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't put uh, it in there. Blade, so the one I've got in my soul. The one I've got in my soul. No, yeah. I wouldn't put it in there. Just for I don't, I don't yeah. like the look of the model. That's just me. That's well, well, you're wrong. Yeah. When we did the actual episode that had what's the best Lord of War in, that was the one we agreed on. But I just don't like the look of it. But that's not what yeah. this is. Yeah, and I think well, it's have it's a socially a distanced trip to Specsavers and sort yourself <laughs> out. <laughs> so I think um it's a very subjective thing, right? And you're exactly right, yeah. Michael, and as far as yeah. you know, you asked I mean, five. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, but people got really upset about it, which was really weird. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. it's just Greg's view on it. It's not like the the definitive article mm. and what's whatever makes you happy. It doesn't matter. It's not a big it's deal. It's like yeah. it's heresy content. They're talking about heresy models. What's Stop not to love? Yeah. They're beautiful yeah. models. And you know what? If one person looks at this and goes, "Oh, you know what? The master on it, a beautiful model. I'm gonna buy that." And you know what? I'll buy a heresy army to go along with it. You've you you guys have been you guys have been to Blood and Glory. You've yeah. seen when people set everything up and you have pe- players from other systems who are wandering around going, what on earth is that? Yeah. Uh, the big shiny stuff. Heresy yeah, it's is a blade. A, it's a full blade. It, you know, it's a, it's a Serastus Knight. It's a, you know, it, it's a storm blade. You know, it's heresy to me is about that big centerpiece. Yeah. Visually, it's about this is the stuff that the Imperium had when it had its stuff in had its stuff in order. When it in, in its heyday. In its heyday, when it knew what it when it knew what it was doing, this is the stuff it could put out. But it's in, not even 
just Mas- the big centerpieces, though, is it? It's also the, the the little other things, like your sabers, like your um, the the medusas for the for the legions. And... Well, they are, but that, that's it's... not going to get someone walking fifty no, no, feet no, across no, a room. No, 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 but when you get there, it's like, oh my god, there's so many different legion models here. It looks fantastic. There's such a variety. Yeah, I mean, I, I I remember that first Blood and Glory in 2017. People walking past, looking at Spartans, going, "What's that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, was yeah. it yeah. it's a, it's a Spartan? It's a, it's, it's it's a standard vehicle now. It's, just, yeah. it's, it's like it's a what? It's a Spartan, or you know." There's, but, a, there's, a it's a, breadth, there's a breadth of models, I think, within the Heresy that are all amazing, and you can take if you go to an event, no two less will be the same. Yeah, I mean, I I don't like the Mastodon model. Aesthetically, there you go. I, I think you know the, the 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 two sets of tracks. It and you, you have know. a go at me about the flipping Marauder bomber. The um, uh, which was the model? Stormblade. 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 Yeah, yeah, because yeah. because you are wrong. Um, it's not what I'm having a go about you. That's just me stating fact. That's like you know the sky the sky is up and the the, the earth's core is down. Um. um. <laughs> sorry, tangent I, button. I'm going to shut up. I'll, I'll tangent too much. Your, your tangent. I mean, I think that's a good point. That actually, and some people do overlook this because then you get people saying, "Oh, band super heavies and stuff." And they're such. To me personally, they are what makes this game different from playing 40k or a skirmish 40k kind of thing. Because you're exactly right. The big things are there. There's the opportunity to bring out the big stuff, which is why you know, at Company of Legends, we've never, we've we've always looked like a lot of like Greg has as well. I think to you know the self moderation of people. Yeah coming to the event rather than saying oh you can't bring we've seen warhounds we've seen pete's thunderhawk we've seen other thunderhawk i mean these are things that you wouldn't see in necessarily in 40k but could you also imagine if you tried to recreate the scope of the imperium at the at the time of the heresy in say at three thousand points Mm. or using like a centurion format can you imagine how tedious a game with 240 marines on the table would be yeah Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And I think well, that's why. And, and, and God forbid you play militia. Yeah, it's just you know they're, they're, that's what I like. It's like rocking up with something a centerpiece model like that. You know, like a knight or a yeah. or a big tank. Obviously, uh, in my case, absolutely. And Lords of War, Lords of War, Lords of War. Yeah. So it's good to see them. And I say, as you said, there as a sort of advertising piece people to say actually you can spend you know 100 200 pounds on a model and you can use it rather than just being a display piece that you never get to play yeah very cool. very true uh we got an article from community uh, about when is your army complete and when's your army started is generally the question i ask myself but um <laughs> not until about 20 minutes Chris. before the yeah, next yeah, event basically. Yeah, basically, yeah basically the night before uh, yeah. So it's you know when it's out when you have storage when the perfect roster is complete there's no such thing no such thing as a perfect roster yeah I don't think that necessarily applies so much to heresy because heresy is more of a yeah you that see is... more you see more passion no projects Pe- people aren't doing the homebrew chapter of the month ready to adapt to whatever the hardest new codex that comes out no no that, that, that that's that's very true but I mean there are some people who collect multiple armies and like. Yeah. Right, I want to collect this list, this type of army, and that's what I'm doing. I mean, I started that with the Death Guard. It was going to be this is the list. That's going to that's going to be it, and then it's gradually expanded. And now I'm working on Armor Breakthrough for it. I mean, I think this the, one of the advantages of what we play is that you know because of the uh, flexibility of the legions, particularly, 
maybe not so much in things like Mechanicum, but and even you know, militia and solar auxiliary. But you have got a great degree of flexibility in what type of army you want to run. And most, as we've often talked about, all legions can run all types of armies, some mm-hmm. better than others. And so I think that's another thing. It's like, actually, when is it complete? Well, if you can have a game where you think, actually, this week I'd like to play close combat. So you can bring your close combat models out and play a close combat game. Or this week I fancy sitting back and shooting things so you can bring your shooty army stuff. Once you have that, and that's kind of what I've, that's when I would say an army's complete. I mean, yeah, the Iron Warriors were a collect. I've never come close to collecting as many models for an army since. I've just sort of stopped once I've got most bases covered to play them in a different way and then gone on to another army because I get more joy in you know, creating a brand new army from scratch. Mm. Fair enough. Ties in nicely to that. What kind of collector are you, really? Because, yeah. um, like, for yeah. looking at me, my wolves, I've got two or three, four, maybe it's four or five different lists I could put out with the wolves. My other armies are snapshots. I've got 3,000 points, and that's it. You know, if you want to play a 3,000 point game against my solar auxiliary, I will put the same models on the table every time because they're the models I've got, and they're, they're the models I'm only ever going to have. Yeah, fair enough. Like I said, I've, I've kind of done, and I, I've the Solar Auxiliary are possibly the exception for that because they have got a certain amount of collectivity, if mm-hmm. you like. Yeah, you can, you know, you can, you can mix them, them onto things, can't you? And they look, yeah, and they look really cool. Some models are nice, and they're probably the only army where it's like that. These Salamanders, it's very kind of, I want that model because it's going to be a good thing for my army to play, not so much necessarily what it looks like if i'm honest with you but yeah, yeah. it's all good yeah i mean well again it's one of those things we're all different in the way we collect our armies and and when we're done we'll be you know done in different ways yeah um okay. so 2 p.m this saturday as of recording bear in mind we're recording on thursday evening um a couple of days from now depending on how long it takes michael to edit the tangents out Mm. Um, there is well, a. This will be out the mon- This will be out the Monday after this. Right. Monday okay. Happens, so. Okay. So after you've listened, to, when you listen to this, the Saturday before, there will have been a 40k online preview. Um, so will there be stuff for Heresy? I don't think so. I think it's going to be ninth edition. I don't play 40k. But well, every, let's not talk ev- about that. <laughs> everyone I'm talking to at the moment is convinced that's what it's going to be. But I don't. I thought it was interesting right. to say that, that they did an article about things that are going to destroy the Imperium, and people were going, "Oh my God, you're going to old world, uh, the 40k universe." Yeah, I, 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 I turn it into the Age of Calgar. Yeah. I don't know if they did that on purpose. <laughs> Because that would be hilarious if they did that on purpose. I can't. I mean, as we've said, you know, they do things for very definite reasons. I can't think that they would write an article about things that are going to destroy the Imperium. Whatever they're they're announcing, whatever they're announcing on Saturday will have been will have been on the famous whiteboard in the studio for thirty six months. Yeah. Yeah. If not sixty months. Yeah. Yeah, there's I mean, a there's got, a whiteboard yeah. in the studio somewhere that I have been informed that is basically five years from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we must have to have that, have those plans in place, must Do you think you, know you think for R and D, designing, tooling, production, pre-production, painting, promotion, GW aren't an outfit that can work a week ahead. No, they aren't an outfit that can work fifty weeks ahead. Yeah, you I mean, know. It's, 
and also shareholders, right? Because yep. the, the, the shareholders are going to want to know that they've got yeah. a plan. Brian Min. As far as I'm aware, they work about three years. Uh, this is, again, this is just, you know, people who work there told me um, it's about the plan is between four and three years. Um, I, I personally cannot wait for the 40k universe to once again fall in line with the 30k universe uh with a rehash of the seventh edition rules for them instead of heresy going to where it's 40k yeah. go back to the thing is we don't know what's coming maybe we'll get something like i don't know maybe they'll give the sisters the silence some stuff you never know but that's about all we can hope for really but there might be models that we can use for conversion purposes. I was going to say there'll be some Primaris upgrade kits that you'll be telling us all to yeah. buy. Yeah. Some, some cultists that we need to buy. <laughs> what, what we need is some doors. Doors. Okay. All right. So, um, so wouldn't it be funny though? Wouldn't it be funny if that happened? Oh God, I love it. I, love I, like, I like, I like, I like the parallel universe that you live in, Chris. It's very good. Um, more council events. We're sorry to say. So both Gen Con and. Uh, uh, are confirmed that they're not going to be happening this year. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so. Not Graham, uh, given Graham, the size of those events. Yeah, Graham cut out a little bit there, so that was Gen Con and Essen. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I, I did not. Don't know what's going on with my thing tonight. Yeah, but yeah, I have no idea what that means in terms of. I mean, there's obviously a big event, so it makes massive, total sense that they're not massive. Yeah, they would have trade show in Europe, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Essen yeah. is the biggest convention in the world. Oh, is it? For yeah. board games, no, 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 for no, no. for houses, and it is just a board game convention. It's a board game trade show, but it's the yeah. biggest in the world. Um, it's crazy because the Germans love their board games. Uh, yeah. and GW do previews there because obviously Germany is their second biggest market. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, okay, uh, right, and then a, a few more painting guides from Mr. Rhodes. Uh, these were on his members only area again, three ninety nine worth a look. Uh, we'll try not to be an advert, but um, the videos. There's that a I'm, hell of a lot of worse things you could be advertising. Oh, absolutely. Or accused of advertising. Absolutely. Some great videos. One that will look at applying transfers using Microset and Microsol. Um, gave me a few hints that I didn't think of, such as the way that, uh, um, you know, using a, um, a, uh, a cotton bud to curl, you know, to help curl the transfers and to, to push it down. Yeah. yeah. So that was something I never considered. I just sort of slapped it on and and waited for it and then slapped on some micro set sole to sort of try and soften it some more to curve it around. And I'm like, actually, okay, I can soften it and then use the the Americans call them Q tips, don't they? So yeah, um, cotton bud. Yeah. yeah, cotton bud. Um, and there was one that uh, was uh, on painting an imperial fist. That was actually a really good painting guide. I looked at that and I was like, you know what? Painting an Imperial Fist might not actually be that hard. Well, I can see Graham subscribing immediately. But it was like, yeah, absolutely. But 100%. it was like it started with contrast and then glazed it over with like a um, a normal layer paint um, to smooth it out. And it was like, oh, and it was sort of like, oh, actually, that's really nice. That was a really nice way of uh, mm. of doing it, and it looked easy. There was a there was also another great one. Now this was on a um, late war um, World War Two. Uh, a German uh, tank, but included in that was actually a great guide on using weathering powders. Now, 
I don't know about you guys, but I've always been a bit intimidated by weathering powders because it's like everyone talks about, oh, you've got to put this solvent on, you've got to, you've got to do this. And everyone gets very the the explanations you get from people are very much like, well, you just use a fixer, duh, and it's sort of like, well, what, how, what do I do? What, how do well, I use that fixer? There's very little. There's very little. Spirit. Well, that's all, very, that's, that's all the fixer is. About is, well, yeah, is basically very, white spirit or orderless very, white spirit but like there's that. very few people out there who actually sit down and say this is how you do it this is the easiest ways to do this this is what and this actual tutorial looked at two different ways of using weathering powder and then the um solution to fix it and it was sort of like oh well actually that seems really easy what and it's, what, what anybody wants other than as an as an alternate to the duncan Rhodes academy as much as i would recommend it buy a military modeling magazine anyone random one uh, whatever news agent has them that's open at the moment near you or download a digital copy because there's no mystery to them at all and and those kind of magazines will just go do this i have used some i've used some magazines in the past because i've I've, I've uh, found i've found that that the the wargaming community look at some of the military modeling stuff like a bit like it's some kind of witchcraft yeah i mean and it is. i have used it for for um panel pa- what's it uh I can't, what's the panel, is it panel 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 lining pin washing no no panel shading it's sort of like oh yeah modulation yeah, shading yeah that's the one i'm looking for something like that um but it's really it was a really very good technique i've used it on smaller models for other systems but uh specifically drop fleet commander but yeah so there's definitely some stuff Anyway, uh, I'd recommend going to that site, and I think that yeah, that that guy for Imperial Fist was really impressive. More Any, so than the anything ultra- that tells you how to paint yellow easily is worth paying for. More definitely more so than the um, than the Ultramarines contrast one. Fair dude. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we'll do move on into engine kill next, and me and Chris will go and do that on our own. Right, and now it's time for Engine Kill. Not an awful amount, but we are going to talk about one of the legions later on. So we're going to dive straight into the slim pickings of news. And that starts with the fact that this month we got to look at the Serestus Knights and how to get a better use of them. Um, we also got a great look at the Castigators and Etheron Knights. Some great ideas how to use them also in the game. Yeah, they look really, really nice. Yeah. I still want to know if you get a box one of each or how the split goes on them yeah i'm really anxious to see what what the um not anxious so yeah i'm really keen to see what the makeup of the sprue is yeah 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 because if, if it's you know it's one of each it's like curses i now have to buy two boxes yeah yeah hopefully you can make two of each or something like that yeah hopefully, hopefully. fingers crossed anyway um there was an our collections article I quite like these, and these looked at uh, Warhammer TV presenter Nick Baton's small-scale game armies. Uh, and specifically for us, it was his Legio Graphonicus, uh, some of which he painted up for Tale of Four Princeps on Warhammer TV last year. And these are really, really nice. Yeah, um, they're very cool. Yeah. 
I love his uh, Legio Grafana. I mean, he's got a massive Legio Grafana for his collection. He doesn't magnetise though. He 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 glues them on, which is uh... <laughs> it's a bold move. It's a bold move. Well, I suppose with the staff discount. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah, that's a good point actually. Yeah, that's gonna make, that's gonna make life a lot easier. Yeah, but they are they are absolutely beautiful titans. Um, yeah, they make me consider Grafonicus, but I'm like, no, I'm ignorant, man. Anyway, so uh, the, um, the the knee pad to call on the Reavers. Oh is yeah, a yeah. decal or is that? Uh, let's have a look. Another look at it. Reavers. It's got little horses. I think some of those are decals. Okay. I think most of them are decals, actually. To be oh, okay. I can't remember. The Legio Graphonicus sheet is available on um, Games Workshop website. Um, so that's that, that's supposed to be always available, and you do get some um, some little bits on the uh, what you call it the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the uh, standard uh, the box the box transfer sheet. Yeah, yeah, you do get some on the uh, on the standard box. So uh, Graphonicus. Uh, transfer sheet has uh, yeah 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 there's uh, a little yeah it's got some of them not yeah. many of them. it's cool it's just really cool yeah not many of them but it does have it does have quite a few little little bits and pieces that you can uh, put on there for, for house chronicus so yeah, there's a lot actually they yeah <laughs> Um, we got there was an article looking at the highlights of 2020. Well, we're not even halfway through it yet, so that's going to be impressive. Yep. Games so far, and the new adeptus Titanic starter set got a mention there. Games Workshop also had an article looking at small footprint games, which include Titanicus as well. So it's nice to see it getting a bit more traction on the on the social media and the and the Facebook. But it's, it, it doesn't need it, does it? I mean, it's a super popular game. Yeah, I think the, the new starter set really sort of um, give it a kick up the bum. Yeah, were. yeah, a bit more variety in there. Yeah. Okay. So what we're going to do cool. now is we're going to take a little bit of a look at Legio Tempestus. Uh, it's a, you know, the, a little bit about the rules about it because I think we, we wanted to do a bit more with uh, Titanicus and yeah. doing doing a little bit about you know different legions each month sounds sounds a good idea. Now, if you want a really good in-depth look at the legions. I'd recommend you actually listen to Full Stride, which is a podcast from uh, Greg uh, from the Imperial Truth. And I forget his co-host's name, which is really bad. At me. <laughs> um, but there's you guys who really know their stuff. They take a good look at each Legion for our episode. So we're just going to take a very brief overview. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. we're starting off with Tempestus from the core rulebook. Yeah. Work our way through. There's four books to get through. So I might as well start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, right. So, where should we start? So, Legio Tempestus, one of the original three Titan Legions of Mars, uh, the Triad Ferrum Morgulus, and these were one of the most decorated Legios of the Great Crusades, seen everywhere. So, they called them the um, Storm Lords in Low Gothic because they made orbital drops and sort of were like, sort of like you know, they made orbital drops uh, in their in their dropships and sort of deep striking. Uh titans it's yeah. just you know yeah striking like lightning uh, yeah. and aggressively going up and weathering the worst battle conditions so but here's the thing about them during the heresy most of the legio actually betrayed uh, you know they cited with yet with the warmaster and renamed themselves legio tempestor but on mars they actually sided with the um emperor 
and they took part in the defense of Magma City, uh, which is uh, portrayed in Mechanicum, and um, were mostly destroyed, but they were refounded later on after that. I, I like the fact that the traitors didn't go like massively different on the name, but I will just change a letter. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we'll keep, we'll keep similar branding, but just, you know, just change it, just a smidgen, just a slight variation. Yeah, just enough to the, you know, we're, we're, we're evil now. Yeah, that's it. We sound worse, you know, we sound much more like badasses than we the other guys did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, oh, bit of cough. So, shall we have a look, a uh, quick look at their, um, their crunch? Yeah. Do you want to? Crunch. So, yeah. So they've got a couple of Legio traits. Um, so they've got Glory and Death. Before you make a catastrophic damage roll, you can make a command check for it. And if you pass the test, then you can immediately attack with one of its weapons. Or if you pass three or more, you can fire all of its weapons. Or pass by three or more with all of its weapons. This calls back to the Legio's last stand at Magma City, where they fought to the last. And means it's more difficult to deny than the chance to shoot by destroying them. Yeah. It's pretty useful. I know we were saying, sort of, we'll come on to the combat drop, drop in a bit. Well, I think the glory and death, if you're going to take the combat drop uh, stratagem, I think they would actually work quite well in, in synergistically. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the thing, I think that this is one of the best synergized legions for its rules and yeah. traits and, and, and stuff that there is. So, uh, right. Uh, what, what else is there? Uh, yeah, so um, Fury of the Machine. So this is a, uh, another Legio trait. So uh, if you roll on the Awakened Machine Spirit table, uh, if you roll a one, two, or three, uh, you get you have to re-roll them. But you have to keep the re-roll result. So this results in a better chance of actually being able to do something if uh, the Machine Spirit, you know. So, so those roll. So uh, one is... Basically, after the current action, there's no effect. Two, make a repair roll for the Titan. Its effects are applied immediately. This controller player is about to make a shield save, and they make a raise shield and raise shield save. Uh, raise shield repairs action. They now use new shield level for the save roll. And impetuous is the Titan moves d6 straight forward, stopping before it collides with anything. At the end of the move, it turns up to 45 degrees towards the nearest enemy unit, stopping if the enemy is directly ahead of it. Mm-hmm. So pretty useful stuff there. Yeah, but ideally, if you're shooting, um, you want to use the you, you want to use the, the the higher roll ones, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But you know, if you can get your get your shields up, it's easy if you do so. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I think that makes a seventy five percent better chance of getting a more useful yeah uh, result. Um, yeah. So. It's a cool one. Um, allows you to push the reactor quite a bit more aggressively. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what, what about combat drop? We yes, combat that. drop. Yeah, that's the. So, uh, at the start of the game, you write down one of your titans with a um, size, a scale of six or less. So it's really only warhounds at this. Uh, this at this stage of the game, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you write it down at the start of the game uh, at the start of deployment you put it to one side you also write down uh, what turn you want it to turn up on um, from turns 2 to 4 uh, that's the hopeful drop time 
So at the beginning of the movement phase, the chosen round, uh, D10, if you roll under six, it arrives when you want it to. Otherwise, um, it'll turn up on the next turn. So at least you know what's going to turn up on the next turn, I suppose, is the, is the relief. You're not having to make a, sort of another roll after that. Yeah, and potentially not have it turn up. Yeah, because that would suck. It would. Uh, it would. When the Titan arrives, place anywhere on the battle but they're not within one inch of another model or terrain feature, then scatter it D6 inches. Once it's scattered, roll a D3. On a 1 to 2, it makes a 45 degree turn to the left, 3 to 4 uh, stays where it is, and a 5 to 6 turn to the right. The Titan scatters the turns into any terrain it stops before moving into it and then suffers D6 strength 9 hits. That's going to that's gonna sting a little bit, especially <laughs> on a... Uh, um, a Titan that arrives from orbit cannot be activated in any of the phases of the current round. As it's deploying from the dropship, it can, however, be targeted by attacks as normal. Which is why I think it works quite nicely with the um, uh, Glory and Death one, because at least then you can still shoot it if it gets shot at. Yeah, I guess. It's just it's not it's not something I think I would use just because the, the the thought of being in a position I don't want to be in and then getting shot at doesn't sound particularly appealing. If you're going for, uh, you know, if you've got quite close range weapons on the um, on your warhound already, uh, then you kind of <clears throat> you know plasma blast gun eight inches. You know, it's a good opportunity for you to make use of that fairly quickly. Yeah, it's just obviously you can't do anything in the first combat phase. No, but if, you t- if you're saying you want to turn up turn two, yeah, um, at least you know turn three or whatever. If you can get behind your opponent, mm. time turn quickly. So the ch- you know if someone's behind you, you know, not an awful lot you can do it sort of sort of immediately. Yeah, I mean um, me. Me personally, I'd rather use <laughs> outflank. Yeah, I, I again the thing with that is it's the neutral side of the board. Yeah, that's so true. You, you can still be a fair distance away from the opponent. Yeah, um, it's a, it's a deep strike thing. I, it, it, it is my blood. So and it does sound cool to be fair. Yeah, deep striking titan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. do it with sort of yeah, it's sort of plasma blast or sort of inferno gun, something like that. Uh, sort of warhound double loaded at the back. That'll you know, it's it's going to draw people's attention. So it's a shame it's only one. I say a shame, but you know, might be game breaking otherwise probably. Possibly, possibly. Okay, so they've got a, a piece of war gear that they can take uh, just to themselves. The uh, Chasmata. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. Uh, pattern laser destructors now this is a legio specific uh, uh piece of war gear that mo- most legio, i think every legio has a specific piece of war gear which is great and um, what these are is it's basically um it gives you an it's normal turbo uh, laser destructors but it gives you an extra six inch range uh overall and your short range is extended by three inches so that makes it 38 and 21 inches yeah, which I think is absolutely phenomenal um, because turbo laser destructors are great. Um, and if you suddenly again, if you've got another Titan thinking I can take this out long range, 
well, hang on a minute. It's got an extra six inches of range. It's it's potentially going to be doing a glory and death shoot here. Makes it a bit more dangerous uh, when it's uh, when it takes that catastrophic roll. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. It's only uh, the ball hand that can take. Them. It's only the ball hand that can take them. Uh, yeah. No, can the um. So are these destructors? Oh, I forget because the weapons aren't in the book. They're <laughs> all on cards, and my cards are up there. Um, I think you can get turbo laser destructors on a it's lot. The, shoulder, the Warlord, I think, takes on the shoulders, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Oh, God, I forget. Yeah, uh, turbo laser destructors, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. The, 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 uh, oh, God, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, 38. <laughs> I, just, I couldn't remember if they had a different profile for the different Titans, if that makes sense, but no, they are all the same. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, lots of lots of it. the Reaver can definitely take them. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, they're pretty good. Anyway, um, so let's. Uh, so what, what else have we got there? Yeah, Stormborn. So a personal trait which boosts the Titan's speed, but without pushing the reactor. If the reactor has the charge order, which gives it greater ability to charge from a bit further away with a lower risk. Yeah, I like this. Yeah. It's like suddenly, hang on, that Titan's become a lot more dangerous. Uh, you know, from further away. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's speed is the is the thing behind these guys. They are lightning strike. They are, you know, and that that's going to really. Um, I was trying to think, chain, chain fist, on a on a Titan, you mm-hmm. know get it forward get it in charge save that reactor at the same time yeah yeah absolutely um the other one is defiant warrior i like this one if your void shields down with this personal straight you get to re-roll hit rolls of one for its attacks which again that's going to really help out with your glory and death so it synergizes quite well with that one absolutely yeah adamantium resolve i don't know about this one i don't think (laughs) what did you think about adamantium resolve yeah, I know. So uh, once per battle, any at any point the control pair can remove the shutdown orders from the Princeps Signoris Titan, even as the shutdown order is issued, effectively cancelling. I suppose it's that thing. If you find yourself in a difficult situation and suddenly you need to go, oh, hang on a minute, I need to do something. Yeah. That's it, it's that reaction, that quick reaction um, ability. The other two, I think. The Stormborn one, I think, is the one that I like a lot. But yeah, I, 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 I think Stormborn. I can see the, the the thing to this just going well, and it's also that sort of glory and death element as well. You know, okay, I'm I, I, I've, the Titans knackered. I'm trying to do what I can. Oh no, wait, I need to. You know, Jeff and the other Titan needs a hand. Right, that's it. We'll just have to go for it and hope for the best kind of attitude. Yeah, no, I, I, I just don't see any reason why I would ever consider using, um, using adamantium resolve. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe someone can can help me out there, but it's just not something that I think even. There may be. I'll try, I'll try, do you know without not without going all the way through? I wonder if there's a someone off like you don't know what you're talking about. At this point, I really don't. Um, I wonder if there's an order to force a shutdown on someone. Uh, yeah, there might be. So yeah, uh, again, we're we're still learning this game, so you know, um, we will see. Anyway, yeah. uh, right. So my um, 
So what, what what do you think overall about Lijo Tempestus then? I think, I think they're really good. I like that lightning striker sort of um, element to them. That yeah. really speaks to me as, a, as, as my game style. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... The thing that puts me, I'm not massively enamored with the paint with sort of the armor scheme. Yeah, yeah. Um, not that I don't like it. I just I, it doesn't jump out at me as being something I'd want to paint. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the armor scheme. It's cobalt blue with silver trim. Now I put down some notes here. So uh, what I would do personally is I would um, I would paint it um with, well spray it with lead belcher uh wash with null oil the trim that is uh maybe even null oil gloss uh then dry brush with necron compound simple and easy but now the the armor plates uh, that blue is very distinct and i don't think there's a great color in the um in the citadel range that really does it justice but what i'm thinking is i would paint the panels with iron breaker and then put contrast talisar blue over it, so it's a more metallic cobalt blue. What you could do is wash it out a little bit, uh, yeah. put some medium thin it. Yeah. Because contrast, even when it's mediumed out, it's got really oh, good I, pigmentation. Yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah. thin it down to to so try and could, avoid some of the. Because that's what I do for the my blood angels to keep carry that metallic through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, medium it down probably two to one, sort of two mm-hmm. loss of medium to one pot of. Yeah, that sounds uh, good. The paint, and that should give you that oh, yeah. nice, a little bit thinner, so the, sort of the lead belcher or whatever you spray silver underneath to come through. Yeah. That's the way I do it. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, so, um, yeah, so that's Legio Tempestus. Um, I, I mean, I think they're, they're really interesting. Um, definitely rewards the uh, more aggressive player. Um, and uh, I think Manipal-wise... My personal thoughts are if I was going to have these to take to really take advantage of that glory and death because you're going to be aggressive, so you, things are going to be dying. I'd be looking at a, a Ferox Light, a Lupercal, or even a Corsair Manipal. Yeah, I think that would. Um, what's the, the Lupercal one? That's the um, that's lots of uh, Warhounds. Yeah, that would make sense because then you also, you know, you can use the, the drop one quite good, combat drop stratagem yeah. at the same time yeah i'd be i with these i'd be going for lots for as many titans as possible yeah. to, to get that that advantage uh and also the the smaller ones are quicker and can be more aggressive yeah if you've you know, got that it, yeah you're, you're right it does lend itself to it, especially stormborn combat drop you know there's it, it, having having one big gun at the back and then just running it Sort of quite small at the, uh, sort of the rest of the army i think probably be quite a good way to go about it yeah i can't remember the name of the maniple but i think there is one in um shadow and iron which is a nemesis warbringer and a few warhounds that might work quite well yeah that 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 one might work quite well uh, yeah. don't have the book open um uh I do i just can't find the maniple uh have i got the uh have, have i got the have i bought the epub i have bought the epub it's in my adobe um thing right here um so let's open it up adobe digital editions not the not the easiest piece of software i must admit um 
Uh, Titan Manipoles, here we go. Uh, yeah, the Arcus. The Arcus uh, Manipole, uh, which is two Warhounds and a Nemesis, and then potentially another two two more yes. Warhounds. Yeah, I, I, that might be, that might work quite well with the, um, with, with the Arcus, uh, sorry, not the Arcus, the Warbringer uh, firing off that uh, big volcano cannon from the back. Also, it's got, so the, 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 the trait for the manifold as well is quite useful. Um, a Warbringer Nemesis Titan from this manifold can attack enemy units indirectly if they do not have line of sight to that unit, as long as the target is in line of sight of a Warhound Titan from this manifold. So, yeah. again, combat drop gives you, uh, what's the 30k rule? Um, oh, come on, Chris. Brain. <laughs> Sunday afternoons are not the time to try to remember 40k rules, 30k rules. Um, oh, no, can't remember now. Yeah. I think the I know what you're but... Yeah, there's the white scars do it with their eagle, so you can shoot at stuff without having to see it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, like the your boxes. boxes, yeah. Uh, the line of sight. Yeah, yes. I know. I can't remember the rule name, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's you know that would tie that all up quite nicely. I think. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So um, what we'll do is we'll now go on into the augury scanner, and uh, next month I think Gravonicus is the next in the book. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go through. Uh, me and Greg uh, have opened up the Augury Scanner. You know, you and Chris, you, you and Chris, Rob, are allowed to um, to to put yeah. stuff in here, you know. I did. I've put something at the bottom, but... Have you? Yeah. Oh, so you have. But then I did yeah, the whole thing about it, so, you know, that's... Yeah, you so did a whole lot. I, I unfortunately haven't been paying that much attention, so unfortunately my Augury Scanner's really been out. You're not, you're not really in social on, on, on Facebook, so... That's no, cool. I made myself too, can, unpo- too unpopular in certain circles. You can be... <laughs> what you did there um you can do uh you can do the instagram stuff yes um, i will uh, I'm, I'm looking for finding a way of running instagram on two different apps on my phone so i don't accidentally post pictures of my son to the edge vampire feed fair enough okay few things i've seen um a couple of mats everybody knows that i like me mats um so we've got a couple of mats here the first one is from p works it's the lifeless land so this is a really, really, really nice book. Uh, sorry, not book, Matt. Um, very toxic environment. Um, you know, I can definitely think of a few environments that that would look absolutely phenomenal on. Just having a look at it now when it opens up. P-Work. We're landing wastes come to oh, life. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Stuff like that. But yeah. really, really nice design of Matt. I mean, you've got that. That's 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 phenomenal, I think. The other one from P-Works nice, is the Cyber City. Um, it's probably something for more like your um, Infinity, um, but I still think you can make that work, depending on the scenery you've got to put on there. Ooh. If you're you playing know, 4K, oh, you're, you're using Tau. I think you could probably yeah, 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 definitely. I, yeah. Mean, it, it, it's, uh, I don't know what they are. So. <laughs> um, yeah, but if you want to make a really high sci-fi city, so if you're like, this culture was like, so far advanced ahead of the Imperium, but they were totally... I'll tell you who that would work for. I'll tell you who that would work for if the Alembic Quietude uh, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From, um, from, from Prospero Burns. The, yeah, I was going to say the Space Wolves novel. They're yeah, the, the, the purple blood. Yes, the ones that basically the Space Wolves drop the Death Star onto their planet. Yeah, oh, that was that was brilliant. That was, that, that, yeah. What happens um, when you give the Wolves to Dan Abner? It's amazing. But yeah, stuff like that. So that's a really good one. Um, then you've got um, then the other thing that was going on. Now, it's not specifically heresy. Good for militia armies. Nice to sling it there. Medivus Games have released an STL file. That's a, a 3D printable file uh, for the Fallout Wasteland Warfare US Army Tank. So I, if you if you play the Fallout games on PC, I think you'll know this model. But I think that would look phenomenal as a uh, as a militia. You think? Model. Yeah. I'm gonna. You disagree. Let's, let's run, That's fine. Tank the, the, I'm going to counter that on. and say people should look at motion. Oh yeah, they do some. They do some good models too. This is just a SDL file. I've just noticed mm-hmm. it. I think it would look good, but everybody's. You know, there are lots of different alternative tanks out there for her, for militia, especially. Don't get me wrong. A tank with two barrels sticking out the turret is is a, is a damn good start. Yeah, and it's a very uh, you know atomic punk. Is it? fantastic is it the right scale i suppose is the question i don't yeah, really know yeah, STL file you, STL, you, print, so you can you print it the size you want okay that's right. i have no idea it's just mystery to me yeah, it's looking, print- it looks better on the blueprint picture than on the render i think actually yeah survivors of the dark age you like as a macarius or something like yeah, that yeah exactly that's the kind of thing i'm thinking of I mean, what do you think graham yeah i'm kind of with rob on this one to be honest with you fair enough Oh, I, think, okay. I think the motion one is better, but for 20 quid for the STL, if you have a 3D printer already, that's yeah. it's the, it's the double it's got the double track thing like the like the Mastodon, yeah. which is my main problem. That's, that's my enough. main issue. The 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 the, the, the double tracks is yeah. mm, um, that's fair enough. We're all allowed different opinions. That's cool. There's, I could see it working. Yeah, I could I could see it working if if you did some. Yeah, because again, you've got the STL file, so you can shove it in and start making some alterations to it, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, Anyway, um, the other thing that I was looking at, which was really nice, was a um, Studio X mobile painting studio. Now, the Kickstarter for it is cancelled because they need to do some work on the campaign. They need to go away and do whatever. But it's it's sort of like sometimes Kickstarters get launched and they're like, well, actually... You know, the feedback we're getting from backers saying, well, actually, could you make some changes to this? Could you do this? Could you do this? Maybe the price point needs changing or, or maybe they look at it and go, well, actually, we're not going to make the funding or the funding that we want. So maybe we need to go away and make some alterations. So sometimes, especially in board games, you actually get Kickstarters, which start and then they're like, actually, we can't do this or you've given us so much feedback that we need to go away and rethink this. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. A lot of companies do so, end up redoing Kickstarters. So I'm I'm looking at what's left on the. Is it? So it's done by Dave Taylor. Is that yeah. is that yeah. the Dave Taylor? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. As in Dave Taylor of How to Paint a Million Miniatures in a Week. Yes, um, yeah, I believe it's the same guy. The and guy it, who helped Mel from the terrain, uh, Mel the Terrain Tutor, with his book. Mm-hmm. Um, same guy. But it, it, it's okay. a little it's a little mini mobile painting studio you know it's got space for paints hold your brushes up uh, uh suspended it's ari i mean it was what, how much was it for the basic it was uh basically um to get the actual studio was 95 dollars, so that's you know fair few quid but so it's a lot when realistically uh 
and taking an expensive option. You could buy a small battle foam case with the hobby foam in it. Yeah, but this is one thing that some people might like. It's cool, it's durable, mm-hmm. but every you know everyone's up to finger paint. Apparently, it would hold forty-eight paints. That's not bad. And I'm thinking, you know, when I go on holiday with Megan to her grandparents, it's like, yeah, I could take that. That'd be brilliant. It'd be better than the hobby box I've got. Anyway, but that was something I spotted and I liked it. But I, I don't know if I'd have if I'd back it because I, it's a bit too expensive for me. But if someone wanted to buy me this present. Um, and then another mat, last mat of the month. Sorry, mats. The people are really knocking it out of the park with the mats at the minute, and the new pre mats. So many manufacturers making so many amazing mats. Uh, this doors. One, yeah, doors. Please, doors. This one is Cold Storm from um, Deep Cut Studios. And the reason I like this one is it's so much different. It's, it's a snowboard, but it's completely different to every other snowboard I've done because it's, no, it's a snow on like a high tech city type thing. So again, it's yeah. maybe you're thinking, oh, maybe this is more suited to your infinity um, uh, type of game. But I actually think this looks really good. It it's looks really nice. Good. It looks yeah. nice. It's, um, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if the town remade ice stations ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of thing. Again, it, yeah, maybe uh, 40k players would definitely get use out of this, but again, with suitable terrain, I think this, this wouldn't be too bad. Nope. I don't see why it wouldn't work. To be honest with no, you. I think it. I think it could work. Definitely work for the quietude. Because, mm, you know, again, yeah, that that's, it's all snowy. It's all cold yeah, yeah. Isn't it, on the outside. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so that's my contributions to the Augury scanner this month. What about you, Graham? Oh, I think we lost the Graham. He disappeared again. Yes, yeah, sorry about that, gents. Um, it's all right. So where were we talking feedback for this month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, had some bits and pieces. Uh, so we got something from Drew, uh, who appreciated your comments about Benwell, Mister B, um, which was quite nice. When did I say, talk about Benwell? Last episode, I think. You so, talked about Benwell last episode because that's where you're from originally, I believe you said. Well, it, it is. Um, <coughs> makes Moss history. makes Moss Isley look um, positively fantastic. There you go, another uh, advert for the Ben Um Andrew Tunnadine, so he is running an NHS raffle. So this is obviously oh, yeah. um, lots of different really cool uh, things donated from various painters and uh, gaming people and shops and stuff. And um, just basically um, trying to raise money for some of these NHS charities. So all the details are on our website. Uh, Edge of Empires page. We've actually um, donated a ticket for Company of Legends, so that will be in the raffle as well. So if you want to um, save yourself a few quid, and you can put your put your hat in the ring for for a raffle ticket for this very very so good the, cause. So the raffle itself uh, is ending on the day of release of this episode. So if you're listening to this any time after eight uh, eight pm, I think he's doing it. Um, then it'll be too late. To to get tickets um so the link is on the post is on our facebook page um and it is i've just got it here so uh tickets are two pounds a go so you can spend two pounds and get these cool prizes i mean two pounds for a col ticket that's pretty good going or mm. three tickets for a fiver um yeah and it's all going to nhs charities yeah uh we'll 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 probably share that a couple more times before it's drawn yeah and um, there was another um 
contributors, Thomas Pardew. And this was um, talking about the Word Bearers episode that we did. And one thing he picked up on was that in the Onslaught chart list, um, the Lord of War 25% rule still applies to each Lord of War slot. So it's not normally significant, but in Onslaught and Leviathan chart lists, a very important distinction. So a 3,000-point list, each Lord of War choice can be 750 points for a total of 1,500 points of Lord of War. So, yeah. That's how you shred friends, yeah. Yeah, hold on to your hats. So, yeah, an interesting little tidbit I wasn't aware of, to be fair. We don't see too much Onslaught. Um, But, yeah, good one. Yeah, Um, I think we've only ever seen it from one player at Company of Legends. He uses it every year, but, you know, that's not the point. Yeah. Um, we also had uh, some feedback from Grant Willis, much, uh, saying I much enjoyed the episode, but alas, once again, I've fallen foul of uh, the court of uh, public opinion uh, because uh, I got the sacrificial offering list somewhat awry. So he's pointed out, quite rightly i must admit, i didn't look at the faq um that the cult hordes are no longer fearless which is a really big plus actually because they were flipping hard mm. so you can't have you know 25 man fearless tar pits or whatever um and the faq they've basically removed the zealot which is what they got and they just get hatred and stubborn so they don't get minuses to their leadership but the leadership's not great but you could put an independent character with them they would have to make a leadership test. And also the other very clear point was if I did go down the cult horde route, um, the only shooting you can do with the Providence is snap shooting. So the oh, yeah, of course it producers is. wouldn't be able to because, uh, of course, they'd be firing snapshots and you can't shoot um, blast weapons with snap firing. So, yeah, I did know that. It just kind of, I don't know, for whatever reason, it fell out of my head. But um, caught up in my own cleverness. So he did, however, really like your Jetpack and Terminator list, Rob. So that's a big plus. Man of taste, clearly. It was a nice one. Yeah. Go on, Michael. I was saying it was a nice list. All right, okay. Um, we also had uh, some things that caught my eye anyway. I don't know if this is going to be available to everybody, but uh, somebody did a, I think it's a, they've changed the orc um, flyer um, and they've kind of taken all the orkiness off it and made it into a countless javelin. So this is in, uh, yeah. This is actually for militia players, but it's a, it's a really good model. I'll see if I can get some photos of it. But, you know, the Orc kind of MiG-15 style jets. Yes. Kind of unorked them. And they look really cool, actually. So, um, yeah, nice potential cheap alternative to the old Lightning. If you unork um, them, do they actually look like an F-86 Sabre? They look more or like... Or do they still MiG- look like the MiG-15? They look a bit more like the MiG... Well, actually, no, they're not too bad. It's a close one thing. They're very similar. But, yeah. They look pretty cool. And the other thing, of course, is that we've seen some additions to the kind of fan-made content. And uh, Orcses, my friends, Orcses are about. So um, I forget. uh, uh, Andrew Hollis uh, has put these together. And uh, this um, is the draft Orcs. Yeah, so for for using Orcs in the Great Crusade would be a really cool thing. 
Tom Sargent appears to have jumped on this. Yeah, you can see that quite rightly. I mean, orcs that could handle it, you know, their own in the 30k would be really cool and great to see on the board, I think. Um, the other thing that caught my eye was uh, somebody using the, the what are they called? The, the, the land speeders. This is on was on Crusade and Heresy. So they know the, the sort of cockpitized Forge World land speeder. Uh, the Tempest. Tempest. Yeah, and basically using them as count as javelins. I was like, oh yeah, probably as expensive, probably even more so. But yeah, they actually look pretty cool. I think they, they look yeah. a little bit more robust than the javelin. Yeah, because they've got um, the um, they've got the missile launcher already. I was built into the flanks, isn't it? Which yeah. Is inside, but yeah. There was a um, talking about the Marauder bomber, which ties in nicely with Greg's article. Um, there's a YouTube video on somebody doing a paint scheme for them, um, which was which looks pretty good. Um, how to build and paint a Marauder bomber. So um, I shared the link there, but it looks pretty cool. Uh, I'm trying to think who it's actually from. The tabletop, but yeah, that Marauder bomber when you see it in the flesh is something else. Um, what else did I see? Uh, oh yeah, there's a handy link on Mournival events which tells you all of the fan-made stuff and who's doing what. So if you want to find out, for example, who's covering off something like Solar Auxiliary, um, you can. It's an easy thing. You know, they're doing that. Um, other people are doing other areas like militia, for example, um, and the uh, Australian orc people are doing the orcs and stuff like that, or the Xenos. So, yeah, a good little way of working out what made stuff's around. And that was it. Those are the things that kind of caught my eye. Nice. So I, I had added onto the list the Battlefleet Heresy uh, oh, yeah. PDF release, um, which got released. And There's a further discussion about that later on. Um, with the guys that did it and it's just the coolest thing um, you know, I, I really want to make a use of it if I can yeah, yeah for like the first night at Company of Legends for people um, if they've got fleets and stuff to be used there I think there's still an aspiration isn't there to have a an event where you know you have a sort of fleet action leading into a landing action leading into a you know Age of Darkness but this certainly makes it more much easier because the lesions all get rules um they will get sort of fleshed out a bit in it um you know it it, it makes it more practical rather than doing it with sort of classic bfg mm. um, yeah you don't necessarily have the uh, individuality of the different sort of shi- uh, fleets within it um, which I thought was really cool, but yeah, it's it's super cool. Um, we'll put a link in it because I said there's a chat with me and um, Austin and Steve and two of the guys that have put it together. Nice, yeah. very cool. And that's it from the Orbish Scanner this month. If you want to obviously send us any feedback or want to talk about anything, just drop us a line. Indeed. Okay. Awesome. So what we'll do now is we'll slip into uh, Chris's interview about Alfie Harrison and facts. Hi guys, and it's Chris here. I have the great pleasure of being joined 
by two guys I want to talk to for a while, actually. It's Austin and Stephen from the Remembrances uh, Retreat podcast. I'll let you guys say hello. Hi there. Hi. You'll have to introduce yourselves as to who's who, just so listeners who haven't heard you guys before. Oh, uh, sure. No, who is who? So, Austin, you are voice number one, which is... That, that's me. That's Hi, you. hello. And Stephen is voice number two. That's me. Hello. Yay. Perfect. Thank you very As much. As you were saying, we're just lost without somebody with <laughs> ability. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just yeah, we were just discussing a minute ago that basically they've got Jesse, we have Michael, uh, and the three of us are the talent. Um, so this is a this is a new uh, uh, a new idea, a new concept, certainly from my point of view of, of doing it sort of freehand. Um, yeah, so supervised. Yeah, that's it. I, I'm expecting to get something on Messenger or WhatsApp at some point saying make sure you behave or something like that just to you know <laughs> sign <keep it>. management <laughs> yeah basically yeah It'll, it, it's bound to happen at some point um so yeah and the reason we're that, that I've, I've i've kindly guys these guys join us is because i wanted to talk to them about battlefleet heresy which is the sort of homebrew rules for battlefleet gothic that they have uh, very kindly spent the time and effort to put out into the world um so guys, just going to start with you guys, really. So um, I take it as listeners will, who haven't listened to you, you guys are both um, Heresy players as well? Correct. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, so uh, big time. So your legions, if I may, because that's always an important question. So a good judge of character time. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I play um, the worst legion, Word Bearers. That's fine. That's that's, my, that's, not... that's my main legion, and I have uh, an Iron Warriors force as well. Well, that's a disappointing turn of events. It went. It was so good, uh, <laughs> and then it went so bad so quickly. Would that's... it Would it make you feel better if the force had three infantry models and everything else was dreadnoughts? It wouldn't. Badly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Stephen. You're gonna have to leave. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, no, it's, not, right. it's not that bad. It's. it's <laughs> I, I, I'm a fists player, so no matter how many Iron Warriors models there are, it's too Oh, many. I see. I see. Yeah. Any any number of Iron Warriors. Yeah. We're, exactly. We're people hating on his word bearers. This is... Yeah, yeah no, I... I of, uh, yeah. So, uh, my brother, who also does the show with us, he is also an Iron Warriors player. And basically, there's really an episode that goes by, probably much to our listeners' annoyance, where we're not sniping at each other about those sort of the 7th and the 4th Legions. So See, my, my favorite is, oh, you play fists? Cool. Someone else who remembers the Iron Cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gets brought up a lot. It gets brought up an awful lot. And oh. my rebuttal always is, we won the one that mattered. So, uh, Well, I'll be happy to fill in for him. <laughs> Fair enough. That's cool. As the conversation progresses. <laughs> and then uh, yourself, Stephen? Oh, that was Stephen. Sorry, yeah, no, I'm sorry, Austin. Sorry, I do apologize. You know, I've got no worries. Voice. We'll have the the tech guys edit it out later. Yeah, exactly. Fine. Um, so I play the best Legion, uh, the sixth, uh, Space Wolves. Yeah. Um, but I also have a deep and long lasting love affair with the Imperial Militia, to the tune of five separate armies. Very nice. That, that is a deep. That is a deep commitment to 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 any militia, or any army whatsoever. So have you got a variety of sort of themes? Is it sort of a couple infantry, a couple tank heavy, that sort of thing? Or um, everything's sort of crazy. I've got one that's sort of World War One themed, uh, the twenty fourth. That's 
that's the one that most people, if you come to any of our events or at Nova, that's the one that I bring out a lot. Uh, I have another one that's Survivors of a Dark Age. Everybody in Rhinos, uh, everybody in uh, faux power armor. Uh, the theme is kind of like there's one knight in the list, and those guys are like his personal minions that okay. clear away everything not worth his time. Uh, then that's I've what got, this is there for, isn't it? I mean, that's oh, the yeah, thing. Exactly, exactly. That's the whole well, point. That blowing up Dreadclaws. Oh, yeah. Yep. That, yeah. Yep. Uh, then I've got a traitor militia army um, loosely patterned on the Sons of Sec uh, that I've sort of repurposed. It was an old guard army. Uh, then I've got a, another militia army that's Beastmen for the Abhuman Helots, and that's been a lot of fun. That's actually the first one I've painted with nothing but contrast paints, and it's been wild. Oh, nice. And then I've got another one building that's Napoleonics, so it's actually um, some of the plastic like Warlord miniatures, yep. the Hanoverians that are always on sale. I picked up like 150 of them for 50 bucks, which was insane. Yeah, that's you, you can't argue with that. With, with sort of that 25 sort of cents, I guess, a, a model. Yeah, it's so, wild. Yeah, um, and I've been I built a, I built some of them and have been slowly acquiring las guns because naturally I can't leave them alone. So I've been putting little yeah. las gun tips on the end of the the muskets that they're carrying to make them actually sci-fi and give them little grenades and stuff. However, it is remarkably difficult to find 150 lasgun tips. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Don't That's... worry, moon my sketcher. I, I got a... I gotta, uh, oh, and then I got a demon army as well. Forgot, a, forgot about that. Uh, I see. Yeah, everyone's new favorite army, the demon army. Uh, it's just so much fun to convert. Like All, yeah. all the models are just completely random. It's great. Yeah. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, so, that's good. so you guys also do the Remembrances Retreat podcast. So you guys have been doing that what a couple of years, two, three years uh, about now, three, about four yeah. years. Yeah, I think you guys Ooh, started actually roughly wow. the same sort of time we did. Yeah, which Man, is um, yeah, three cool. years. It sure doesn't feel like three years. <laughs> no, yeah, it, 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 it flies by really quickly. <laughs> yeah, when uh, when you don't have to edit anything, it's just yeah. <laughs> He's probably got a few more gray hairs now than he did three years ago. That he certainly know. does. He, he definitely does. Yeah, <laughs> but also a magnificent beard to make up for it. So. Oh, okay, that's it. Blends it in. You can't yeah. tell if it's just because he's getting older or if it's our fault. I, I think you probably have to accept that it's probably half and half. Mm, we'll certainly yeah. blame you, Stephen. <laughs> well, I mean, why stop now? <laughs> so there's you guys. There's you've got kind of like a mini collective. There's quite a lot of you involved in that, isn't there? Yeah, there's um I think the first episode we did we had I think every single one of us tried to be on it. Yeah. So we made a had a, a talking cast of about twelve people and then um since then it's kind of we kinda of rotate in and out throughout the months, yeah. uh based on, you know, who's available and, and who can record. And um then we kinda Jason, Pat and Dave, who used to be part of our main cast, kinda went off to do the heresy grad school series yeah uh, kind of more to their like style of uh like investigative history sort of and then recently austin and i kind of split off although we're still on the main cast fairly yeah. regularly we went to go do uh, lost transmissions because we love spaceships so much mm-hmm. which is good because otherwise this would be a this is going to be a very short interview otherwise <laughs> yeah <laughs> indeed 
no i've really been enjoying those last transmissions actually um last few weeks they've been really good just sort of having them on while i've been painting my my, my ships that's been really good awesome yeah. um so yeah let's so let's as we've discussed spaceships let's get into what we're here to talk about so battlefleet gothic um is sort of the the basis of this whole conversation i suppose this is a, a game that sadly games workshop stopped i think seven six seven years ago now uh 2010 was when 2010 oh even long, yeah, oh, even longer than i'm thinking yeah so yeah, yeah it, it held out of the models for a couple of years after yeah. that but 2010 was the official we're not doing anything for it anymore yeah and the, th- the thing I like about BFG is that the community for it, it you know, it, it has kept it like really alive. It's like you put yeah, Malphite Gothic into Facebook, there's sort of half a dozen Facebook groups with it. Yeah, um, the only community that holds on to a dead game harder is the fantasy community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, the, yeah. the epic guys could also give it a run for their money, but yeah, the Battlefield Gothic. Epic. That's like Warmaster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, I don't want to lose my, my epic listeners, you know. <laughs> that's epic that's is, god's, is god's scale and uh, hey you're right i mean i got me some epic now uh, it's getting painted yeah. i'm converting him slowly it's like i did with bfg he'll come around okay, it's he'll true. Get i, I only got into bfg because austin would exist he was there i kind of <laughs> he didn't get me into it but he was the only person i knew of that might be able to like play it with me sure and turns out i was right he did he was able to <laughs> Here we are now, five or six years later. Yeah, that's it. And you guys are, are doing good work in the in the wider community with it. So this is spaceships, basically. This is the uh, Imperial uh, Navy, Chaos, Orcs, Space Marines uh, did have a separate fleet, mm-hmm. Tau, Necrons, Eldar. Yep. Um, in its original sort of, uh, concept, although sort of, I know like, Tau and things came out t- towards the end of the um the run of it but this is spaceships beating the hell out of each other at short to medium distance unless something's gone very wrong basically well short being a relative term (laughs) centimeters is roughly the space or is roughly the distance from earth to the moon yeah yeah but uh, i suppose when you think about you know at that scale that is relatively short yeah i mean it's still quote-unquote knife fighting range (laughs) yeah my god i can see him as a point of light yeah. So yes. Like, oh, yeah, we're, yeah. Real, we're really close. Yeah. What do you mean bombers are incoming? Yeah. They'll be here in about three hours. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, great. But no, so yeah, that was the so yeah, the whole idea originally was big spaceships taking chunks out of each other, unleashing weapons that sort of couldn't even comprehend by sort of what we have uh, in sort of in real life uh, terms. These are you know. Gun ports are the size of, sort of mega story buildings, aren't they? And things like that. Yeah, I think Austin puts it best when he describes a weapons battery firing a Volkswagen bug at a fraction of the speed of light. <laughs> That's yeah. a or, or for you Titanicus guys, a Warlord Titan's main guns are small secondary armaments. Yeah, yeah. And that puts it into some context for for everyone who plays Titanicus going, oh, I thought I was the big guys. No, you guys oh, aren't. No, you are near <laughs> ants to a god. Yeah, basically. And that's that's just the basic weaponry. That's before we get onto the the you know the, the true no terrible stuff that some of them yeah. And, uh, it's true. It's uh yeah, it's it's big it's it's big little scale. Um I suppose the best way to sort of to phrase it, I guess. But 
yeah, so this is a game that was out for sort of, yeah, 11 years, sort of end of the 90s, it sort of came out with just the Space Marines and Chaos. I can't remember if Orcs came out. Uh, it was Imperial Navy and Chaos, yeah. and then Eldar and Orcs, Orcs, Orcs were and Eldar. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. extremely close behind. Um, so yeah, we just we just had had them, and then sort of a few more of the other fleets came in. So Necrons uh, came along, and also the Tau. Um, I don't know. Mid, if, oh yeah, of course Tyranids. Yeah, no, I, Tyranids. Yeah, but it, it got. They don't ever come into my thoughts. It got kind of esoteric there at the end because there there was a Mechanicum fleet for the longest time. Yeah, or Rogue uh, Trader fleet, Rogue Traders, like stuff you don't really even see. Well, up until fairly recently in the the main game, there were fleets yeah. for crazy they were sort of they were drawing on everything they had sort of they could at that point i think just to sort of flesh out yeah you know. it's it actually it's kind of funny now to think about it um as they say history is a wheel uh if you look at kind of the end times how everything went nuts and they just threw out every idea they had into those end time books it definitely seems like that's what happened close to the very end of Battlefleet Gothic's lifespan. It was like, who? Uh, rogue traders, yeah. whatever. Throw them in there. It's, just it's, do it. Just go crazy. Just take that post it off the wall. Yeah, turn that into yep. a into a rule set. Away you go. Mm-hmm. And, and someone will do some miniatures for it. It's fine. Yep. But, um, yeah, so, then, so there were uh, the original rules. And then we had a, sort of a rule change in it as well. Um, so originally it was mostly guest range, wasn't it? Especially sort of Nova cannons were guest range. Uh, you couldn't pre-measure yes, yeah. before you actually fired. So you didn't really have to guess your range for your weapons batteries. You had to kind of do some head math to figure out if you were in yeah. range. Yeah, you had to um, keep... But the Nova Cannon was always a kind of a, a whole separate beast. Yeah. So a lot of people spending time looking at sort of third centimeter rulers before they go to bed, working out exactly how long that is <laughs> so they can memorize it. For the, sort of playing the game the next day with their friends or whatever. Yeah, doing just... doing quick trigonometry, like put your elbow on the table, like <laughs> thinking really hard. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just having convenient sort of tattoos down your forearm as to uh, to what length is what. You know, do I need to extend my little finger to get to the extra bit? That sort of thing. <laughs> I'm not saying it's ever happened, but I'm sure it has at some point. Someone, some. Somewhere has gone. Yeah, no one noticed this this conveniently striped jumper that I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, what's your arm doing across the table there, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reaching for that thing, the thing that you can't see. You know, it's Man, definitely there. You're real good but, at Nova cannons. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to touch your model. I do apologise the fact that it's now half an inch closer than it was. It's just uh, just coincidence. But, it's a um, gentleman's game. We, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're expected to uphold a certain level of decorum. Uh, as you should with all miniature games. It doesn't, yes. uh, it doesn't happen games. very well. But, but, uh, uh, but Battlefleet Gothic is, yeah. is uh, the gentleman's game among gentlemen's game. And not the least reason being that it's measured in centimeters. Yeah, exactly. None of that. It's true. We don't know what those mean, but we've been <laughs> assured that they're a measuring system and uh, we do our best. Yeah, well, yep. you know, you can know... You could always break it down to you know two and a half centimeter sections for you. That's fine. Then I'd have to turn in my monocle. <laughs> Shave off that mustache, turn in the hat. Yeah, that's it. There's a bowler hat that you've been sort of uh, sort of carrying around that I have to go back in the box and, and mm-hmm. forgotten. You got a license for that? <laughs> 
So yeah, so we had so then they changed the so the Nova Cannon changed from being guest range to then being sort of scattered in there at some point. I don't yes. know when exactly. Uh, I think that was in the twenty the twenty ten episode. Yeah, yeah. They finally, because they they put it out uh, in one of the magazines. I think it's like an optional rule, and uh, when they passed off like GW official specialist games, they handed it over to a group called the High Admiralty um, as sort of the official rules keepers and gurus and uh, i think it was them that made the official hey we're moving to guess ray or to uh scatter die as sure. standard that's what everybody uses now that's what now I, I was listening to one of the old shows that i that, that there this is contentious i understand as, as to, to to which system should be used I'm, amongst you guys i'm still partial to the old guess range system um but I find that people's people's interest in uh, guess range weapons drops off dramatically uh, if they've been around from like fifth edition onward. Yeah. Like if if you're some poor old nerd that's been playing since like third edition or Rogue Trader, you're like, oh yeah, guess range weapons, those are fun, and I'm like, oh, pretty good at it. And then you know people that are not not even new to the hobby anymore because it's been forever. Yeah, uh, but they're just like, what do you mean I have to know this completely arbitrary skill to be any good at this? This is dumb. <laughs> and it takes forever. And just roll a scatter die. God, yeah, I just, I just yeah. want to roll a dice. I don't want to have to think about it. You know, that's yeah. Yeah. Yes, we've uh, there was some there was some debate in the in the chambers uh, <laughs> of the Battlefleet Heresy uh, editors' room, and, <laughs> auditing uh, committee. Just you know, yeah. Yeah, Which eventually, way are we go? eventually Austin was outvoted by way of baseball bat. <laughs> it it, it is always a good race. way to make decisions. You uh, know. Yeah. You know, hopefully the bruises of, of you know, at least it wasn't like a bag of potatoes or something, because that really would have. <laughs> well, the the worst confrontation we had was uh, we just settled it with knives. We just compl- we just cut our arms one after another until one of us backed out. So we always have the scars of that. Okay, well that's remind us. That is just a, was that over who was going to bring the coffee? You know, that sort of thing? Cause I, feel I think like it was whether or not we were even going to include the Imperial Fists in the rule set. Well, <laughs> that's, you know, that's absolutely fine. And, and certain bloodletting fits, <laughs> the, fits the Legion. After, so After fall, we were just like, man, these guys don't know how to fight in space. Just get rid of them. Cut them yeah, out. That's, what, that's why we have a massive space station, because basically space can revolve around us. That's right. As they say, ship is a fool to fight a space station. Yeah, that's it. You know, winners by default. Exactly, that's the only way to do it. Um, so what was I going to say? Oh, I've got now brain gone. So yes, yeah, so, uh, Battlefleet Gothic. You have uh, different class of ships going from the big cruisers, sort of gigantic, sort of city long, almost you know, small. Um, sort of Luxembourg length uh, <laughs> cruisers of the Emperor class and things like that going all the way down to the, I say itty bitty, but even then, you know, a, a Cobra, which I think is probably one of the smallest models in the, in the game is still a fairly sizable. Um, like a kilometer. Yeah. 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 That's not, not to be messed with. Uh, it's always yeah. funny when you look on the um, uh, fantasy sort of spaceship size comparison pictures that are out there. And there's like there's the Starship Enterprise, and then there's the Emperor class taking up right. a, a, a quarter of the page. 
of, yeah, of that image. I think it's roughly uh, like the the quintessential Star Wars versus Warhammer kind of a thing. The Star Destroyer, the big, huge Imperial battleship, oh, yeah. is roughly escort sized <laughs> Imperial Navy. Yeah. So one less thing, you know, they can bring all the Death Stars they like. They're not going to hurt. Yeah, it's just like, oh, cool! You knocked off a void shield. Our turn. <laughs> yeah, let me launch this thing at you. It's called an over cannon. <laughs> what do you mean the death? The Death Star's gone. <laughs> <laughs> now we have to build a third one. Oh, for God's sakes! Nope, nope, dropped that. Well, that's gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> that that will happen. As Michael also will in our show, we'll paint while recording. So often we'll hear this thing sort of disappear somewhere and just hear this muttering of, of oh god where's that gone and things like that so <laughs> it's not an unusual sound to our listeners of something disappearing into the background um so yeah so let's get into sort of the reason why i sort of want to talk to you and that's battlefleet heresy which is the which is your creation that's not the creation it's your creation um and this is a sort of fleet list and sort of guidance for how to play Battlefleet Gothic in a heresy setting and laying out the sort of um, ships that you can sort of use in the collections. Mm-hmm. Um, and then guidance, of, as we've said, the legions as well. So what was the um, the driving force? What was the, what came, what was prompted the idea? So um, I've, I've always enjoyed Battlefleet fleet gothic i bought it when it first came out it was like my my first like little kid hundred dollar purchase yeah uh, was the starter box and uh moved out to la after college met some great nerds there um got them into battlefleet gothic uh, and then 30k came out and we were playing like eight and 12 person campaigns of battlefleet gothic and 30k seemed awesome yeah uh, except it was all Forge World at the time, and I couldn't actually talk anybody into it. Like, there yeah. was one one buddy that had 30K models, and uh, poor me on my very, very tiny, at the time, government salary, he was like, oh, God, I can't afford, you know, to buy 80 Forge World Space Marines to make a list. Um, but it would be really cool if we could do the spaceship battles, because, you know, in the the books they're talking about them and i knew like the iconic from before heresy had models and all of these black books space fights you know and it just seemed awesome so i started tinkering um with rules for the various legions and started doing a little bit of research as to what ships were around in the heresy uh because in battlefleet gothic the the blue book the main the main rule book they talk about all the chaos ships being older than the Imperial Navy ships. Uh, and then in the, the, the books that Joey W was putting out for the heresy, there were, you know, swords and lunars and ships that yeah. up until the moment they came out in print weren't supposed to be around. So that was really <laughs> interesting to me. In, in, in um, good old Games Workshop style. Yeah, this this was the thing. This was always yeah. a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, in 10,000 years, when you burn whole sections of your main archives because somebody somewhere told you to, 
lot of stuff gets lost yeah. <laughs> when i when i write narrative for our events i rely on that fact very heavily yeah right like you can't be wrong of course it <laughs> happened at some point this is there's definitely a million, a there's a million planets and ten thousand years of history obviously it happened somewhere um, so <laughs> i I kind of was tooling around with it, like showed it to a couple of my buddies out there. And they're like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. But like we were playing actual Battlefield Gothic and then we yeah. moved on to Epic. And so it kind of went back into my my box of half finished ideas uh, Then I came to Richmond and met the guys. Uh, RVA 30K just sort of coalescing at that point because, you know, they had the plastic heresy stuff out. So everybody's playing heresy and it was great. Uh, but I am a sucker for old specialist games. <laughs> like I, I have like six epic armies. I you know, just mad madness, madness. Sure. Really. Um, and I was kind of getting that itch to play Battlefleet Gothic again. And I was trying to talk a couple people into it. And then Steven uh, was one of my main targets. <laughs> it was like, hey, Steven. Uh, yeah, Battlefleet Gothic. It's a thing. It's cool. It's a gentleman's game. It's exciting. There's spaceships and lasers. Now, and, things, are uh, you suggesting that he is susceptible to suggestion? Is this the thing? A little I'm bit. Not yes. not susceptible. <laughs> I mean, he he suddenly owns an epic army. <laughs> okay, he suddenly bought a lot of Battlefleet Gothic from somewhere, and yeah. certainly has. Um, and then I was like, hey, you know, I I have these rules, uh, for fighting Battlefleet gothic and the horus heresy and then that would be cool and we could play that and like tie it into our 30k campaigns and events mm-hmm. and it would be exciting and he was like oh man that sounds awesome it's like oh yeah you know here you go uh we played a game and he was hooked and he was like you know we should really like you know have firm this up like hash this out like if we'd had rules for most of the legions yeah it bears uh, noting that at one point i asked austin about playing Battlefleet Gothic Heresy, and okay. he was like, "Yeah, I found this fleet list," and he yeah, sent so was, it to me. And so I was looking at it. Yeah, so I've noticed. Yeah, I was going to say because I heard I heard this story on your on your first episode. I was I was going to bring it up. I'm glad you have. So I'll let you guys tell the the story of how the actual rules. Yeah. Are. So weirdly, um, I've discovered, especially when you don't know a group of gamers. I mean, I I'd known Stephen well at this point. Um, if you're trying to bring homebrew stuff into your like little gaming sphere and you're not already kind of the guy that people know is good at that, you get a lot more traction. If you're just like, Hey, I found this thing on the internet, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. And also like, I, I'm, just as, I'm, just as, <laughs> I'm just as guilty of it as anybody else. Right. You find something on the internet and you're like, Oh God, yeah, this looks kind of cool. I'll give this a go. The thing but is if, if you, if you put it in your cloud, then technically you're not lying. So you know. it's true. It, it was on my Google Drive. Um, so I was just like, yeah, you know, this is on the internet. People on the internet. It's not just my fever dream. Let's no. give it a go. Of course, it was my fever dream. <laughs> I didn't discover uh, that until maybe a whole year later. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we started doing it. We played a little bit, and then you know, like you do. You play a game for a little bit, especially yeah. a specialist game. You start going to other stuff, and we started. I think about the same time we started uh, the Remembrance Retreat podcast. So you know, that was eating up a lot of time. And Steven had been like, "Hey, send me all the rules." I'm like, "Here you go." Like, 
And yeah, I confess. I thought I figured. Well, if this isn't like stuff that, because I tried to find the actual thing that Austin <laughs> sent me. I was like, huh, you tried no, to find I the things you found on the internet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I tried to find the thing that he quote unquote found on <laughs> the internet, and I couldn't. So I didn't feel bad about like adding to it. Oh. I, think, I think you didn't sort of confront him at any point. You weren't like, so what website was this No, I think it on? just kind of came out. He was like, yeah, I wrote those. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think actually, so so I gave it to him. And, you know, we started doing some other stuff. And uh, then Stephen, you know, Stephen, every once in a while, would ask me a question about things, uh, especially with, like, some of the, the Legion rules that hadn't been fleshed out yet. Because, you know, I'd been playing for forever, and he was fairly new to BFG. Sure. Uh and he's asking me, you know, some stuff like, well, what about I found something about this ship that looks like it was heresy legal or like this one that isn't that we thought might have been. Uh, and it had been a while. Like, I think it was a full year. Uh, so, yeah, when, I mean, that's a long time to sort of start something sort of in the back of your mind, kind of. Well, it had been a full year for me, kind of half paying attention. Yeah. Uh, Stephen had been apparently hard at work because one day he sends me a link and it's the complete list of every single ship that's in Battlefleet Heresy, a complete list of all the ones that aren't in Battlefleet Heresy and like his official rationale for why they're not. Sure. Um, all the Legion rules are suddenly 100% fleshed out, just like all of this stuff. My little like two page document that I handed him is suddenly like 30 pages. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh, hey, you did great stuff. You like, you did an awesome job. Like, you know, kind of fleshing out uh, my rules there. And he's like, you're, you're what? I'm like, oh yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> did, did, did he start the email with, I found this thing on the internet? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I should have done. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. I, I would have actually completely blamed one of my other nerd buddies. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> So yeah, uh, he did that, and at that point, I was like, "Well, shit, we've we've got to make this happen." Yeah, <laughs> the doors uh, are open, the horses so, are out. So, yeah, when it, so, so over that year, was it sort of a, a complete sort of not all encompassing, but was it a real sort of driving thing for you to do during that, or was it sort of like, oh, it's just a pop in, pop out kind of thing? So part of what it was is that um, I travel for work. Yeah. And I went out of town to uh, West Virginia. And it was supposed to be like two or three weeks in West Virginia, doing out there, working, etc. It ended up being seven months. Okay. And there was – where I was working was ten stories under the ground at a power plant. So there's no internet there. Right, yeah. Uh, so I had nothing except like all the all the books that I had downloaded onto my phone and this Google Drive doc that I just had nothing but time to sit there and edit because <laughs> at the time I wasn't uh, so competent in my job that people were just sending me off to parts of the plant to go do work in. I mostly just kind of shadowed somebody else. Sure. Uh, and when we were when we had downtime, I wasn't like doing any of the administrative stuff. I basically just sat there with nothing else to do. Uh, so Battlefleet Heresy started taking shape, um, and before that, I worked for uh, the state of Virginia and had a lot of downtime there, just sitting mm-hmm. there 
in this government job, just like, hmm, well, I've got nothing to do. May as well use citizens' taxpayers to do this. Well, I hope no one from Virginia is listening to this at any point. And, cause, you know. It's fine. They know by now. Okay. If, if somebody from Virginia is listening to this, surely they'll think it a better spending of their tax dollars than a lot of other things. <laughs> Indeed. You're probably so, not wrong. It, it was mostly uh, a lot of boredom went into it. A lot of boredom, rather, was the driving factor. But I've yeah. said it before. I'm kind of a uh, a hobby rodent. And if you give me soft material, <laughs> then I will just burrow and nest and dig and write and build and paint until next thing you know, you look back in the enclosure and I'm just you, nested. You have a fortress monastery, basically, of, huh. of yeah. nest. Yeah. Nice. I've, uh, if you don't stop me, it just keeps going. Okay. That's, uh, at least I, I now know someone I need to, if I need, ever need a problem solved. Uh, oh no 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 no! I can't solve problems. <laughs> <laughs> if I only the heresy problem solved, uh, none of this focus is productive <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. It no, cannot be monetized. Enough. It cannot be weaponized. <laughs> nothing. That's fair enough. That's absolutely fair. <laughs> Sorry, so yeah, I'll let you guys continue. So, um, so but, the, the end of the first year, the end of the first year, and then you yeah. sort of returned it end of the first year sent it all back to austin with like a hey check this out what do you think about it yeah no no warning really <laughs> uh, just this thing appearing in your inbox kind of thing yeah uh and it was awesome and a little crazy um and just like like all right well now we we can do this so we started getting a couple of our other buddies uh that were also playing or had BFG fleets at one point or could be talked into it. We very fortuitously, uh, our friendly local game store had somebody drop off just like a metric ton of Battlefleet Gothic stuff. Wow. It was like 20 or 30 ships. Jeez. Like capital ships, not even yeah. capital mm -hmm. escorts. Yeah. Uh, so we like kind of parceled those out and like gentlemen deals to a bunch of other nerds to kind of like, you know, sow the seeds of Battlefleet Gothic. <laughs> Uh, started doing a little playtesting with them. Uh, although I'm not entirely sure if they realized they were playtesting. I think they thought they were just <laughs> playing the rules. But, but uh, in that sort of situation, that's kind of what you want, isn't it? Because surprise! Then, yeah, right? <laughs> like, you held right this thing. But uh, I think if you've yeah, already you already told them, you would have got different results. Play testing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, we just started hammering and hammering and hammering about, you know, fine-tuning Legion rules, figuring out, like, what else we want to add into it. The the attack craft rules that we use. Because um, one, of, one of the things that I, I personally really liked, and is another one of my inventions that got playtested a lot when I was in L.A., yeah. um, is the original rules for carriers in Battlefleet Gothic are just reload ordnance, launch your tokens, do that until you roll doubles. Uh, and the interactions are just kind of my token removes your token. Sure. Which leads to, in, in the Battlefleet Gothic, to fleets like Tau, which can bring all carriers, bring a bunch of carriers, sit them as far away from the other guy as possible, pump out attack craft, and overwhelm you. Yeah, just it's, uh, it's not playing the game, it's, it's sort of playing just to win, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's playing the rules yeah. more than the game. Um, so one of the things that I started doing was went to 
the only two books GW has ever written fluff-wise just about spaceship combat, Execution Hour and Shadowpoint, which luckily the kind of protagonist ship uh, is a carrier, an Imperial carrier, kind of mathed out how many squadrons they had on board. Uh, That number turned out to be about three times... They could, they could launch a full wave from their base about three times, and then they'd have to wait for ships to come, like fighters to come back, right? To re- refresh. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, carriers, they have three times the amount of attack craft as they have launch bays, and if you keep it so that those ships live, great. You can just keep piling them out, but you can't have more than three three X on the table, and once they start dying, you run out. Uh, which I thought was really cool for a couple of reasons. One, it got rid of the dumb infinite attack craft, or conversely, the the initial FAQ for for it the PFG did was you could have your number of launch bays and attack craft out at once. Yeah. Which also struck me as kind of dumb because all right, I've launched my fighter screen to protect me. All right, well now I want to watch launch bombers, so all my fighters have to come back, and suddenly I have no defensive screen. You know. So I felt this struck a nice balance. Um, it's also fun because you have to figure out your mix before the game starts. Yeah. So, you know. Nothing is, you can't waste anything either. Yeah. Like, you know, you're no it, longer throwing a pile of bombers at something on the off chance one will hit. And uh, especially late game, it gets really interesting. Because instead of doing kind of the the perfect attack craft wave to go deal with a certain threat, you look at it and go, all right, well... I've only got two bomber squadrons left and a fighter and a Thunderhawk. And um, we're just going to have to try and make this work. Which I think is cool. But yeah. if there's still enough attack craft that if you're not, you know, if you're kind of smart about it, you're never going to actually run out. It, like I said, it, it's a more sort of thematically accurate way of, of doing it as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it reminded me a lot of like the, the World War II battles where, you know, sometimes that happened. A carrier would be, oh yeah, we we all of our bombers are off, yeah. like trying to attack that ship, and we got nothing else to go mm. attack that one. Or hey, three quarters of our attack craft were destroyed in the last, you know, hour. Uh, well, launch the five that came back. And we'll <laughs> hope, hope for the best. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'm sure. I'm sure at least one will come back. That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, so we started like messing with all of that, and then I found the lovely uh, warp rift article that had actual stats for all the attack craft, which I really enjoyed because then it wasn't just token removes token, put all of that into our book. This is the, this is the warp rift 33. I think you guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Warp rift 33 has the rules. And then for us, what we're calling H 33 now, heresy 33 is a mix of mine and then theirs for how the fighters and stuff interact with each other. And then we added in sort of the 30K attack craft that weren't already in their list because they didn't, you know, the Fire Raptor didn't exist back then. No. Uh, and just, you know, hammering out the playtesting and lots more rules writing and thinking and writing and thinking and writing. Uh, and that was probably little, little tweaks as you go along that sort of nothing, nothing major, I guess. Yeah. 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 Nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, apart from the alternating activation thing, sure. uh, which is a little crazy, but surprisingly was, 
it, it's weirdly so obvi- obviously activate alternating activation bfg like 30k is i go you go traditionally yeah. um but our buddy dave who is in love with Adeptus Titanicus and all things alternating activations, was like, hey, have you ever found rules for alternating activation Battlefleet Gothic? And I said, no, but uh, I can give it a shot. And again, tax dollars at work. I had a slow (laughs) day at the office. (laughs) That's where the best ideas come from. Right? Uh, Literally just sort of wrote them all out I think it took me about two days to write it all out and make it flow in a way that normal people could understand my thoughts. So I think also because our Star Wars Armada, that does alternating. Yeah. So when I was looking at it for you guys having here, it was a bit more fresh because that's kind of what the game I had played to fill my Battlefleet Gothic void of big spaceships with my friends because some of them had sort of got involved with Armada. So so now we can sort of do that in heresy. It'll make a little bit more sense for them, hopefully. And yeah, Titanicus, which are, there's a weird correlation, I think, in the rules between Titanicus and Battlefleet Gothic. It's sort of the system of, of the way you do things, which is yeah, good. they've it kind of. I, I, th- I think they copy and pasted. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that actually, I, I borrowed how Titanicus works uh, into trying to make. Battlefleet Gothic, an alternating activation system. And this is probably the one part of the whole book that got edited the least. Um, not because it didn't get playtested. It, it got playtested a good amount. Yeah. But just through happy circumstance, it all seemed to work exactly as I had in my mind. That was clearly yeah, a good, uh, a good quiet there. Instances of just like, hey, you got this right on the first try. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, like every every time somebody played it, uh, I was like, "All right, well here here it is. They're going to finally find the thing that doesn't make <laughs> any sense, and I'll be able to fix it." Like you said, we spent you know two years fixing Battlefleet Heresy, and there really wasn't ever anything that came mm-hmm. out. So yeah, for was it. anybody was listening, it. <laughs> play and figure out what's wrong with it because <laughs> apparently it's good to go something has to be wrong with it it's never that easy i said you, you know you're a true craftsman when you're not happy with you know the finished thing you want there to be a problem with it that's really part of what it was as far as like constantly refining battlefleet heresy it was like well this seems cool yeah. Ooh, but i could add this and then a few <laughs> weeks later oh you know what i should change this yeah and then just on and on and on and on Every every new book GW put out that had space, you know, a spaceship in it, it was oh, well, we gotta figure out how to either put this in Battlefleet Heresy or change something in Battlefleet Heresy or like what what does it mean? Um, so in the in regards to the ships, so you've laid out sort of about two dozen um, sort of classes. Uh, yeah, 20, 23, 24 yeah. quote unquote heresy legal vessels. Yeah. So, so when you were coming at this, was it just sort of going through the sort of the novels, the black books, or were there a few where you just thought, no, that that has to fit in somehow? So, for the most part, we we started with uh, the blue book and Armada. Uh, we yeah. looked at every ship that comprised the three fleets that we were using, because for the most part, when we when we were doing this, we tried to write as little 
or tried to make as little from scratch as we possibly could. So we didn't really create any ship classes on our own. True. Um, everything was pulled out of the blue book or out of Armada. And the first thing we did was we went through it and we read each ship and we looked at its creation date when it gave, when it, um, when it gave one light. The Despoiler is, in, interestingly enough, one of the most contentious ones that we get the most questions about. The Despoiler didn't exist until M36, which is about 5,000 years after the Heresy. So right there, yeah. out. Um, on the other hand, the Desolator, we know, predates the Imperium. So that one went in. Uh, the Emperor predates the Imperium. So that one went in. And then in instances where some ships didn't have... Um, uh, concrete creation dates, they often had instances in their fluff inserts that kind of gave us a clue as to when okay. it might have been around. Yeah. Uh, the Carnage, I think, um, is one of those where there's no creation date given for it, but it does note that the first Carnage saw action at the quote at the so-called uh, Scalathrax landing. So we know, well, Scalathrax... Uh, was trying to be the landing, according to the book, was an imperial attempt to retake Scalathrax. And we thought, okay, well, Scalathrax, we know, is the world where the Emperor's children and the world leaders were broken uh, against each other. So the Scalathrax landing probably takes place after that. And that incident took place in the Scouring, which itself was after the Heresy. So we kind of went through the mental calisthenics there and we determined, well, okay, the carnage is not heresy legal because it didn't show up until after or during the scouring. Sure. Um, and then that's we a, just that's kinda... a hell of a process for sort of 25, 25 ships or so. Oh yeah. yeah it, it, it took wild. about two years. Like yeah. Austin said, I think the longest part of making Battlefleet heresy was figuring out which ships were legal and which ships weren't. Yeah, Cause um, we, we knew that would be the biggest sort of bone of contention. Uh, with anybody that you know who's also a big fan of Battlefleet Gothic or the Horus Heresy, if we had a ship that they were like, oh, but I actually know for sure this wasn't in there, or I know for sure it was in there. Um, I suppose the thing is, unless their name is Dan Abnett, Aaron Dembski Bowden, or anyone like that, they don't know for sure. Essentially, they, yeah, they don't. But we had to make sure that they couldn't pull out a piece of fluff that contradicted us. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then some ships, some ships we didn't even really get a good like uh, feeling on until recently. Uh, the what is it? The Repulsive, for instance, we always thought was a heresy legal, uh, heresy legal ship until just recently when Eighth Edition came out, and now we get all these Eighth Edition books, uh, the Lords of Silence novel the death guard novel is actually right. the one that knocked the repulsive out of its uh its position because the lords of silence their ship the solace is a repulsive class cruiser and they mention in it that the original name of that class which i can't remember now uh wasn't commissioned until m34 three thousand years after the heresy yeah so we we're like oh well now we gotta change that <laughs> i guess uh, there goes another one yeah. yeah. Well, but it does lead into part of your question, which was um, ships that we felt had to be in the book for whatever reason. Uh, and what we did was we take the profile of an older ship, 
or of a quote-unquote illegal ship, um, but one that's pretty ubiquitous, we feel, to Battlefleet Gothic and fills a very specific need as far as gameplay and balance and fleet building. Uh, I'm going to take the Repulsive again, which was one of Chaos's heavier ships, but not quite a battleship. Uh, And we just changed the name. We kept the exact same profile, but we changed the name of the class to a ship class that we knew did exist in the heresy um, but didn't have any existing mostly, rules for it yeah. right which we yeah, pulled it, mostly it, out of black books yeah for because there, there's great especially in the fourth black book there's a great section on like the navy at the time uh, and so we didn't i guess make anything out of whole cloth uh all the ships in here that are you know like the oh lord i can't even think of a ship right now that we did it to uh, the repulsive, uh, the thunderbolt, the yeah, the thunderbolt the icon, yeah. or not the icon, the eclipse. Yeah, the eclipse. Uh, but all of these in the fluff for those ships had something to lead us to believe they would act like the ship whose stats we stole. Sure. Um, there's a there's a grounding in in sort of both rules and fluff for them to. Yeah, yeah, because like Stephen said, we wanted to make sure that. Anybody that had, you know, that dusted off their old Battlefleet Gothic fleet to play Battlefleet Heresy, all their ships would be legal. Like, sure. It, it might have to be called a different thing or, you know, have slightly different stats because uh, Battlefleet Gothic loves to have ships that look identical but with slightly different stats. Yeah. Yes, uh, it, it really does. <laughs> yeah. Even in the main rulebook, right? In, in the basic rulebook, before you even get anywhere, like all those chaos ships look identical. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, you sort of have to sort of you either get a magnifying glass out just to see if the turrets are on the top or not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, so I've got a. Um, a navy ship that i'm having to use i think is a, a, using it as a devastator because it's a it was a late night ebay purchase and it's got the same layout as the devastator but with a navy ship but with a navy ship and i was like ah oh, no i'm not gonna use this so i'm sort of just gonna have to sort of bluff it whenever anyone asks what it is it's, it's definitely a devastator yeah it's just got a slightly different bodywork to it <laughs> well it is a gentleman's game at the yeah end exactly the we, we do uh, the Battlefleet Gothic community is pretty. We find um, lenient when it comes to like what ship is what, especially yeah. because they're kind of hard to get a hold of now. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Uh, but and we did take several ships like that, that like Austin's saying. Yeah, and there's also the fact that like the the actual look of a ship, like they're all and GW said this, like they have the pictures of the ships for the Gothic sector fleet in the 41st millennium during the 13th black crusade and to compare what those ships look like to a ship from the heresy of the same class or, you know, M 35 is like saying, right. So we've got pictures of uh, all of Lord Nelson's fleet at Trafalgar. And these will be identical to every ship of the Royal Navy from about 1600 to 1900. (laughs) Uh, You know, it, it just, it's too small a snapshot. Yeah, absolutely. So you go a little crazy. Uh, you know, and if we, if we didn't, especially in sort of miniature wargaming, where would we kit bash stuff from? It's true. Exactly. <laughs> you know. And Battlefleet Gothic is such a fun kit bash yeah. game, anyway. Um, but there's, but yeah, so there was some stuff that we we didn't really 
have a profile for, but we'd stick a, a different profile onto it just to to kind of make it a little more heresy-ish. Sure, get more feel. And... Um, yeah. And then after we did that for the entire Blue Book and the entire Armada Book, we went through the 2010 Additional Ships Compendium, and we did the exact same thing. <laughs> and occasionally we'd find something in the compendium that conflicted with what we had determined in our research with the Blue Book and Armada. So we'd have to redo the whole process. We're like, okay, well, what does that mean for this? Uh, and then we started looking into we, we every single official source, yeah. or at least as close to official as you can get, either Games Workshop or the High Admiralty. Anything that they put out with ships in it, we tore it apart. Yeah, we we took. We, if you start going down that rabbit hole, otherwise you're going to end up in sort of madness town. Where... Well, eventually we did have to draw a line. We're like, okay, we got to stop at some point. And yeah. the the line ended up being drawn at, all right, anything that's not High Admiralty or Games Workshop. Yeah. Specifically those two. Those are the only sources. Yeah. And we Which did that as much to kind of... Yeah, because there's a lot of cool stuff in those books. Um, but ultimately, we, uh, we, we drew the line there both for our own sanity because we, we couldn't just keep revising the whole sure. list every time we found a new ship class no. um but because we really had no way of gauging the uh the expertise of the people who made everything that's out there for battlefleet gothic so uh, yeah, we didn't want to put in too much stuff that seemed wild yeah you'll, you'll get some guy in his sort of at home who's a big battlefleet gothic guy that really likes a particular fleet so then he'll do an army a, sort of a new ship that is better than everything else. Yeah. And, you, you know, and then skews your entire game balance really quickly. And then yep. uh, and then at the end we thought, okay, well, you know what? There's still so much stuff out there, but we don't want to completely discount it because the heresy is a big place. Yeah. So then we just took the Smotherman formula, slapped a few modifications on it, and put it in. It was like, yep, all right, build whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. So the Smotherman formula, for people that don't know, that's the process you can go through to make your own style of ships isn't it it's um, essentially the the math behind yeah. ship building yeah uh, somebody sort of in the dim, the dim history of time uh presumably a guy named smotherman i don't know, <laughs> uh, I don't if, know. if if, if it of, wasn't they wasted their time because right if it's some other different surname and they put all that effort in and they just misspelt it on the sort of the <laughs> upload then you know yeah, um, but they they went and actually broke down the math that GW used to build all their ships and all their fleets, and threw it onto the internet one day, and all the internet nerds and you know how internet nerds can be took a look yeah. at it and went, huh, well this this works, all right, we're in, and here we are. And here we are. So uh, so that's probably the most messed about with and refined and beaten to death part of the whole book this is the is the ships so you guys have added some ships these are the gloriana class um, yeah and then so these, these are the point, legion flagships yeah at some point someone asked us about glorianas they were like hey are you gonna put glorianas in the game and every just like every other thing that we've ever added to the game it started off with eh, we don't really have plans to do it and then later we thought about it and we were like but why not? <laughs> yeah, but they appear enough times in the in the novels and stuff. Yeah. So um, initially, it started off as a um, an attempt to give every legion 
a specific unique ship, kind of in the same way that uh, in 28 millimeters we all have named characters. Sure. Uh, you know, every legion has a, a couple of cool heroes they can throw down, and we thought it'd be cool to do the same thing with the ships. So for a while, it was tossed around the idea that we would maybe make some ships like that, um, like the Terminus Est for the Death Guard, and then eventually we did settle on Gloriana's. And um, so we we just kind of took some existing battleship classes. Yeah. Um, for instance, a lot of them are just battle barges. Uh, we changed. Makes sense. Yeah, we we put a, a points value on them that we thought was fair, uh, given the special rules that we gave them. Um, and we yeah, have so a few... some of these are sort of five hundred point models, aren't they? So the average yeah, cruiser is are, sort of two twenty. Two three hundred. Between 160 and 220 is about yeah, where the cruisers fall, and these are. I think the cheapest one is 365. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's a big. Uh, yeah, jump, I think it's it? the. I think it might yeah, be the pride the of the iron, emperor. Is the, the iron blood maybe? Is the cheaper one, and then I know. If you really want to go hog wild, the imperial fists, the phalanx <laughs> is over a thousand points. That seems fair. You know, it's a ramblin. Yeah, it's, it's like it's bringing a, space a warlord. Station. It's like bringing a warlord to a 28 millimeter game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. That, that's how we view the Glorianas. And that's yeah. So you've at done two point, sort of things for them, haven't you, as well? Yeah. At some point, we were like, "Hey, everybody, we put out Glorianas. It's in the it's in the fleet list now. Go hog wild." And nerds do as nerds do, and they were like, "But why isn't it like this? In this <laughs> in this particular instance, it's why are they so weak?" Yeah. Yeah. We we built the ships and i say we it was this this particular aspect was mostly steven it's a it's a royal we isn't it in that yeah yes. right yeah um but we they, they were built to be able to take in a game and be sort of worth the points that you've spent on them but not be obscenely overpowered right so something sure. you could take in like a quote friendly game and everybody would have a good time yeah nobody like, really liked that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they first like, they asked for Glorianas, and then they were unhappy Glor- that we gave the Glorianas. <laughs> yeah, but the Gloriana can't solo three battleships like it does in the book, and we're like, yeah, because that's no fun at all. But then it's we were basically like, having what? Diet Coke and Coke, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. I mean, we don't, you know, you gave us Diet Coke. This is we want original Coke. Yeah, and then we were like, all right, screw it, we'll give you original Coke, and we'll uh, put the cocaine in there as well. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> went back at it. Just remember, you asked for this. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. 11. Yeah, so we, we jacked up the profiles, uh, we doubled the whole points on most of them, gave them almost, I think all of them have 6-up armor. In most instances, at least doubled the firepower of each weapon system, but I think in a lot of them it's just tripled. Uh, so like, the, you've got the Invincible Reason just slinging 30 bombardment cannons downrange. Uh, that seems, and then we, yeah, that, that I think seems there's appropriate. About, there's about two rule two pages worth of like special rules that make them even stronger uh and those are the like all right this is if you want to use the gloriana as it's in, as it's depicted in the the books this is it don't say we didn't warn you this is what you're gonna have to do to destroy it throw yeah. everything at it <laughs> like, this is not for casual game <laughs> or, for for surprising your opponent with yeah yeah, just just roll up at your friendly game store. Yeah, I was watching your fleet. Well, I've got this 500-point monster and two other and things. It's, it's interesting you bring up the Glorianas because that's really kind of when it hit Austin and I that other people were using what we were writing. Sure. Because previously, up to that point, 
like we were mostly doing it for fun and for our friends. And then some guy on Facebook was like, hey, posted in the heresy thing. Hey, I've been using these Battlefleet heresy rules, ours. And here's my <laughs> invincible reason that I 3D printed. It's like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, that was wild. Okay, yeah, I can imagine that's that's kind of and a moment of like, did, uh, wow. The Anvils of Conor guy, not too long after that, did the Endurance. And uh, then someone pulled uh, the files for Honor McCrag's Honor out of the video game uh, yeah. and printed up that. And it's, it's just that's when it kind of hit us that like people were actually using what we were writing because I, they were I think models. you guys there's a lot of shapeways guys that probably owe you money at this point I think <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> because you know you put Gloriana into shapeways and there's about two dozen sort of versions of the different ships turning up all of various sizes and it's like I, they wouldn't they exist probably see when those were uh, uploaded to shape <laughs> yeah just just see when it was um oh yeah so that was, that was fun. yeah i mean that must have been quite a moment when you sort of you think oh this is just a small thing and then suddenly it's oh well, yeah because for our our other guy our kind of unofficial third member uh, yeah. of, the, of the writing team is dave and he's on social media way more than austin and i am sure uh, and he was like hey guys have you seen this and we're like huh what just kind of sleepily rubbing our eyes <laughs> yeah, like, yeah like someone made the invincible reason like a few more like battle fleet like people were putting up uh bfg fleets on like the bfg group that i'm in and even the battle fleet heresy groups that i that i'm in yeah. and suddenly i started seeing more fleets where it wasn't hey, this is my Imperial Navy fleet, or like, hey, this is my Imperial Navy fleet and my Chaos fleet, and I've been running a Battlefleet, like, played a Battlefleet Heresy game. It's, this is my, like, 16th Legion fleet yeah. for Battlefleet Heresy. Like, it was kind of crazy. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably, like, the first two and a half years. Uh, and then we discovered Affinity. <laughs> yep, that's that it all went downhill from there. Um, which I think Jesse was was that you yeah. found it or Jesse found it? Jesse found it. Jesse found it. He was using it to just kind of make event packets. Sure. We looked at that and went, man, you know, there's at least two people elsewhere in the world that we don't know that are doing this. <laughs> and uh, at this point, I was looking into making my own books for my demon li list uh, because the models are so not normal 40k demons yeah. that I wanted to make a little book so I could hand my opponent and say, all right, that thing on the table is this, which has the stats. There we go. Uh, so I was already kind of in the headspace of making books. Uh, and we were just like, you know what? we're going to go with it and we're going to see if we can put this into an actual book and it'll be yeah. like 30 or 40 pages and it'll be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> How many pages is it rocking at? 17, 153. 153 pages. Oh yes. Yeah. So I've got, I've got, on, I've got the PDF and obviously it, it, it it's it's got two pages to a page if that makes sense on my on my yeah 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 iPad yeah. so it's like, it's like oh yeah seventy no yeah one hundred and fifty three so it's bigger than you expected different. yeah because like I and I was looking as as we started realizing because we were like all right well you know every ship gets its own page and that's cool and then uh, the attack craft rules that's cool and we'll put in like the other you know quote like mainstream attack craft rules 
uh, and experimental ships. And then, well, it would be really cool if we had some missions to go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I looked at the old Eye of Terror Codex, um, which came out, I think, fourth edition. Uh, yeah, something right. like that. Uh, yeah, third of yeah, it must have been fourth because Chaos yeah. 3.0. Yeah, it must be fourth. It was, it was right before the plastic, or it was for the plastic Cadians, but they didn't have the models out in time since so it's at the old metal Cadian. But I looked at that, and that was like 50 pages yeah. all up. And I was just like, oh lord. Yeah. Uh, we re- I counted a Titanic, one of the Titanicus supplements. Those were about 100 pages. Yeah, they're, they're fairly lightweight on there. Yeah, they have much more pictures than we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, we, you have very few pictures. You've got like, the pictures of the ships, and that's kind of it, pretty much. Yeah, we we wanted to be uh, as minimally suable as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, so that's, like, well, that's you know, a sensible way to do it. Yeah, like, well, we'll put the the pictures out there. Those have been out in PDFs. It's not like we're uh, we don't we're not selling these rules. No. So that'll be fine. Um, but yeah, like started writing fluff inserts. Um, Steven started writing fluff inserts. It's sort of a rule of thumb. Anything next to the ships that's a fluff insert is Steven. Any random quote spread throughout the books is me. Um, Because again, like we didn't really have pictures we could add in. So we were using like those fluff somehow. Yeah, absolutely. Got the nice little sidebars and stuff and things and, and that was fun. I don't. I don't know about you, but like one of the one of the joys I have of owning a codex is to go back and like find all the little inserts, yeah. random fluff things. Uh, we've been listening to a lot of Filk. Yeah, we had discovered that somewhere down the line. <laughs> so uh, there's just tons and tons uh, of so filk. We, there's Easter just eggs a, in there. A billion Filk references in there, which is fine. <laughs> You've um, got to have something, you know. Right. Whenever you're writing some of this. And I get it with when we write our narrative for our events again. You'll either be listening to something while you're doing it, watching a program that's on in the background, and it will sneak in. Yeah, it sort of like oozes into your consciousness. Yeah, it, it, it becomes you hear the voices too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a couple of years ago. There's a I don't know you guys might know there's an English girl band called Girls Aloud. And for some reason, one of their songs really helped me when I was writing. And it was really hard not to put Girls Aloud lyrics, <laughs> s- sneaking them into the into the narrative. And none of their songs are good, but it was just really hard when I was sort of writing characters, talking to each other, just, just thinking, no, 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 I, I cannot get that in there somehow. Or sort of some perversion of their, their lyrics. So I completely, uh, sort of completely uh, sort of get on board with, with, with that happening when that you know with you guys doing that well one of the fun things is that um we've been using a lot of the filk songs that we make references to in the red book we use as the intro and outro for lost transmissions episodes and <laughs> we've had a couple jesse, of we don't people, know how to do that yeah <laughs> that's all jesse that's all that's all tech priest jesse yeah um and a couple of people will, will message us on our discord being like hey i really liked this song and now I'm down the filk rabbit hole. <laughs> so it's just like another phase two of us kind of inadvertently giving a whole bunch of other people this thing that they had no idea about. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of cool to think that like the people that are hearing them in the episodes and then going and listening to it might be like the first people 
like these songs are probably getting listened to for the first time by some people for the first time in I don't know 20 30 years yeah yeah most of them are from the 80s and I mean certainly not a revival because it's probably you know us and five other nerds um but us and five other nerds is more people than we're listening to these songs yeah (laughs) I think it qualifies as a revival you know those those YouTube videos that people are just sort of part of I found this old song suddenly got like 30 40 listens a month and they're going hang on a minute you know before you know it there'll be new albums out it's it's, you know it doesn't take a lot these days god willing (laughs) and maybe maybe that'll be enough to get gw to re-release battlefleet gothic it's all maybe exactly i I know right instead Um, we got aeronautica imperialis which is a fine game as far as it goes um but it's yeah, it's not Battlefleet Gothic. Gothic. It's not Battlefleet Gothic, no, exactly. And that's a that, that's a rant I've had before on our show. Is is when Aeronautica Imperialis, Imperialis came out and everyone the other guys were like, Oh, that's really cool. I was like, Well no one wanted it, did they? Everyone wanted Battlefleet Gothic. <laughs> that was not <laughs> as well received as I thought it was going to be at the time, but still Everyone wants Battlefleet Gothic. It's, exactly. You, you heard it here second. It's 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 a fine game. So when you so with the legions, obviously you've, you've you've sort of fleshed out the Glorianas as best you can and made them sort of the, the two versions. Was it the were the legions easy to write? The legions were surprisingly easy to write. I mean, for me anyway, I only had to write a, a few of them. Sure. Yeah, they were, and, and I'm going to completely contradict Stephen here. A massive pain. I suppose the thing is, you've got, it's making them sort of stand out sort of each one amongst itself, isn't it? I guess that's the problem. Yeah, because in with, in with sort of limited days, scope as well, because you haven't got, uh, you know, there aren't a million different things that they can all do. I suppose in space. Yeah, like in 30k, there's also a lot more rules. Like 30k is a beefier rule set, right? Yeah. In Battlefleet Gothic, there's I don't know, maybe a dozen different interactions for the whole game. Yeah. Um, so it took a lot to differentiate, you know, all right, well, Imperial Fists and Iron Warriors, they're the same thing, and that's why you hate yeah. each other so much. Just one of you is good at their job, and one of you isn't. No judgment. More <laughs> <laughs> <Or> names. <laughs> yeah, that's an uncomfortable silence right there, people. You could frame that, put that on the internet. Uncomfortable like, silence. 101 or like blood angels right yeah uh blood angels what does that you know kind of wrapping your head around what does that mean for space like i know they're precise but also bloodthirsty but also disciplined and what does that mean when they get into space you know world eaters some of them are really easy world eaters hey i've got the mark of corn just stole it wholesale threw it in there good to go yeah, it's another uh, instance of we tried to write as we tried to do as little scratch building as possible. Most of the Legion stuff that we've taken is from other publications, other parts of the of the game that we've just transplanted into context. Sure. Yeah, um, and then things like you know Dark Angels, they can take more of the bigger, weirder, esoteric ships. You know that makes good sense. And, yeah. But it did take a while to figure out for some of the. Not even well, I was going to say not even the more vanilla legions, but was immediately then going to reference the ultramarines. So. 
I guess Iron the Vanilla Legion. Iron Hands of the Vanilla Legion. Right? Like they're them too. What what are they doing? Yeah. We can't just have a decapitated flagship and go about our day. <laughs> <laughs> no bridges for you. Just the prowl's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bridge smashed always. Yeah. I suppose also uh, because the legions, are, as as you know, the, the awkward silence proves, legions are very precious to people. It's a, it's oh, a weird thing. Yeah, it's wild. Like I said, like I have five militia armies. Yeah. If, but I'm a space wolf player. Yeah. And I only use that term because Stephen makes fun of me if I say Volca Fenrica or the route too often. Um, <laughs> But you, that's what you are. You, you are, you know. You, yeah, like you're not a space wolf player. You're not, not in polite company. Not in 30k anyway. The <laughs> no, route of Fenris. That is yeah. what we are and how we do. Um, which does make me very proud of the six legion trait because it's not just immensely better than everyone else's. Because that you've, that was in the back of my head. You, you've you've, you've shown restraints. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing I guess is. It, you know, you can't play favorites. Yeah. yeah we can always... and we do. <laughs> <laughs> You're not meant to say that. People will get upset now. Well, someone will edit it out. Just send it sound, man. <laughs> no, I'll get him to keep that bit in. We can't uh, bribe their sound. I'll forward all complaints onto you guys. Oh, shoot. You're right. We can't. Uh, mm. <laughs> it's fine. We'll send them uh, some tea. Y'all like tea, yeah. right? Yeah, we love tea. I've just I had to make up that. That's why I was doing sort of before we start this conversation. I, I have to make a cup of tea before I record. Uh, I just find otherwise like I can't do it. I can't record anything. Many people like will go, experience. "What's your excuse?" The rest of the time. <laughs> so with um, so did you so with the playtesting of the sort of the legions? Did you? Play test your own legions, or did you play test the, the variety of them amongst yourselves? Or um, we we tried to do as much as we could amongst ourselves. Um, again, the physical logistics of getting a hold of fleets, yeah, uh, kind of made testing in the broadest sense difficult. Sure. But we definitely tested our personal legions a whole yeah. bunch. Right, <laughs> sense naturally. Um, yeah. yeah, everything got some testing. But like you said, we just because it was us two, Dave, Weimark, um, you know, maybe six people had fleets. Mm. Uh, we didn't run through. All right, well, we've played Luna Wolves against Word Bearers. Now, what if we do Luna Wolves against Salamanders, or Luna Wolves and Word Bearers against Salamanders sure. and Raven Guard? It's not. You'd still be doing it's a fan it. Fan made system for a dead game. So guys, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, give it, give it a little bit of room to, you know, a yeah. little bit of wiggle. Well, room. it's and it's like we've, I've said it a couple times. Uh, Austin and I could play test this game for five years, and the internet would break it in five minutes. Yeah, oh, is... Lord, we we spot, like I said, we spent probably six months, all the rules done, uh, except for the missions. Those were the last to get like written up and put in. Sure. But all the rules done, just literally just putting it in there and editing and spell checking and everything and making sure everything is right and all the points are right and every ship is right. Less than a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they were like, was... hey, you realize you put these rules in three different ways. And hey, you know, this ship is pointed five different ways and uh, it's only got three entries. So I don't even know how you did that. And like everybody was super chill. Like, yeah. 
infinite yeah, no one was yous. a dick about it. Yeah, well, that's, infinite that's thank good. yous to everybody. Um, but yeah, it was also a little heartbreaking to be like, God, it's been out in the world for a day and already <laughs> like 20 edits to make. The thing is, though, you know, you guys have spent so much time doing it. After a while, you know, that one little thing that's one mistake that's going to be in there, you're not going to see it the first time. And then every other time after that, it's just going to get ignored as well because your brain just goes, yeah, it's fine. I, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. and like the day before we actually put it online, Stephen and I and Jesse, uh, like literally, we all had it up on our screens and like page by page going through it. Yeah. And, and we're all like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Ships are wildly disappointed, but it's fine. <laughs> well, not wildly. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing yeah, yeah. too crazy. Um, it was like, a t- I think the the worst thing was at like a 15 point difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and then, know, that's, uh, that's easy. The, done. Yeah. It was easy. The fix, Imperial Fist was... guys and Iron Warriors guys. Actually, I think it was just the Imperial Fist guys uh, pointed out that we had uh, their rules were like differently worded throughout. So we had to sure. go back and make sure all of that speaks English. Yeah. Well, we somehow managed to miss four instances of rogue trader that said rouge trader. Hundred percent my fault. I cannot spell it the right way for the life of me. Yeah. They were just, you know, very, uh, you know, word bearer heavy, thousand sun heavy traders. That's, you know. I, I tried to delete the word rouge from my like internet <laughs> dictionary so it would spell check it. Still didn't. Still. <laughs> that, that's quick you know that's an easy fix that's, that's just you know find the next i guess so that's at least it wasn't major stuff you know you must yeah, be happy with, really you must like, be happy with like you know yeah nothing nobody pointed people. out yeah nobody like pulled up the document read through it and then pointed out like hey in the smack dab middle of the book you've got this weird rule that doesn't make sense when it interacts <laughs> with any other part of the book yeah <laughs> so yeah. yeah, when you take the plasma blaster, what you do is, you know, that sort of thing, just creeping in. Yeah. yeah. So we we definitely gained a new sympathy for Forge World rules writers because there's like seven of those guys, and there's only two of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, one would argue that you're not being paid to do it. That's true too. <laughs> so we're not going to argue that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Sorry, I... Forge World. No, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, that's another another one of my particular rants to into the void that is our, our podcast is my uh, is the custodies uh, weapons, but yeah, uh, well, that's 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 absolutely cool. Um, well, hey, custodians aren't even in. The yeah, I know. I, so well, you don't I, have to worry I, about that. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't gonna bring it up, but now we're here, you know, because obviously, uh, have you thought about adding in? Um, I know. You guys have said, you know, for the Xenos fleets, you know, use what's pre-existing because it's not going to have changed for sort of ten thousand years or so. Mm-hmm. But for the um, other elements of the sort of the Imperium so flagships the, and stuff. So the main thing is, it, it bears noting we're not the only guys to have written Battlefleet Heresy rules. Um, or to have started writing them. Yeah. So. <laughs> But what we wanted to do when we set out writing these, or at least that kind of uh, inadvertently became the the quote-unquote mission statement when we were writing our rule set, um, is that we wanted to be 
historically accurate, as historically sure. accurate as we could be. Um, and a lot of people are of the opinion, and it's not a, a bad opinion by any means, uh, that heresy is best when it's as sandboxy as possible. Yeah. Uh, but we found that that didn't really work as well as we would have liked when it came to Battlefleet Gothic. Um, because just like writing Legion rules for the, the ships, there's only so much you can do. You know, when you're writing stories and rules and homebrew about war on the ground, you can write basically anything you want. Um, but in space, the, the rules are different. Yeah. Um, you have to account for certain things. You can't just write a rule for some sort of monster or unit or character and it necessarily jive with the setting. So, uh, whereas a lot of other, our quote-unquote competitors, our, our fellow heresy, Battlefleet heresy writers, might just kind of say, hey, this ship is good, this ship is good, use this ship, use whatever you want, here's the context for it. We decided we wanted to be a little more stringent in the narrative. Sure. Um, so we didn't, we wanted to avoid as much as possible, including things simply on the grounds that you can't prove that they weren't there. Yeah. You know, uh, the logical fallacy of that aside, that makes telling the the cohesive and keeping the, the narrative cohesive a little more difficult. Um, so the short answer is that there's just we don't have nearly enough evidence to suggest that the Talons had their own fleets, had their own fleets in numbers that could actually compete with expeditionary fleets in terms of guns and ships and things um totally makes sense yeah uh, like we've as as they've started doing the solar war series i i was confident that when uh oh lord the first one whose name i now can't remember steven the first solar, solar book Yes, oh, the, war is, yes, the, the Siege of Terror, the, the Solar War is the first Siege of Terror. We'll let it yeah. that out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, <laughs> the Solar War, um, with all of its spaceships and awesome void fights, I was certain as I was reading it that I, if a custode, if the Custodes had a ship that was worth anything, it would get a mention in that book. Yeah. And it didn't. No. And that did break my heart a little bit, because actually Nova, not last year's Nova, but the one before that, um, we had sort of an underground pop-up late-night Battlefleet heresy, and one of one of our buddies, Josh, who's a big Custodes player, um, and actually had a Custodes army before there were models or rules. It was running oh, them as like cool. salamanders, I think. So not a bandwagoner. Mm-hmm. I know people are touchy about Custodes. <laughs> uh, he'd wanted a Custodes ship or fleet to play in that. Yeah. Um. And I'd actually done up rules for a Custodes battleship, thinking that it they might have, you know, like a personal escort ship for the Emperor's flagship. You know? Yeah, which, again, would make sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense uh, that they would have, you know, kind of light cruiser up to like battle cruiser type things to go deal with threats to the Emperor's flagship. Uh, but we never ended up seeing them, no. which was sad. And then, of course, the black ships of the sisters are standalone things. They're not a fleet in and of themselves. You know, you'll never see 30 black ships together going to fight something. You'll see, you know, one or maybe two that kind of get caught up in things. Trawling around for 
yeah. innocence to round up and to harvest. Shit yeah. Yep. So the ans- so an answer really is um, we don't have current plans to put in talons, um, but we're always keeping our eyes open for evidence to allow us to put in sure. talons. Exactly. Yeah, because you've you've got the Mechanicum in there, and you've got the um, Armada Imperialis as well, which is the sort of the standard. The yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that really goes for anything that you might ask us about the rule set is like, hey, do you have intentions of putting in X, Y, or Z? Well, probably not, but we're always looking for an excuse to do it. Which makes sense. Yeah, like that poor guy who, again, you know, day one of, uh, I think it hadn't even been a full 24 hours that we dropped the book, which does say, you know, crusade and heresy fleetless, here it is. He yeah. asks, oh, hey, are you doing any, uh, like, non-compliant human fleets? Like, that would be really cool. And my first, immediate first thought was, no. No, yeah. absolutely I'm not. My second thought was, why can't they be happy? And my third thought was, <laughs> my third thought was, yeah, but why aren't we? <laughs> yeah. All in the just... space of about six seconds. <laughs> Yeah. Next thing I know, there's an email in my inbox <laughs> titled "Dear God, I cannot stop." Yeah, that's it. it, it yeah, that's a rough that's draft a, of some new stuff that. Yeah, we're secret project. Yeah, secret. fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Which I'm sure nobody can guess from context. <laughs> no context on the internet. What? Doesn't exist. Yep. Not even a thing. So it's it's been out what now a month I think since you guys put the book out. Give or take. Give or take. Yeah. So, have you had a lot of sort of, um, sort of player feedback, other than sort of sort of grammatical changes? Mostly, mostly editing. Although we have yeah. gotten a few instances of feedback um, about the rules. Sure. What we actually have gotten the most is people posting like pictures and write-ups of the fleets that they're going to do using our rules. Yeah. Uh, and if anyone has missed out on the post yet, um, I don't know when this is going to go up, but there's actually a Battlefleet Heresy using our rules and our points values file for uh, Quartermaster, I believe. I think there's one for... Um, floating around. And there's uh, Battlescribe there's as well. Battlescribe. Yeah, I haven't yeah. Really? actually spoken oh. with the guy yeah. who who put it together yet, um, but I've been meaning to. Yeah, I, I've, I'm doing that basically my... BFG ships are all being turned into a solar war um, sort of loyalist fleet. Um, and I was using the battle scribe to go through and work out what's going to be what. So That's yeah, wild. I had no idea that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's on there when you get, if you get the um, uh, battle Gothic uh, file, yeah, you can choose um, uh, battlefleet heresy. It's one of the sort of fleet lists. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's wild. So, yeah. yeah, no, here here I am making my list by hand like a sack. <laughs> yeah. You're you're a purist. You're a purist in your craft, that's all it is. He does it by hand for everything. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. There is. It's twenty twenty. Okay. So no. So on our show we do um every uh episode we'll do a list challenge. So uh-huh. we'll come up with a theme and a second. I will do a list on Battle Scribe. I will then write it out by hand just so it makes sense to me. And then I'll do it again on Battlescribe and then I'll send that out to 
whoever's sort of organizing it. So I, I completely get writing it by hand still. You, you never know when there's going to be scrap code in the Matrix that screws well, also up. Also, because sometimes Battlescribe throws up problems. It's it doesn't quite under, it, it has sort of mistakes in it. So, so I write it out by hand, and then I can sort of double check it easier with that. So I can look at the rule book on my iPad while looking at what I've handwritten, if that makes sense. So handwriting things, it's not a bad thing. Thank you. <laughs> All you're doing is encouraging him. <laughs> if I criticized him, I would be a hypocrite. Well, that's never stopped anyone before. No, no again, this is true. This is the internet. <laughs> so is hypocrisy gonna, yeah. is a wonderful... It's the, it's the world in which we live. Yeah. No, but it's, it's, it's super cool, Battlefield Heresy. I'm very much looking forward to the world returning to normal so that I can um, use it and, and sort of use my models again. Yeah, we, uh, we had an event or have an event, it hasn't been cancelled yet, um, at Nova for Battlefleet Heresy. We were super stoked about it, we were, you know, making ships and doing things and printing terrain, and now we're just sort of waiting for the hand. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. It's, we, had to, we had to move an event in, in March, and um, one of the good things that's come out of it is, is that I've sort of looked at, now you've put your rules out there, I've looked at what we can use for Battlefleet Heresy for our sort of maybe the friday night to do sort of a narrative event from sort of the start of a war to the end of a war so sort of i'm looking at how we can use battlefield heresy on the first night before the main action to sort of, sort of the, the early stages of the war basically yeah just straight up planetary assault mission man. exactly yeah um, exactly yeah, we actually did um god i guess it was two years ago now um one of our zomortalis mega battles uh, had a BFG component to it, which was pretty fun. Steve Very and I cool. uh, duked it out in Battlefleet Heresy, and then all the guys in the ZM were, you know, trying to fight over the various weapon systems for the Ramilies that we were all fighting over. It was a good time. Nice. That's really cool. It gets they were, like you start they were forced to uh, <laughs> forced to adhere to our whims. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, your game, you'll they'll play it how you want them to true right <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was a fun time and honestly like once you start doing you know like titanicus and 40 or 30k and battlefleet heresy and kind of like meshing them all together in one like uber event or campaign it just makes yeah. it it enhances all of them yeah it, it it brings them all as a cohesive unit and it really is so once you've got battlefleet gothic in with titanicus and sort of frontline okay then you're really doing the actual heresy yeah you know you're not doing segments of it you're yeah yeah, exactly you know unless you want to get into sort of epic but once you cross over well yeah yeah no absolutely but it's 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 getting that crossover between epic and frontline 30k i suppose is the is the tricky bit trying to get that to mesh together but it's probably doable Someone with more dedication than me. Yeah. Out. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Very cool. Very, very cool. I think. I think that kind of covers everything that I sort of wanted to talk to you guys about. Well, cool. Thank you very much for um, sort of taking the time to sort of have a chat with me. That's sort of. I thought it's going to be like a, a thirty-minute conversation, but it's ten to an hour and a half, so that's really cool. Yeah. Well. 
That's what happens every time we try and do like a short Battlefleet Gothic themed anything. <laughs> so that we're thinking, oh, like thirty minutes. Talk about Battlefleet Gothic for thirty minutes. Two hours later. Two hours. Oh, yeah. Well, Nobody shuts us up, and here we go. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, One it was our, great. Uh, it was great. Um, so you guys have. So as we said, there's the Remembrances Retreat podcast. So you can get the rules from your website. Yep, um, rr30k.com. Rr30k. And also the podcast people can listen to. So you've got two or three different sort of trails, sort of, um, sort of sub-podcasts sort of, sub within one. So you guys do the Lost Transmissions, which is the Battlefleet Heresy one. And there's the Heresy Grad School. Yeah, which also has the, uh, some Battlefleet, well, some spaceship fighting in the Heresy. Sure. Uh, from the fluff perspective is in there. Very cool. And then, yeah, the normal show. So you guys are, you know, the, the place to go, and it's certainly worth a listen. As I said, I've been listening to the Lost Transmissions over the last few weeks, along with your normal output, and they've been really good. Um, sort of, if you want to get into the game, I would certainly suggest listening to them, because you guys going through the rules and stuff was really helpful, so how things work. Yeah, we figured it would be good to do kind of the first few episodes, just like, this is movement, this is shooting. Uh, because even though if you dig hard enough, you can find, you know, the PDFs online, it's not like you can, for the most part, go to your local game store and just join into the Battlefleet Gothic yeah. group like you can with 30K or 40K. Yeah, a buddy of mine actually went across the pond recently and he was uh, trying to figure out what like little models to take with him to play at the local game store. And he called sure. the, the games workshop nearby and was like, Hey, do y'all have a, anybody playing battlefleet Gothic over there? And the store, oh, the store manager was like, what's that? Yeah. No, that doesn't, that um, doesn't surprise me. Unfortunately, local sort of the, the GW stores, unless it's one of the main games, um, you know, they, they, they get funny about people playing heresy in the stores and some places. So, which yeah, is really I, weird. Uh, I walked into our local one day and played a game of Epic, which kind of blew their mind. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's one of those things. But uh, the local stores will always, you know, I think more people have. Mm-hmm. So it gets a bit broader. Um, but yeah, super cool. Um, as I said, thank you very much, guys, for taking the time to sort of chat with me. Um, I I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, try and get the spread the word a bit, get more people out there involved in and Battlefleet Heresy slash Gothic, and fingers crossed that we ever see a new game come out. Well, um, it's confirmed. It's just a question of when. Of when, yeah, no, that's it. It's, it's yeah. sometime after the old world, I expect, gets... Uh, oh, God, I hope it doesn't take that long. <laughs> I got my fingers crossed that the reason why the old world is four years out is because Battlefleet Gothic... Is, is the is, meantime. ...is in between. We'll keep toes and fingers crossed and then continue to dream and hope that we'll you know they don't change the scale of it that'll be the thing yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's gonna be slightly bigger than it was before no that'd be the, that'd be a heartbreak yeah. but yeah wouldn't stop me from buying all new ships though no i mean that's yeah that's the thing ebay the stuff that i've got and then <laughs> start, yeah. start from scratch cool well yeah thank you very much guys thank you for joining me um and good luck with everything going forwards and um, yeah, I look forward to seeing those non-compliant world rules at some point. <laughs> what? Who said that? Who told you that? I, I saw this thing on the internet. Oh, oh Lord. I see. I can't believe what you hear on the internet, man. <laughs> no, that's, sorry, I do apologize. <laughs> cool. Uh, 
Yeah, well, again, thanks for having us on. It's been a blast. Not a problem. See you. Take care. Thank you very much. Right, so now it is list challenge time, and this month, as we said earlier, we're doing something a little bit different. Normally, when we do this, we uh, will pick a legion and then go from there. This time around, we have said, right, we're all going to be uh, ultramarines. That's our basis. Uh, we're all going to choose a different right of war that we don't see that much. So, and also non, not the ultramarine specific ones. So, you know, we're talking recon company, things like that, for instance. Um, still 3,000 points, still all the same factors, fun to play with against, battlefield effectiveness, cost, and uh, that's it. Yep, that's mm-hmm. those three. Um, yep. the, the scores on the doors, as, as current standings-wise, uh, I'm first place, uh, Graham is second, uh, Michael is third, and Rob... Uh, it, it's <laughs> nil new one. edition, nil poire at this moment in time. He's got, got he's got a handicap of a few episodes. So. He does. He has I don't think that's going to change. I don't think that's going to help. I do have a four point lead at this point, but I think this this is the uh, this is the turning point episode. I feel from from my particular list. Okay. So sh- shall I sh- shall I shall I go first and get it out of the way? Yep. Yeah. Why not? Okay, so for my list, I went with Fury of the Ancients. Good man. It's not something you see a lot, and I I, I know exactly why you don't see it a lot now. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a cool list. It's a great idea, and now that we've got the new that new uh, set, um, new console console, yeah, it, it there's real potential there for it to become a, a an even better right of war, in my opinion. You know the, the option to take five guys in a unit as opposed to three, things like that. That's you, yeah, but you can't take the new console if you run fewer the yeah. agents. No, exactly, exactly, and that's what I mean. <laughs> There's real potential for it to be better yeah. sort of down the line once they start tweaking all the FAQ, all the rights of war to sort of keep up. And we know that that's a plan at some point. Uh, that's been mentioned by uh, Anoush at some point as well. So yeah, the thing with fear of the ancients is. Basically, you have a 300-point tax to to, to make it work. Um, and that's because you have to take a Ford Lord, a Primaris Medicaid, and something that can give you access to rights of war as a starting point. So I did this the cheapest way I could, and that still worked out 245 points for the three characters. And that is giving them nothing. Wow. They have. Yep. I have a bog-standard Delegatus, Mm-hmm. A out of the box Forge Lord and out of the box Primaris Medicaid. Wow. That is the and the 245 points. That's the cheapest way I could find that's, to do it that's because nothing. So that's what artificer armor, power weapon, and a bolter. That's yeah. They Basically. Are. Yeah. That's it. Do they even come with any kind of invulnerable? No, I don't think any of them do. I don't think they do. No, they those wouldn't. ones. No. Just you just get just get artificer armor on the wow. prime tool. The others are. You've got th- three guys in there. Three. So they've, all got, they've all got three up armor saves. None of them got artificial armor. So. I, I think. I think doesn't the um, Forge Lord come, or am I 
No, oh, the Forge Lord does, might does come with that. For armor. I think he does. Because yeah. he's a tech marine, and tech marines come with that. Yeah. Could be wrong. But that's it. I basically, you know, that's a dreadnought sort of expended there effectively if that makes sense mm-hmm. you know so it was just they're not going to be involved in anything they're purely facilitators so yeah i just took them because i had to yeah yeah uh, which is which is sort of so yeah. disheartening when you're going oh yeah that's cool so i'll take these two oh no way because neither of them have got sort of the right to actually give you the right of war so that was because i was thinking about putting the um the new guy in whose name i will never remember so Getting to the getting to the, the the meat of the list. So my first talon is three dreadnoughts, three contemptors, um, one with double multi melter, and two with uh, chain fist and um, power fist nice. and melters in all of their fist weapons. Oh, that's expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is that 15, was fifteen points each. That soon adds up. Yeah, yeah. The, it, it was basically just to give them a little bit of um, a bit more utility into it. If you find yeah, exactly. Something or close to yeah. something. That's the thing. Just in the, having the multi-multi guy in there as well, just to make sure that if I come across something big and tank-like, I'm not just relying on my assaults to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know that's gonna that will end up bad for me being sort of you know. I say lowly dreadnought, but you know it's easy for them to get swamped and yeah. taken out in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, ten, man, ten man unit with melter bombs will just walk yeah. straight through a dreadnought. Exactly. So if I'm putting them against a vehicle, you know I want to get that vehicle out of the way so I'm not in the, that spot for too long. That was kind of my thinking behind that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second talent is just two uh, contenders. Uh, one has a plasma cannon. One is and has a chain fist in the other hand. The other one is chain fist dreadnought close combat weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a single contemptor with twin link las cannons. Nice on one double. Arms. Yeah, not a mortis, just a standard. Just a standard. Okay. Yeah, I cast a fairy in dreadnought. Standard contemptor. No standard contemptor. contemptor my bad. Yeah, no, I forgot. Yeah, I. That's completely forgot about that. Castafarian. 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 Yeah. A, a dreadnought with dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah. With dreadlocks and maybe, yeah, you know, the three colours of the yeah. uh, Castafarian movement. Yes, yeah, sorry about that, Chris. That's all right. Um, no fast attack. Uh, a Derrida mm-hmm. with Alios missile launcher, twin link hellfire plasma cannonade, uh, twin link heavy bolter in the nips. I wonder what, mm-hmm. I wonder what gave you that idea. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> a certain element of inspiration was taken from from a very dear friend of mine. Second um, <laughs> Derrida, uh, Alios uh, missile launcher, and then the Arachnus heavy last cannon battery. Oh, nice! Again, Yeah, you know, I, I was going from sort of I had flashbacks <laughs> while writing this of, of sort of slightly off green coloured uh, dreadnought stomping my face in. A Leviathan Dreadnought as my third heavy support and Dreadnought Drop Pod. Um, and he has got the Cyclonic Melter Lance and the Siege Claw and nice. double, heavy, double Heavy Flamers. Ooh. Um, if I was running this for Blood Angels, obviously I'd give him the Assault Cannons. Yeah, yeah. I would find those, those extra points. 
And this is the... So I, as my last... Uh, I went for a Lord of War to finish this. And uh, me and wow. Battlescribe had a disagreement about this. Um, I was going... I'm going with a Porphyrian Ooh. as my Lord of War. Well, that's going to do some work for you. Exactly. And the reason I chose go it... Big. Go big or go home. It Jesus, would fit in with the theme of the, the army, the, the aesthetic yeah, of the army. Well, it's true. I, I, own, also, I own a Porphyrian, so I can't exactly slag you off too much. And also it's got 70-inch range. And yeah. I'm going to need that with this army because other than the Leviathan, everything's walking. Mm-hmm. Mm. And each one of them gives up a victory point, I believe. I'm exactly. trying to so up. I need the... Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm putting... Well, that's what I mean, I've got the Las Cannons in there from the Derrideau and the Contemptor to give me a little bit of ranged, but the Perfirian is going to be the big thing. Now, the, the, I had a problem that I asked you guys about earlier because Battlescribe said I couldn't take it. Now, with the right of war for this, you can't take allies and you can't take of any flavor fortification. However, you can take a Lord of War. So I'm yeah. doing the Porphyrian with the Penelope, Penelope of War. No. Penelope of War. Penelope of War. Penelope of War. You know, the one that's the top of War. Um, no, uh, with the War Machine Detachment. Right. Yes, I see what I you mean. out of the Quistorus list. Ah, but how many hole points does it have? Eight. It fits in. Yeah, you can't, you can't take it then. Because it has to well, be six. six. Yeah. So I think, and I'm not sure, mate. Hundred percent check on that. The Penelope Penelope of War limits the number. You can only right. take a war machine. No, no, six. War machine, that's war machine detachment. A Penelope of War detachment limits the. Oh, sorry, my, yeah. I'm talking shite. I'm talking nonsense. You're right. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's the war machine detachment, not the Penelope yeah. of War. So if it's in the Penelope of War, you can take it. If it's in there. Um. Because so yeah, I thought it was just Mechanicum that could take it, but maybe I'm wrong. No, no anybody can. Anybody can take it. Because uh, it is Can in the panel. Yeah, all this, both the um, Acasta chassis uh, and, yes, and yes. the and all the Serastas chassis are now in the panoply. Because I kicked off with Forgeworld when I bought my Castigator because it wasn't in the panoply at war. Because I was like, what? I've spent two hundred quid on a model, and you say yeah, I can't have, use it. It's got to have eight hole points or lower, which this which this does. So. Okay, yeah, got it. Okay, fair enough. No worries then. So, so yeah, that seems, if that seems reasonable. Um, you're right. It's going to probably struggle a little bit. Um, it's going to on the plus side. It's going to do a, do a job. On the plus side, though, everyone is going to shoot at that, and the dreadnoughts that you have got are going to get an, one more turn than they would normally have. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's like five. <laughs> Oh, it's like 560, 590 points, I think. Yeah, they're not cheap. They're five, 550 at least. But if they yeah. give those two Derrideos an extra round of shooting, you know what two plasma Derrideos can do. Well, it's, it's one plasma and one yeah. nerve cannon, but they're still oh, going yeah. to yeah. do a number. Um, but yeah, I the, think the thing with Fury of the Ancients is it, if you're running it pure dreads, and we saw it because... Um, I can't think it was someone brought it to Comedy of Legends last year. So and it really was it, it was, Jim, was it James Turner, wasn't it? Because he had like three Leviathans. Yes, I think. That, yeah, and it, it, it sort of struggled quite a bit. It does have its downsides quite a lot, I think. Few of the Ancients, not yeah, just to do attacks. It's hard um, to play, like, like I said, yeah. it's got to be on attacks. And it's, it's almost it's, impossible to win with. Yeah. 
So yeah, unless you're a generous opponent. You're, yeah, you're yeah. in a very select group, Chris. But I'll explain <laughs> that when I come to doing my list. Eh? <laughs> okay. Um, does anybody mind if I do mine next? Sure, go ahead. So uh, this may come as a surprise. So I have, like somebody else um, in the podcast, can, can, I have gone get, with. Can we get guests? I. Go on, go on, go on. Is it drop us out? Thank God. Nope. Vanguard. No. Is it Angels? No, what's it called? Angels Wrath. Angels Wrath. No, because they're used, <sighs> aren't they? So yeah, no. Curses. Anybody else? Last guess. Is Five it Fury? Have you have you gone Fury of the Ancients? No, but I um, have gone. Is that because Fury of the Ancients Brethren doesn't of allow fortifications? Brethren Brethren of Iron. Exactly. Well, I, well, I thought you know people wouldn't be expecting it. What with my previous history on the old Mechanicum, so there was a couple of reasons for this, right? So I looked at not just the right of war, but trying to make it work with the Legion. So I think or I feel, maybe more than think, uh, Ultramarines have some advantages in the. I if one of them shoots at something, anything else that's got Legion Astartes, um that shoots at it uh, can re-roll wounds and, and armor penetration hits a one which is a big advantage right mm-hmm. yep so um i thought right so it's going to be a shooting army obviously and it's going to be an unapologetic backline army and uh this is what's broken entirely so, from character <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay well, i, I will come on to that point i have actually pre-recorded a a, a, a challenge if you <laughs> a like, because I knew that this would that I was going to get some uh, get some stick here so I figured that while I was bored and this is what happens when you work from home full time um, that I would record a suitable rebuttal uh, to that which I'm happy to play at the end of this thank you very much if the, if the learned gentleman on the opposition benches would mind letting me finish <laughs> so I have gone so like the um, right of the ancients. There's a big old tax with this list, so you have to take a forge lord, and you have to take a praetor, obviously, to get the um, master of legion, and you can't take a delegatus or a herald because the only people that you can take as centurions are forge lords and the pravian. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so I have got a forge lord, and he's basic. Basically, he is. Um, pretty much to the wire there's nothing on him um he's got artists for armor because it does come for free but that's it it's basically just a four slot upgrade he's absolutely cheap as chips i've given him a cortex controller though and an augury scanner actually i say that um because you can give them certain upgrades so yeah he's got a cortex controller because he has to um and an augury scanner so that i can put him in a squad to shoot th- mm, didn't think about that okay he's with um the praetor is bare bones i've basically gone for survivability over actual close combat effectiveness so no paragon blade no extra attacks i've just given him um uh, an iron halo basically that's it that's all he's got and also um i've given him the mantle of ultramar oh because it gives him a gives him a feel of pain it's a good little upgrade 20 points mind but uh, it gives him feel of pain and i think it gives him some other rules as well that i could never remember so give me two seconds while i check uh so yeah it gives him a two plus save and a five plus feel of pain and he gets, he's immune to blind um but that's just for him not for the squad squaddy joints but it's quite a nice thing feel of pain for 20 points um 
I've then gone for, so that's my three HQ choices. Oh no, that's the third HQ choice is a Previan, right? Obviously, yep. good choice. Mm-hmm. So Previan is also Artisifer Armour upgrade, um, nothing else on him to speak of, except for his uh, accompanying squad, which uh, I've given him a refactor field, I beg your pardon, for a five plus in one. Um, so, and then he's got a lovely set of the old Castellacs with him. So he's got uh, three Castellacs, uh, all with uh, what you'd expect them to have from me, Darkfire which lances. is Darkfire Lances, of course, and um, that's it, basically. So the Darkfire Lance versions, they've also got the upgrade for targeting arrays, obviously, giving them, you know, twos to hit, or and minus one to your cover, so... Cool little special rules, can't you, as well? Yeah, so the Ultramarine special rule, which is really useful, is they don't move, they can um, snap fire on ballistic skill two, not one. So if you have any fires, you you totally... A tank hunter, I think these add on, so you can give them tank hunter and then... The no, no, you give, them one, you give them one of the rules. You can't yeah, give them one or the other. Depending on who I was, if I was like had a person with flyers, for example, I might give them that snap firing thing because I haven't. That's the only kind of anti flyer I've got, yep. um, other than sort of volume of firing down with sixes. But yeah, probably I'd give them tank hunter, try and put them in a position to try and snipe the side of um, any unsuspecting Spartans because that'd be the, the thing. So yeah, definitely on the back line with the Pravian, um, sitting there keeping keeping in that squad and keeping out of harm's way. Uh, so that. Oh, we lost Graham. Oh, Graham, we lost you there, guys. And this is. Oh, sorry. sorry. Uh, Graham, come for the right. Sorry, we go back. You've done is the. You've done the, you've done the Pravian. So. Yep. What then? So. So and then I've got the rapier weapons battery. Oh. So nice. I've got three. Three with the quad heavy bolters. And that's really to try and deal with any kind of horde-based shenanigans. Um, and that would probably be the squad that the Forge Lord and the Praetor would go in. So they'd join that squad. Um, the Augury Scanner on the Forge Lord means if there was any sort of Terminators that sort of deep struck or something, I might be able to get some, you know, 18 shots of, of Heavy Bolter at them, which would be nice. Um, twin-linked, obviously. So um, that would that would help. You might get one or two from a fireman squad if you're super lucky. Um, and then uh, I've got, and of course, if somebody else had shot them, I could re-roll ones for wounds, which would be good. Um, and then I've got, uh, in my troops choice, I've got two lots of Castellacs. <laughs> so I've gone Castellacs mad. Great unit, right? So mm-hmm. these, I've got, I've got, um, excuse me, three of them uh, with, what have these guys got? These have got... Um, Dark fire cannons. So I've got another three man, three man, three robot squad of dark fire cannons with the targeting arrays. Again, another anti tank kind of unit, although they wouldn't get the tank hunter rule, obviously. Um, and then the second one, I've gone for a more close combat version. You want to get too close. So I haven't gone for the dark fire cannons with these guns, these guys. I've gone for the um, two power blades for the extra attack. Mm-hmm. Um, so these guys were, and the mauler bolt cannons. So basically, these would be there to, um, you know, tuck into any wayward marines terminator squads 
that kind of thing. Um, their initiative's up not only three, so they're going to go last, but they're still AB2 and they've still got a high strength. So they're going to make a fair fair chunk if they can you know, weather the storm, as it were. But four wounds apiece, that's 12 wounds, toughness seven. They're really tough to get through, as we well know. Yeah. Um, and then the other two choices have just gone for two um, fairly bod tactical squads. So just to give me some um, other scoring units, if you like, or some scoring units, in fact, because you can't score, I don't think, with the um, Castellax, it says that they are never scoring. Yeah. Um, So normal tactical squad, completely bare bones, but just with a rhino and a dozer blade. So they can kind of get onto objectives and hide. Uh, So I've gone for the, which is a great unit. Um, And these would be flanking. Vorax. Vorax, yeah. Mm. Um, so this is, you know, using these flank um, and to get behind an enemy and cause bother because that's what they're great for. Three wounds apiece. Their armor's not great, but I've given um, two of them had players as there's four in the squad and two of them with lightning guns. So, yeah, getting behind somebody just cause massive bother because they are really great for that. And they're tough to get rid of as well. I mean, you can try and, you know, shoot them to death, but they do take a fair fair hit and they've got lots of wounds and then finally in the heavy well no in the heavy support section i've gone for your favorite michael the um full montaris so the sort of knockoff tyrant siege terminator so if i'm going to go shooting i'm going to go large when it comes to shooting these guys are great but they are not cheap no um so they're a bit like let's say siege terminators slightly you know, 50-50 as to whether they're better or worse. They do have a ballistic skill of five, which is great, because that means they're hitting on twos rather than threes. Um, but effectively, they've got the same sort of loadout. Um, although you do have to pay for the upgrade for a power fist for them, which I didn't yeah. do. I just gave them power axes, actually. Yeah. Cause I figured they, 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 can also take, sh- they can take alternatively... Um, Reaper auto cannons instead of cyclone missile launchers. Yeah, I will. I wanted the cyclone missile launchers just because that's a great two strength eight shots, you know, or two um, small templates if I wanted to. Forty eight inch range, great unit hitting on twos. Expensive at seventy points a pop, mind. Um, but you know, behind of course the defence line. Ubiquitous. Ubiquitous defence. If I'm going to do it, do it properly and put them behind a defence line with an ammo dump. So they're re-rolling. Those, all those ones to hit. So re-rolling ones to hit, re-rolling ones to wound uh, if somebody else shoots them first. And that is it. So I it's am, a lot of robots. I am glad you didn't go with the same the same mistake I almost did. Well, I did put Domitars in originally, right? Yeah. Thinking to spread it out a bit. I don't see what the point of a Domitar is. I, I just yeah. couldn't work it out. Uh, like it's, it's, a, it's about 70 points more expensive. And it's no better than the close combat really much better than a close combat version of the well castellax i maybe the mechanic and players can help me out i dare, could not dare, see I, say, dare I say it i would say the only domitar worth having is the iron circle probably the thing that i was saying you've avoided is there is a um there is a rule in there that you have to have at one cortex controller for every three robot units you yeah. have. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure yeah. that the Pradians unit don't count towards them though. But he, does he have a cortex controller? He can yes, buy one. But either way, either way, I don't think his his attached units uh, count. Got you. 
So I'm just trying to think if I've got enough to cover that then. So have you got? Um... Yeah, you've got one. You've got one Cortex controller and your Forge Lord. Yes. Oh, for every three units, rather. Yes, I see. Yeah, for every three, three units. Not every three robots. For every three robots. Oh yes, so that's fine. So yes, so there's the two Castellex units and the 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 Vorax unit, and I, I think the Pravian definitely comes with a Cortex controller. Yeah. So. Like I say, if not, um, I'll have a check actually. You'd think he would, because he's controlling robots, right? But yeah. you never know. You know yeah, how these know. things. Well, what about you, Rob? Do you want to give it a go? Yeah. Um, like Chris. Oh, wait a minute. Wait oh, a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Oh, we've got another you defense know. line you haven't told us about. Yeah. No, I'm going to defend my defense line. I, 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 wasn't I thought this might I be quite amusing. I know you weren't, but if I'm recording it, I'm flipping well going to talk to her about it in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> So allow me to regale you with the sorts of crazy stuff, shenanigans that I get to when I'm at home. Okay. If I can find, yes. Downloads. So just remember guys, actually do yours and I'll do mine at the end. We're going to need to remember this for his trial. Totally. Totally need to do this. Anyway, uh, please carry on without me. Um, do your thing and I shall I shall come actually I can do it now if you want. You ready? Yeah, do it. I don't now. know how it's gonna come out. I'll send I'll send you the file, Michael, uh, so that you can add this in properly. Okay? Okay, cool. Yes, brothers, once again the slings and arrows and power fists and chain swords of discontent have been raised against us. Those of us who value the belief in defense that there is more than one way to play this game that the alpha strikers and the infiltrators and those accursed scouting outflanking javelins have a proper and well thought out strategy to deal with such inconvenience yes my brothers I call upon you. Rise up. No, 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 don't rise up. Stand down behind your defense lines. Stand proud. Ping away with your ogre scanners and vanquish the evil of the foes that say there is only one way to play this game. This is the thing that the people find on the phones after you've killed 60 people and eaten them. <laughs> so there you go. Complete with Dan Buster's music in the background, yeah. subtly mixed in there for added patriotism. Anyway, there you go. Okay. Sterling work indeed. All right, Mr. Farage. I, <laughs> I will... Uh, I, I see your uh, I see your jingoistic rebuttal and uh, someone hold my beer. Come <laughs> on then, right okay. yo. So um, after the uh, minister of state for jingoism has uh, made, made his statement, um, I too have gone down the Fury of the Ancients list, like Chris. Um, the difference being, I already own one. Um, I've got an Alpha Legion Fear of the Ancients list purely because I thought it was the least sneaky thing I could possibly collect um, other than 
um, Armoured Breakthrough, so I did a few of the inches list, which Chris has uh, the unfortunate um, yeah. dubious honour of having lost to. Even with book seven custodies with three shield captains, he's still I, lost. Um <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in there. Sure. I know you, I mean, you, were, they, you were nice and you ran at me. You didn't and, deep strike right in front of me. I know. And they weren't the shield captains. They weren't the, the worst of the worst shield captains. I'm making that perfectly clear right now. There, there, there were still three of them. I had um, the models. Actually, no, there was two in Valdor. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. One's a general captain. make it better. It does. Nine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Fear of the Ancients. I think the list, the the right of war you see the least frequently is probably the jet, uh, the jet bike one, Skyhunter yeah. Phalanx, but that is more of a financial restraint rather than yeah. a gaming yeah. no, restraint. I think that's yeah. a that's a fiscal issue rather than a gameplay issue. The reason you don't see fewer of the ancients is more of a gameplay issue, I think, because it's not. It's no more expensive than other heresy armies can be. Um, mine I certainly think, I wasn't. I think it can be cheaper. I think yeah, it can, I think be, it can cheaper. be cheaper as well. Because um, you know, contemptors aren't that expensive. I mean, no, not really. Quid, maybe if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, you buy the plastics you, as well. Yeah, mm. if you're willing to do. Even if you, but even if you don't buy plastic, even if you go all Forge World, I think they're they're comparatively. Um, cheap as far yeah, as heresy yeah. armies go. I mean, you know, again, relative. And, and don't relative. discount the standard, bog standard Castroferrum. Yeah, the, the Castroferrum Dreadnought is um, sadly the Mark IVs you can't get from Forge World anymore, though, which is a real shame. Oh, they were um, beautiful models. They, they were lovely models. Um, but anyway, I shall go through this. So, as Chris alluded to earlier, with the Fury of the Ancients, you've, all your three HQs are predetermined. You've got a Praetor, you've got a Forge Lord, and you've got a Primus Medicare. Um, so, with mine, I've got a Praetor with Cataphracty Armor. And a paragon blade and melter bombs. That's it. Um, I've got a forge lord with cataphracty armor, chain fist, rad grenades, augury scanner, and four servo automata. Because mm-hmm. I had a random because nice. I had a random fifty points left to spend and thought, oh, they'd look quite cool. And they're toughness five, so they're handy to just stick out in front of him. Um, there's a prim- there's a primus medicare in cataphracty armor. Um, excuse to buy that really nice fat Spitfire pilot model if you can find one. Um, there's a few. He does. He looks like a fat Spitfire pilot. Sure. He really does. Um, I got mine and promptly drilled the head out. So um, anyway, that's my HQs. Um, troops. I have I um, two talents. So I've only got two troops choices. I've got one troop, one talent of three contempt to dreads. All with twin link last cannon, chain fist, and extra armor. And then I've got a talon of two contempt to Cortus with the additional close combat chain fist and extra armor. So five dreadnoughts in troops. So that could be five individuals or the two talons, depending on how you wanted to run it. Um, in elites, I have I have gone for a special character. Oh. I have gone for the Ultramarine special character dreadnought Honored Telemachus, oh. who was at Kalth, basically, but he's a weapon skill six uh, contemptor with a Carey's assault cannon, a dreadnought close combat weapon, and extra armor. <coughs> he also has um, 
D3 Hammer of Wrath, which is quite nice. Um, and any units with the Legion of Starty's Ultramarine special rule with at least one model within 12 inches of him gain plus one to their assault combat resolution and plus one to sweep in advance, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can force your opponent to re-roll the damage dice on the vehicle damage chart or destroy a chart. But if the second dice is worst, you have to accept that. Gotcha. So it's like the venerable rule, isn't it, I think? Yes, and he has hatred. Yes, it's the same as the old venerable rule. Uh, And he has hatred for any traitorous Dates units. Nice. So it applies to to all units chosen from traitor legions of Dates 40s. So with weapon skill 6 and BS 5, and hatred, he's not going to miss much. Yeah, sorry, Hatred's re-rolling attacks in the first round of combat, not re-roll yeah. as preferred enemy. Yeah. yeah, it's not preferred enemy, but he's, he's not going to miss much. Uh, so in heavy support, uh, much like yourself, Graham, I've gone for five Fulham and Taurus. Again, nice. taking, I, was, I was conscious that last, last month with the um, word bearers, it was said that the list wasn't necessarily word bearers. It was just mm. a list. So I've gone for some ultramarine specifics. Um, so I've got five Fulham and Taurus Terminators with the Cyclone missile launchers, but they've all also got combi melters. Ooh. Just in case they get close to something or something wants to get close to them. Uh, Ooh, also, also, also in heavy support, I have a Derradeo with Armoured Ceramite. Twin-linked plasma hellfire, hellfire plasma cannonade, and the Aeolos missile launcher. The reason I was talk- mentioned this to Chris is I've got two of them in yeah. my uh, Alpha Legion list, and running custodies at two plasma derradeos tends to sting a bit, it's, doesn't it? It's, it's no fun. It's it's not a lot. zero on the, on the funometer. It's <laughs> zero to one, one maybe for the sort of that sadistic sort of self-loathing thing but yeah that that's about where it is four twin linked plasma shots each that don't overheat at bs5 yeah, no, isn't much fun to run infantry two, twos and two, twos, twos and twos and twos yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and four foot five up and re-rolling and then, the and, first lot of ones yeah and yeah. actually if it's ultramarines if somebody else has already shot them they'll be re-rolling be hitting on twos re-rolling ones wounding on twos re-rolling ones yeah, just leave uh, your heads up there. Just evil. Um, but luckily, Custodians and Ultramarines rarely going to fight. This is true. true. Uh, and then in my final heavy support choice, I thought I'd go for making some friends. I have a talent of two Leviathan Siege Dreadnoughts, both oh, with armored ceramites, both with arm, both with armored ceramite, both with Volkite nipples, and with double storm cannon each. Very cool. Mm, I so, don't know if I'd do that, but yeah, go on. Because they're walking. Yep. So the one thing the Leviathan weaponry lacks, all of it, is range. True enough. And you can't buy a drop pod in a multi-dread talon. So That's true too. I need them to be doing work from turn one or as soon as they can. So you've got 24-inch range with the Storm Cannon, but you've got Strength 7, you've got Sunder. You can... Yeah, the Storm f- Cannons are pretty good. Yeah. They're AP3, aren't they? Or is it AP4? AP, AP3. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they can, you know, they can they can do some damage, but you've got I've got plenty of chain fists and um power fists that can get through armor if we survive long enough to actually 
get to it. Um, but um, yeah, the Storm Cannon Strength Seven AP Three Heavy Six Sunder, so it it can it can do some work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can with that number one fire, you could glance a Sakaran quite happily to death. Yeah, I think. With, with four of them, that's twenty four shots. Twenty four, twenty four, twenty four shots. Yeah. Need sixes to glance, but you're re-rolling those first stops. So it's a good chance you're going to get three sixes from that. Yeah, I would have thought. Good um, but but yeah, Fury of the Ancients. You don't see it because it's it's fun to play. It's fun to stomp around with all the dreadnoughts going yay. But every single time one dies, you give away a victory point. Yeah, and I think that in games where victory points they're not hugely they're not high scoring victory point games, most of them. You know, it's like getting on an objective, get a victory point. They can be high turn. scoring if you're playing against a few of the ancients list. Yes, exactly right. And I think that's that's the one thing that you could play that list and take out that rule and it wouldn't make any difference. To see what I mean, it's still no, I don't think still it's overpowered. The, no. It's not an overpowered list, even with just dreadnoughts, no, because they not. aren't that hard to kill. No, no. That's, the, that's the thing. That's you know, in my one, that's why I needed something that was going to give, not to draw the fire, but also give a bit of fire. Because yeah, you need something to do some heavy lifting. Yeah, because there isn't in a, in a dreadnought heavy list, there isn't anything because yeah. they're all good. But I mean, Leviathans are, are good once they get into faces, but they've got to get into faces. Well, my ones aren't. They've yeah. got no, oh, no, no, yeah, no, but... no hands. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so what, okay. it's the problem I find with my one because I've only in my Alpha Legion one, I've mm. got one Cortus, and I've got a Leviathan with a Snippy Claw. Everything else is a gun, and yet I can put down, as Chris will testify, a terrifying amount of firepower for in for infantry in the you know infantry out of vehicles. My mm. my fear of the ancients list is horrific. Yeah. But if you can get to me with some melter bombs, I've got to dre- I've, I've got contemptors trying to kick you in the face with strength seven, AP, and your mm-hmm. normal marines are just stood there going, "Yep, what? Dink, dink. You know, might kill yeah. one occasionally." Mm. It's a hard list for sure to balance out. Right, I think that's, to make it work is tough. I think. I think it's sure. a bit of a shame because. Forge World love Dreadnoughts. They make more Dreadnought variants than pretty much anything else. Yeah, I mean, but they're I all there's an argument that the, the, the Castarian or whatever it is, that Dreadnought, the, the cheap one, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even that cheap. The, the normal box yeah. Dreadnought. No, box Dreadnought. You know, you think, you think it's really not. well, actually, I'm, I'm just going to get a, a Contempt to Quarters because it's about the same points and it's got a five in on the front arc and it gets rage if I want it to it's a much better thing for the same points and it's a shame because you don't see the box dreadnoughts anymore yeah, really. Legion Legion dreadnought a normal plastic mm. box dread is 125 points basic with yeah. a close combat weapon and a twin linked heavy bolter the yeah. Quartus yeah, it's about 135 135 yeah the, yeah, the Quartus is 10 points more uh-huh. with like Same a sig- significant page count of extra stuff with it. Yeah, I mean, and like the rage for it's great. Five plus invon, which you're not going to get. Got, it's got the it's just, it just makes no sense. It can it's run. Got, it's got fleet. It's got oh, move through cover. Um, you know, it's got one extra armor on the front. Yeah, exactly. There's it's got an extra attack. Yeah. 
it's you know and you can upgrade the other the second you know heavy everything for like five points i think maybe 10 points for a it's, chain it's ten, fish or something it's 10 points to turn that twin linked heavy bolter which is neither use nor ornament really let's be honest yep. into a chain fist yeah which, which gives you an, it, which, which gives you an extra attack extra, extra attack as well and a strength 10 armor bane <coughs> yeah i mean so you'd be on four four attack space plus two on the charge if you give it rage. yeah uh, initiative uh, initiative it's, four it makes no sense yeah. yeah so yeah that's something if there's one rule change they could do with it's to drop you know 30 points off a normal box trade i think but there we go anyway you don't get much in the uh in the fury like, like my, my yeah. fury li- my fury list upstairs it's 18 models mm. in, in three thousand points yeah not a lot of points, is it? it's 10 dreadnoughts and eight terminators and that's it so, Mr. B. Yeah, well, I went for Brethren of Iron as well. Um, and <coughs> yes, yeah, so I obviously Ultramarines. I had gone Iron Warriors, but because um, I forgot we said Ultramarines, but I fixed that. <laughs> You've been unwell, it's fine. I fixed that. Uh, okay, so I'm too I busy talking off. to the kettle. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. Uh, yeah, but, well, you'll never slowly, like that. slowly becoming more Iron Hand by the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, so you don't like the kettle. Uh, I don't have a strong opinion either way on your kettle. It's a kettle. Okay. Uh, right, so we're starting off with a Forge Lord uh, in Artificer Armour, um, and he's got a um, Cortex Controller, Cyber Familiar, and Rad Grenades. Good man. Mm-hmm. So, because I figured Rad Grenades, why not? <coughs> they're, all, they're awesome. Um, then we've got a Praetor, in artificial armor with a Chagorian dreadplate, oh. um, which I quite like. It's a piece of Saikana, and I forget exactly what it does now. I'll have to look it up. Well, that's useful. Yeah, I forget what it does, but it's good. It's like 10 points. It's it's, it's, it's cool. Um, and I have points to spare. Um, uh, I've also given them digital lasers, iron halo, master crafted paragon blade, because, you know. I always take a Master Crafted Paragon Blade. I don't know why. I've also given him a Power Fist and a Volkite Charger. So Volkite in there somewhere. I uh, for my elites, I've chosen one Domitar, just single Domitar. No, it doesn't get any upgrades or anything like that. So it's fine. Uh, two Tech Marines, both in Artificer Armor, both of a Cortex Controller and Cyber Familiar and Rag Grenades. Mm-hmm. So this gives me, um, in total, three uh, Cortex controls. Um, yeah. So I can split those guys up to, you know, herd the robots. Nice. To uh, interrupt, Michael, the Chagorian Dream Plate gives you a three plus invon against wounds caused by models with Demon or Demon of the Ruin Storm special. Ah, move. that's what it was. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was thinking for some reason I got. I, I was thinking it, it allows you to do a hit back before <coughs> you die, but. That's the terminal lucidity injector, something. Does anyway. that mean if you does that mean if you take that on a Forge Lord with a Cyber Familiar, you've got a two plus invun against Demons of the Ruin Storm? Guess so. Yeah. I need this army and I need to play Mr. Frost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my troops I've taken three Castellax maniples. The first maniple has all bolters. Um, each of these has uh, one flamer and one um, bolter, so these are the more the bolt cannon ones. The second maniple is two. And this has just got multi-melters. Uh, again, one bolt and one flamer on the arms. Uh, 
And the third one has your dark fire cannons. Uh, and again, one flamer, one bolter on the arms, because I think I think this is actual perfect combination point. You know, just if someone gets close or charges them, you got the flamer to deal with them uh, potentially. Um, then two uh, legion uh, tactical squad, pretty much identical, I think. Yeah, yeah, they are identical. So we've got the additional combat weapon because if they get charged, they, an extra attack is always worth it. Um, Vexalia, just in case they fail their um, their leadership challenge, their, their leadership check. Uh, they're in a rhino with a dozer blade. Uh, Sergeant has artificer armor, uh, melter bombs, and a power fist. So it's two identical squads like that. Bit of attacks, but these are my objective grabbers, really. Mm-hmm. Um, then for uh, in fast attack for my anti-infantry, really, the, this is the big anti-infantry, we've got uh, two sabers, um, both with four saber missiles, Volkite Culverin and a Volkite Saker. Nice. Uh, then we've got a Vorax uh, Maniple, one Arad Cleanser, two Lightning Guns, and Heavy Support. Now, when you take the Forge Lord, it, oh, it's, it's really nice. It opens up another option for you that the Brethren of Iron doesn't mention, but you can still take it. Phanat- uh, phalaxes. Not Phanatons. Phalaxes. So I've got one Phalax Cohort, three uh, Heavy Chain Blades, Melter Bombs, a Proton Thruster, um, and uh, that's uh, that's just them jumping around. So that it gives Ooh. me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven robot units. Nice. Uh, and that's my list. So you know the idea being the, the, the you know there's a lot of robots in there, um, very few troops, um, and it's sort of trying to be you know as make squeeze as many robots in there as possible. So it certainly, uh, certainly fulfills the brief of the uh, right of war. Yeah. So the 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 key anti-infantry there is the uh, sabers, and then there's a lot more um, anti-armor stuff hanging around, multi-melters and dark fire lances and stuff. How many units with the Lesio Astartes rule? Oh God, do I? Oh, is there a? Oh, oh, is there is there a rule for that? Oh, can't can't meet pigeons. You can't have more robots than units of the Legion Astartes rule. I Ooh. think he's done that. I've definitely it's, done that. It's, One, it's two. Squads with the Legion Astartes rule. Not, not actually. It's actually says squads, which is a bit of a weird one because ah, it's like is, a uh, squad. Oh, I've also got a veteran squad here as well. Sorry, I forgot the veteran squad. Um, they've got. Uh, they're in a rhino. Um, where they've got uh, three multi, uh, three uh, combi melters, one multi melter. Uh, and a combi melter on the sergeant and a power fist. Uh, okay, so that gives me units with units with Legionis Astartes. One, two. Yeah. Uh, I suppose if I split them up, that's, uh, so one, two, three, four, five, six. But I can get seven if I split up the tech marines into two separate units. It's a bit flangy, isn't it? But yeah. Do, do I make it? Do I make it? I'm just going to... I'm just gonna, uh, yeah, I suppose, yeah, because the, put the tech marines into two... Would cancel out the, the, that robot unit, wouldn't it? Was it the number of robot units versus the number of Legion of Starties units? I've lost the bloody page now. I'm looking at the rules, that's why not the... Are the Phalax side robots? I guess they are, aren't they? Yeah, they're Cortex-controlled, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Phalax uh, aren't Cortex-controlled. Sorry? Phalax aren't Cortex-controlled. Oh, I thought they were. Okay. Right. Uh, battle automata. Uh, so detachment may not oh. have more battle automata mana pools of any type than it has squads with the Legion of Astartes special rule. 
Oh, well, I've yeah. only got one, two, three. I've only got four maniples. The Domitar isn't a maniple. Oh, it's a, the unit's called a maniple still, even yeah. though it's yeah. only one. Okay, no, no, I've got... Then I, in which case, I've got um, five maniples. But six, because the phalax are a cohort. Yeah. Yeah, okay. they do. Cool. Okay. Yeah, so on a, on a technicality, I'm all right. Just, just about squeaked it. <laughs> yeah. So okay, I've got I've got th- I've got three maniples, um, four I suppose if you include the one with the pravian, but he cancels that out anyway because he's Legion Astartes and they're your Legion Astartes actually. Um, but yeah, Forge Lord pravian, that's two separate units. The the um, rapier weapons are another one, and then yes. the two um, tactical squads. Bring me up. Oh, and the Formentaris as well. It, it counted out, but just going through Michael's on there, I was like, this, the, 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 the numbers. But then the veteran squad mm. at the end. Suddenly, yeah, I, forgot about the, I forgot about the veteran yeah. squad. Yeah. They're, 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 they're the boyfriend squad for the, um, for the uh, pre oh, That's not what we call them, Michael. No. Non gendered specific accompaniment. Platonic accompaniment unit. Yeah. Good. Perfect. Fair enough. Um, okay, so what about fun to play with against? I'm going to be perfectly honest. I think the fun, most fun unit is going to be the two, um, the two uh, not Brethren of Iron, the Fury of the Ancients, because Dreadnought's had brilliant fun. Uh, having uh, been on the, uh, been on the ha- other side of one... <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's a t- in this in the game that we played. It was a tough situation for me. Um, yeah. you, do you I think get, you give yourself fun. an uphill battle? Yeah. Against yeah. Do I think it'd be more f- fun to play Fear of the Ancients than Brethren of Iron? Probably not. Really? I think. Yeah, I think a game could go very sideways very quickly with Fear of the Ancients. Oh, they do. Yeah, I've got to be honest. It could go one way or the other. I think the, the few of the ancients is either going to do very well or very badly, and both of those scenarios are actually quite funny or fun. I think the Brethren of Iron is a pretty solid performer, and it's yeah. going to be middle of the road. You know, so you're not going to get those vast difference of games. You know, particularly the one I've got. I mean, it's going to be just sit back and shoot and damage your Iron. Once you take out the Cortex controller guys. Oh yeah, yeah, it's become a lot more entertaining to watch what they might do. <laughs> yeah, yeah but um, I, suppose it's, I suppose it's taking them out that's always the tricky bit. It always sounds like a good idea. Characters. Yeah, but if the, I'm going to be putting my characters in with the Toughen Seven um, artillery squad yeah, if, behind the defence line, of course, <laughs> and the Pravian is going to be within his own set of nine wounds of Catalax to get through. Precision, so, and strikes will not save him. The the Voraxes will be out of Cortex controller range anyway, which is fine. Go towards the nearest enemy, which is exactly what I want them to do. So you can kind of kite them around if you're clever, you know, by putting a rhino in their way, for example. But yeah, usually they're going to come on one side or another and they're going to cause bother. That's kind of what they're there to do. So I have an instinct on this one for my personal feeling about who would be most fun to play against them with. I think it would be Rob's. I love Papyrus, but so yeah. 
I think you're probably not. I wouldn't disagree with that. The papyrus yeah, would make it. The papyrus sort of just makes it a bit. I mean, the papyrus would be fun to play with. Don't get me wrong, because it's an absolutely amazing model. But I think Rob's just edges that out for me, and it's hard because it, it the really is a um a, a, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? A cigarette paper between the two. I think. So that's for me personally. I, what do you guys think? I wouldn't well, necessarily I'm, I'm, disagree, to be honest with you. I mean, I think, but the thing is, the point we were making earlier about big Lords of War, actually, they are pretty good fun to have on the board against, mm. if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Rob's. I mean, it's my pretty. Theory, there my are some terrifying the, units in there. My Fury list is the only army I've ever written that doesn't have a Lord of War in it. Yeah. It's yeah, true enough. Still got 600 points of. Um, uh, Leviathans. What are they called? Leviathans. Yeah, yeah. But, I've only um, got one in my actual list. Yeah, I think. But I think probably I've got two on, on, on so that's not exactly much more. Friendly. On balance, if I was if I was lining up with this against with the standard kind of list, so a list with say a Spartan with a high performing close combat squad, maybe some an Arcus and maybe a few shooting units as well, a balanced list, well, I would probably. Good fun because it wouldn't be necessarily quite as easy as all that. I think it would probably, you know, I want the Spartans to get in close, but then you could kind of swamp them with some big rope, big dreadnoughts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but yeah, I think probably Rob's got that one. To be honest with you, it's very close there between him and Chris. To be completely Ooh, honest with you, you know, like Papyrin. I've got a point. Well, that's just me, obviously. Two nil. What do you think, Graham? I mean, Chris. Yeah, no, I. Uh, uh, I said I don't think mine would be. Um, I, th- I think the Porphyrian um, doesn't necessarily make it fun to play against because people are going to be, uh, you know, I, if if I'm facing that list, that you've got to deal with it. You? You've got to deal with it. It's going to be a focus. It's going to draw a fair amount of firepower, and it's going to get a bit um, grindy. Yeah, it's a hard one because I think yours would be immensely fun to play with because that Propyrion is a lovely model and it does amazing things. But it it, it going down on sheerly fun to play against, I don't think yours is going to be that fun to play against because of the Propyrion. The Propyrion, you know, it's... Oh, Propyrion. I can't pronounce that. It's a purpose for the person playing the army that, you know, that's the thing. I I would say Rob's list is probably going to be more entertaining to... play with and against the mine. Sweet. Okay. So Rob with his first point off the board. Um, okay, battlefield effectiveness. <laughs> well, that's not either of the Fury of the Ancients. Yeah, right. well, uh, Shall me and you go and put kettle on, Chris? Go and have a word with it. <laughs> well, I think my list would do all right, but I think... I think Graham's got this one. Yeah, I, I would agree with that one. Yeah. Those Fulmentanas are, are, are basically the, uh, the, 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 the key difference there they are absolutely phenomenal i mean they are better in bigger squads i'll be perfectly honest um, i mean i've got seven i've got seven there which is quite a number really yeah yeah seven um, is good i think eight is the sweet spot but they get a bonus within there's eight of them don't they yeah it's a really funny thing you've got to have loads of them but they're absolutely ruddy expensive they're stupidly expensive. 70 points a model you know they're yeah it's, they're a lot uh, they're really over costed and uh, whoever Rewrites the you know whoever gets to do, do the ultramarines rules next please look at that and give us some more. I mean, 
Yeah, that's yeah, telling. Is there, mod- once, there was a model for them, but there isn't. Once there's, once there's eight of them, then uh, opposing player makes cover saves at minus one. Uh, uh, if there's five models in the unit, I mean, once there's five of them, you get tank hunter as standard, and as long as two of them are in the two, at two, you get night vision. Five, you get tank hunter. Eight, you get minus one cover save, and they all stack. That's not bad, is it? Tank hunter. I didn't realise they got that for free. So yeah, yeah, super effective actually. I mean, okay, strength eight, you're gonna struggle against Spartans with flare shields, but anything else is fair game. I think you've got a nice spread of units in there. I mean, those dark fire lances, they're going to do some damage to your armor. Um, yeah, I mean, there's six dark fire lances. And, there's, that's a, and that's a lot of them. And then the other ones are there to put protection. Yeah, those, six really. dark, those six dark fire lances are going to pop that Spartan, and whatever gets out of it is going to get minced by the Fulham and Taurus. Yeah, that would be the plan. Uh, yeah, I, I, okay. I, would, I would have to agree that Graham has it there, even though I want that one. I want yeah. that one. Okay, uh, right. What about costs? Okay. Oh, mine was mine was dirt cheap. Yeah, I imagine. Well, I say dirt cheap. It was cheaper than nine. Actually, weirdly enough, nine Castellacs is three hundred and seventy-three quid. Right. Go on. Then. Was, yeah. Um, yeah. What was you? Uh, mine about? was eight hundred and forty-three approximately. Ooh, I pip you there. Eight hundred and fifteen pounds fifty fifty pence. Oh, I've got eight hundred and forty-two. One thousand and eighty-eight pounds. That's because you've got a porphyrian. <laughs> yeah. And also because I did um, Forge World Ultramarines Contemptors. Yeah, I would have got. Uh, I, I I would have fallen in considerably less if I didn't have <laughs> the Fulamentaris, which was buy a pack of siege tyrants. Then buy the combi weapons, then buy the cataphracty special weapons upgrade kit to get the power molds. So like the five filamentaris are like a hundred quid. Oh, I just, do you know what I did? I just, I, mean, I just went for cataphracty and then, and, and then just then, tried to, just found the um and, the, and, and the cyclone Indu- missile launchers. Anvil Industry cyclone missile launchers. Bang them on the top of the head. Job done. Yeah, I, I, went, I, I went for Warhammer World Legal, so I went for everything. <laughs> yeah. I win again on cost. That seems to be the only place I win. So overall, so that was a split between uh, Chris got fun to play against. No, yeah, no, no, Rob, no, Rob, Rob got fun to play against with. I got effectiveness, and Michael got cost. Cost. This is so the first a, month in which Chris. Tie. This is the first month in which Chris hasn't won a point. So being as it is, then Chris must Chris Chris would have to make a decision because he's got no skin in the game. Yeah, you get to make the decision on who wins the this final this round. Who wins? The tiebreaker. So I think that's Graham knackered. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just what. By dint of genetics, great. In previous situations like this, I have gone for Graham. I'm going to go with Rob. Um, a, because I think Fury of the Ancients is a cool thing. Um, and I, I, I need to get it out of his system to ever play it against me again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Rob wins the, no. wins the event. Yeah, totally. Yay, I, thank you. Yay. Okay. I mean, I mean, it's the only thing a Fury Engines list ever will win. But um, yeah, I think I think they're all good lists. You know, it's uh, the Fury of the Ancients have a, have a problem with effectiveness, but they're still good lists. I mean, the Brethren of Iron one, 
I don't know if I've if we've ever had a Brethren Violinist at Company of Legends. Nothing ever. I suppose, I suppose once you've gone down the nine um, Castax route, you might as well go the whole hog and just go yeah, mechanic and robot army. Um, but yeah, I, I think yeah, those those are just those two. There are some re- there's some good ways to make the unusual right of wars work. Um, I think which is good. You know, mm. weird that they get overlooked. I think it's, as Rob said with the Sky Hunter one, I mean that's going to be an expensive army to that, buy. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that, as soon as as soon as plastic jet bikes ever come out, if they ever do, oh everyone will have a Sky Hunter. Th- like they'll yeah. they'll be people will be all over them like tramps on chips. They'll mm. be everyone will be doing them. I think the one that I'm thinking about it, the one that I've never seen, um, is Outcast Sons. Mm, that's yeah. the one I've never seen, which is yeah. the traitor the traitor element of a loyalist legion. So, so I, that was when we were doing this. I was looking at that, but Ultramarines can't t- take it. Unfortunately, they're not on the. Their names on the door. They can't get list. Uh, this right of war may only be taken by a detachment whose warlord has one of the following versions of Legion of Starties: Salamanders, Raven Guard, Iron Hands, Imperial Fists, Space Wolves, White Scars, Blood Angels, Dark Angels, or, oh, or, or Ultramarines. Ah, oh, goddamn it. That's what you get for not reading, not sort of skim reading. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, fine, they're not let out. Dare I say it, Chris, this is the advantage of reading a red book. <laughs> I am looking at a red book, thank you very much. Oh, oh well, that makes a change then. It was me. Then. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. sorry. I, Mills the Elder. Goes yeah. little battle scroll, I look at the book. Um, yeah. No, I just. Are you sure you've not got anything? You, you've not got anything resting on it. You know, you've not got like a cake cooling on it or anything no, no. like that. My, my red books are electronic. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. Luddite's gonna lud. I'll have you know, I've got I'm got my missus's laptop rigged up. I've got my iPad propped up for looking at the red books. I've got my phone out to look at the bloody um, note show notes. So this luddite yes. has got a significant amount of technology in front of him. <laughs> And it's and, it, and it's all confusing me. So yeah, all right. Very good. I think, well, I think what happened was good, the first, good, like, armies that are listed are the ones from the earlier books. I just went, oh, it's just the early ones. Mm. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Another later ones were added on. I just my brain just went, no, nah, forget about it. Otherwise, I would have done that. The hard thing with I the like outcast sons this challenge actually. I've got to say, the hard thing with the outcast sons is to do something unusual because it's basically you write a list and it just happens to be some dodgy ultramarines. Yeah. That's basically, you know, it's, it's more of a character assassination than a list writing challenge. That is true. Actually, to be fair, which is, which is why we need a, a special red book full of extra rights of war and extra missions. If anyone's listening, <laughs> why don't we do they've had, they've had three months at home. They could have bloody written one. Outcast Sons as our next challenge, maybe then. Oh, all right then. Next month, Outcast Sons. Any, it doesn't matter which legion. Well, it does. Well, obviously uh, any loyalist, but yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, beyond that. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Awesome. Okay. So what we'll do now is we'll take a look at events that may or may not be happening, and then we'll go into the close.
Okay, just Michael here uh, for the rundown of the events. Now, obviously, everything is very much in flux right now. Um, we don't know how long any restrictions are going to be, you know, so bear with me. Um, so 6th of June was going to see the death throes of Tirana Shmarag, but this has been rescheduled to November. We don't have a date for that yet specifically, so keep an eye on that. 30th of August is the Burning of Prospero at West Furrock. That's run by the Mournival Podcast event. No word on that yet. Um, 5th of September is the Scarring of Althazia uh, in Southampton, a doubles event. 18th of September, Company of Legends 2020 uh, in Durham. That is our standard September event. Uh, so far going ahead, again, that's a low number of people event, so it's probably going to be fine. Um, but, we, you know, we've just got to wait and see. Um, what the situation is in August, I guess. Uh, um, 26th of September, the purging of Delta Garmin 4 in Eastleigh. 9th of October, Blood and Glory in Nottingham. Now, I said earlier in the show, I don't know if this will go ahead. I still stand by that, but I hope it will go ahead because it'd be fantastic to see it go ahead. Um, 24th of October is the Company of Legends uh, rescheduled event from March in Durham. 24th of October is the Scarring of Alsphere, another uh, doubles event down there in Southampton. Uh, 1st of November is Decimation in Eastleigh. That is a doubles uh, event. Um, I think this is the one that um, the guys, Graham and Chris, were going to earlier in the year. I think it's been rescheduled to then. I can't remember. (laughs) Um, You know, everything's been quite crazy right now. And finally, 21st of November is the fall of Dako-chan. Boards and Swords Heart Sobbies. Boards and Swords Hobbies in Derby. Great shop. That is a, an Imperialis Militia and Solar Auxilia event only. And then we've got our first event in for next year. The rescheduled Firefight uh, at Eastleigh. That is a Centurion only event. Other events, although it all have uh, happened by the time you've listened to this, but on the um, on Saturday... Um, the 23rd is a Warhammer 40k preview, probably 9th edition or 8.5 or whatever you're going to call it. But maybe we'll get something we can use in Heresy. I don't know, Rhino, um, <laughs> something new for the mechanic. You know, never know. Anyway, we don't know. We'll see. Anyway, that's about it right now. There's, as I said, everything is very much in flux. You know, we don't know what's going on. Um, and quite rightly, people are taking precautions um which is what we need to do right now uh so uh thanks for uh thanks for that for listening to me whittle on for three minutes about events that may or may not happen hopefully they will and hopefully we'll all get through this and get back to normal sorry this is really sort of a um yeah anyway i'm gonna be quiet because otherwise i'm gonna i'm gonna get upset (laughs) sorry Hi guys, Michael on my own here. Now, before we go into the close, there is something, uh, a bit of news that came out the evening that we were recording that we didn't see, and that is that there are going to be some price rises coming in June from Games Workshop. Uh, there are a few products that we can use or do use for heresy involved in that, paintbrushes, um, scenery, uh, Sisters of Silence. Um, I know there's been a lot of upset over some of these, and 
I'm not going to sit here and say, yay, price rises. But, you know, what, you know, what can you say? Prices go up. I know from my experience working in the board game industry that right now uh, the cost of importing goods from China and the cost of having stuff made in China by uh, Panda and GPI, the two big uh, manufacturers out there, uh, both of which uh, Games Workshop have used and still use um, today, um, their prices have gone up a lot. Um, so things like that are being imported, like the cards for Underworlds, the the scenery which is made in China, the books, the cards for uh, you know the data cards and stuff, stuff like that. That's that yeah, that's going to go up. Um, it's annoying. It is what it is. As I said, I'm not happy about it, but I get it. If that makes any sense. Um, uh, other stuff, you know, like Sister Silence, they've been around a few years. They haven't had a price rise. Again, it's a bit annoying to see, but, you know, at the same time, Games Workshop don't exactly um, treat the staff terribly. I know they're not the biggest, highest paid, you know, people out there, but they do pay a wage, and that goes up every year. Um, of course, Given this situation, um, insurance costs are going to go up. I mean, energy costs, we you know, go up that year after year. Yeah, insurances, business rates, you, you know the gist. Costs don't say the same. Now, this is, again, this isn't me saying, hey, I love these price rises, because I don't. And, you know, but I acknowledge that price rises are kind of part and parcel of, of life, I guess. Not a lot we can do about it, but... You know, if you are unhappy about it, there are other places you can buy your wargaming stuff from. You don't have to buy directly from GW. Of course, these prices will go up, but you can go to Element Games. We've got a link on our website. You can go to The Outpost, um, Board in Brum, Battle Bunker in Sunderland. There are lots of places out there you can go and get your and get your stuff at a slightly cheaper price, and and that's fine. And it's good to support your local, your friendly local gaming store. We always say that. Um, but yeah, we just thought I just thought it'd be best to acknowledge this i'm trying not to be a uh, as i've been accused of in the past and simply be a fanboy who apologizes for everything that gw do but well they don't need defending by me let's be honest um they don't need defending by anyone they're big enough and ugly enough to stand up for themselves but from my point of view um <laughs> these price rises uh, there's a few that uh, surprise me uh, 10 pounds apparently on the land raider uh, crusader it surprises me, but you know, maybe some of these are tied in with the new edition of uh, 40k that we now know is coming. Um, I don't know, but it, the, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that um, yeah, no one's happy about price rises, but uh, this is a luxury hobby, and as a Newcastle supporter if i wanted the season ticket they, those prices have gone up whoa they have gone up massively in the past four years i mean 25 percent over four years those prices have gone up and we're not even that good well yet <laughs> um anyway um yeah so that's that's that um we'll probably talk about it a bit more in the next episode because we'll have you know ideas of what the price rises have actually done to our models uh, you know the models that we use in heresy and we'll see how it goes from there but but right now as i said there's not much we can say or do 
that's going to change it. But as I said, if, if you are, if, if there is a big deal for you, if it is a deal breaker, sorry to see you go from a hobby. But again, there are other places you can go to buy your stuff from. Um, and we have a deal with um, uh, uh, Element Games. We're an affiliate of theirs. Um, and I'm, uh, and we've been asked by another store to become an affiliate of theirs. So um, we're looking into that. So, so go with what works for you. Okay. Uh, as I said, we'll talk about this more. And that, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to the end of another episode of Edge of Empire. So this is the usual begging section where we say, please leave us some reviews on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Links are in the show notes. Give our pe- um, so, you know, give our Facebook page a like too. I don't, you know, I haven't read this in ages. Um, we've already asked them to follow us on Facebook. So that means giving us a like anyway. So, you know. Do this. Follow us because we'd like to know that you like what we're doing. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can post on our Facebook wall, send a message to that account, or email us at therush at edgeofempire.co.uk, and our individual email addresses are on the uh, website. Um, obviously, not our oh, personal no. email accounts, but you know, email accounts that will get to us. Um, if you want to help the show, we have an affiliate link with Audible, so you can sign up to get your. Horus Heresy uh, audiobooks through them with a month's free trial. And after that, it's £7.99 a month for an audiobook. And all the Black Library books are on there. Um, and obviously, Saturnine will be on there. Sons of the Seven will be on there as soon as they're released. Please come soon. <laughs> you can also become a Patreon of the show. Pop a couple of dollars in our tip jar. We are eternally grateful for that. It helps keep the lights on, pays for the hosting. And you can also help us out by going through the advert on our website to purchase your wargaming toys through Element Games. And we've also got Element Crystal Codes, which means you get double crystals and we get normal crystals. So that's pretty good. Um, I'll put them in the show notes. But Chris's is CHR211. Graham's is GRA2794. Mine is MIC440. And Rob's is ROB679. So... (coughs) Oh, it's not. It's 676. 676, yes. Why have I said 676? But yeah, basically, if you put them in at the the end, you get double the crystal points, which, uh, as Chris uses for his postage costs, I think I've got about £5.90 of crystal codes at the minute, which is uh, fairly good. Um, Obviously, you've got another friend, you can use theirs instead. It's all cool. As long as you use someone's crystal code, you get crystals double crystal and they get crystals as well so it's all good um next month so we've already agreed we're going to do outcast sons as a list challenge and we'll see what comes up so that's about it really isn't it yeah so goodbye and good night good month stay safe people yeah yes definitely stay safe all right bye now bye bye bye